Hey, everybody, before we get into this week's episode, let me tell you a little bit about Batman The Audio Adventures from HBO Max. Bruce Wayne may appear to be a wealthy playboy, but beneath this facade, his true identity is that of the Batman, waging an endless war against crime. Join the Cape Crusader in Batman The Audio Adventures, the first scripted audio original featuring Batman and his villainous rogues gallery in a world premiere story of life and death in Gotham City, debuting exclusively on HBO Max. Starring Jeffrey Wright as Batman and a who's who of incredible Saturday Night Live alums, this rollicking adventure told across 10 episodes is written and directed by Emmy winner Dennis McNicholas includes devilishly delightful original music by Doug Bossy and performances by Rosario Dawson, John Leguizamo, Chris Parnell, Melissa Villasenor, Seth Meyers, Jason Sudeikis, Brooke Shields, Fred Armisen, and many, many more. So go to hbomax.com slash Batman Audio Adventures for more and stream Batman The Audio Adventures only on HBO Max. Welcome back, everyone, to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 379. Ah, 379. All is fine. Eric, here we go. And we have probably a pretty long show because, you know, a roundabout deal. We recorded a, a one section of two books already. I won't say which. And, but Did you already release it? <laughs> yeah, not to everybody. Okay. That was only on the Patreon. That is not for everyone. That's an early access. But then you deal. tweeted it as well, though. Yeah. But, mm, well, whatever. I mean, who, who even? <laughs> you don't know what that? this is. If you want to go over to Twitter and I don't know, you know, spy on us so you know what what's going on. Go over and and really, actually, if you go and look at the uh, kind of action I got from that tweet, yeah, I think three people know about what we did last night. But hey, you can go over to the Twitters at. What is it? Weird Science DC? No one's ever going to say it. You wanted to listen to that. That's an early access. And th- this whole show that we're recording now will be an early access, you know, tonight as we record on Saturday. So you get a day ahead of time. You know, you, you can then ease in. You can take your time with it. But that's one of the things. Another thing that we end up doing is our Patreon spotlight. That's at patreon.com slash weird science. This week, the bad asses. Of the Get Fresh crew, beep and a boop, they ended up picking, you know, two big books there: Deathstroke Inc. Number One yeah. and Superman Son of Kal El Number Three. Those were the ones they Seemed picked. Like pretty so, big books. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, we had a lot of fun talking about Deathstroke Inc. I mean, it was, it was kind of wacky, but with all of that, I saw that uh, John Wayne would put it on his pull list right now. He said so. That's cool. Uh but. That, you'll have to go over to the Patreon to hear that. And if you want to blame anybody, blame those badasses. That's why we have this here at Roll Call. So you knew who's involved there. I'm going to kind of get my bearings here. You threw me off with your talk of nobody or everybody knowing. I thought you meant that they were nobody knows what's going on over here. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, are they looking through these cracked-ass windows in this basement? Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Michael S., Forrest Pauly, Cam, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby, Red, Matches, Balone, Niels T. 
He's got the cutoff camp. David, thanks. Joey Bertasco, Stephen Baum, Tony Walton, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me. Michael G, you'll hear from a little bit later. Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jagger. Uh, he's in Gay Paris. He is. Oh, yeah. Algin Stosia, yeah. Nick Adams, Bill Beer from the Bat Pod, Ruben, Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood. That guy's a drunk. Simon, Luis, Nan Schiff, Joseph Watt, Sick Andrew in Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Dalton Eaton, my man Pete from NYC. D- diving into the Marvel. He has Batman Beyond Mark, Rob Lewis, our man Rob Lewis, B. Murray up there in Buffalo, and Double A Ron. Where's Double A Ron? He is in Minnesota as always. Why and you Reggie, everybody? Ba- 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 because I, they're all looking at me. I need to get them away from me. It's like one of those things when you end up and people say, I, I was talking about this movie. And then I had my phone and I ended up, you know, it had the thing on the search, like the government's listening. I, I said that the other day, I'm like, I was talking about this movie. I shit my pants, Eric. I, is that the same? Is it? I didn't. I'm an adult, Eric. How dare you think that I would shit my pants now? I'm not going to put it past you. Well, I told you, when I die, I'm going to end up falling down the stairs. And, and because you've made salad. such a stink about the idea, only, you know, kids shit their pants. Adults do that. If you ever did, you would not tell anybody because you have put up such a big stink about it. Okay, let's come clean here. Uh, actually, about a month ago, I almost did. And and the idea that, I, the <laughs> idea that I would think I'd have to tell everyone, it drove me. It ended up inspiring me. I was running tight-cheeked. Like down the road, up through the door, up the, the stairs. Yeah, I was at the car. I had to. I was on the way home. I had to take a dump. I ended up running tight cheek. I made it. I did not crap my pants. I'm an adult, and that's what you do. An adult looks back and thinks of experience and reasons why you don't want to shit your pants. When you're a kid, you're like, "That eh, seems like fun." Right? You're like, "I don't know." Like, shit my pants sounds like a good time. You. Well, you got. It's like the idea that you have to like you touch the burner. On the deal, then you oh hot fire hot Eric. This like, is how I think there we've are some evolved, circuits right? inside your brain that aren't connected properly. Well, this is how the human, human race humanity has evolved. has evolved to survive by wanting to touch things that are pretty much dangerous and also shitting themselves, so nothing will ever approach that. And also seeing the color green, Eric. I heard at one point, but yeah, you don't want to shit I don't yourself. See colors. You're not going to be able to you know procreate if that's the case. The ladies don't really like that smell. I've heard it. I, I don't but when know. When you touch a hot burner, they think that's pretty badass. Damn and right, you are. You. When you do that, and you're like, you see them, and they're looking to see if you're. It's like when my Have kids my saw babies. me when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and they were staring at me with like bated breath. Oh, how's Dad gonna react? So I had to make it so like, you think I am a baby? I'm like, oh, that's cool. Then when I'm staring, I just wanna, cried in the I bathroom. I just think they want to see some emotion on their father's face, and they thought finally, if the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they would finally have it. No, right away. And I think it was uh, Zach. Somebody said, "Well, now you could be happy," and I'm like, "No, no, those Cowboy fans will still just yell that we have won." It wasn't enough for me, Eric. You know, I, we got that. But here we are. We have a bunch of, of books to talk about, as we usually do. We don't have any mail this week, so it's going to be streamlined. We end up having Michael G is going to come in. But usually by the end of this first intro deal, I had been doing a Get Fresh Crew Ode, Eric. And I, I was thinking about it. You had said that it's a little stale already. It's what you said. And I thought even that, I got a couple like messages, a couple notes, and they said that they thought that it was 
not really when you a say nice that, thing. I'm like, that's only one person. It's, it's not really a nice. No, I'm saying one person, Michael asks, he likes it. A couple other people said, I don't know. They, they think that maybe I'm being a little too mean spirited, especially because every one of these O's end up with a rhyme that gives you a venereal disease that you may or may not have. And I thought, you know what? That is true. Eric, you're my buddy. I, I don't want to really shame you. On the podcast, it's not really my true nature to do it, so I'm not going to do it. What I'm saying is, I'm not going to do the oath this week. Okay. okay? So, with that, Eric, instead, Eric, I I have written you a song, and here it goes. He's got the herpes and the Gonorrhea and the genital wounds And he's got chlamydia He's got hepatitis A, B, and C Just went to the doctor and he has HPV He's got the scabies and an itchy rectum. He's got pubic lice and he can't get rid of them. He's got syphilis and something called PID. Got things I can't pronounce like granoma inguinale. America's sweetheart has got every STD. Eric, in the business, that's what they call a tribute. That, that so is they a call tribute that. to you. He'll be here as my lawyer. <laughs> I just, I don't know if you realize you have, you have hepatitis A, B, and C, Eric. You have all of them. I was hearing these rhymes like, yeah, the Beatles suck. Yeah, yeah. I, and the funny thing is about that is you hate that song so much. You hate Come Together. And so I was listening to it's it just together. It's nonsense. Like, words right. thrown together. Exactly. I didn't also, I wanted to use this as kind of a public service announcement. In fact, an itchy rectum is now considered, in my mind, an STD, Eric. An itchy rectum. So we're going to go off now. <laughs> Scratching your ass all day long. What are you talking I about? Know, I mean, what's going on here? But with that all, that's that's for you, Eric. I, I wanted Thank to you. Get, give you a little smile, uh, knowing that I was I, sitting I, there. I actually enjoy the production quality compared to the oaths. Okay. For, for at least, like, Three minutes. You better come at the king. You better that. come hard. And okay, that came well, hard now, all over my face. Now you opened up. The, yeah, that's what started all the problem of that song, <laughs> Eric. I'm serious. But we're going to go off right now. We're going to get to the books, including some big ones with the old fear state. Hey, man. Why don't you leave us alone? You know, hey. Blew up my home, I got the hey man They'll put you right in your face The magistrate will come and rip that mask off your face Hey man, the future state is insane Hey man, we've got them down the drain Hey man, well Batman's dead now, blam blam He said he had to save it, but he up then he All in on me man, cause the silence gonna stick it In the magistrate city I don't lean on me, man, cause we ain't got time to check it In the 
Yes, here we are, Eric, and we have a couple of Fear State books. While that song says Future State, it kind of, you know, works. So we're going to keep using it. I don't like it. it. We're shutting the show down. This is bullshit. I can't be a part of this fucking shit show. All right. It would be funny if it's like, yeah, and uh, Future Fear State. That's how I would do it. I wouldn't even try to sing it again. I would appreciate that. Fear State. I may do that, Eric. It's going to be a pain in the ass for you to die. You know how happy it would make me? It would make I will do that. If I remember that. It, It almost is as happy that when I wanted to have some sound bites, you know, like, yeah. here we go. I, you know, we say the Wolfman, wolf Eric. Man. I got the Wolfman, right? And then there was the <laughs> no, time no, say the wolf man. when I, I made the joke that I didn't want to get sued, so I made my own quotes from movies. You didn't like that so much. No, when, no, I did not. Remember the movie Mask? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, my my mom said at one point I, I was a lion. <laughs> that was good, Eric. Did you like that one, too? Did I I know I look like Rocky Dennison, but do I sound like him? But here we are. We have we have three books in this first section. Two are Fear State books. Now, with that, when you're reading them at the end, do, do you sit there and just go, Whoo, this fear state is hitting on all cylinders? Do, do you say that you anymore? Know, I can't I can't believe I'm this freaking deep into the fear state right or, now. Or at the end, do you do you sit there and go, Oh yeah, this is this is fear state, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. because we're we're still having the problem that I think we said last week. The idea that the main book hasn't gone anywhere. I mean, we've done shit about shit in the actual thing. So how can these times? But it really comes into play when you have Detective Comics. This is a big book, and where I end up reading this and just shaking my head is like, this is what you. you I I can just see the brainstorming going on. Like, what are we going to do? Obviously, you have Batman in both books. That would cause some problems. I said to you right before we recorded, I wish that they actually would have, like, gone with the vibe of almost like a Gotham Central. You end up having Renee Montoya as a Use her and some of the other things where they're trying to figure out what's going on with the magistrate, what's going on with the con- Especially when we saw Batman go to, you know, Renee and ask her to look into some things. I think that would have been cool. Instead, the brainstorming goes, well, remember those eyeballs that went down in the sewers? Yeah, that's what we're going to go with. Those were eggs. Yeah, yeah, they were eggs, all right. They came out, they look like the eyeballs, Eric. But yeah, with all of that going on, and maybe I'm just, you know, worried because I thought one of them was Nakano's. That's not appropriate. Like a glass Holy eyeball? You think, you think he just has his old one in there? He just kind of like rolls out? He lost it. That's the thing. That's Someone's going to find it. That's why he's never going to be infected. Because they they go for the two eyes, right? You can't have the eye monsters. He's no, only got, I guess it would monsters. just be the eye monster for him. I know, but even that, you end up using that as the ticket into Fear State. It has nothing to nothing do at all. with the Magistrate. It has nothing to do with the Scarecrow. And you barely even told us what the hell it well, meant in even this book. When, even when you're dealing with the situation, you have the Hugh Vial in his mouth monsters from stagnant water and stuff like that. And the, the, like, the babies, they go into the sewers... What we're dealing with in this book is the magistrate taking over. Scarecrow is not doing fuck all the entire time. And people are trying to kill Nakano. And then, oh, yeah, look, there's a mouth monster egg. Oh, all right. And, and with that, it's almost like the idea that uh, Mariko Tamaki said, well, I'm the one who has to show that Nakano was duped. We know he was. I mean, straight up, we know. he. But it seems like it's like before this. This issue feels like it should have come out a couple of weeks ago. As you're having, because in the Batman book and the others, the magistrate is full out going full bore. Even in this, they're already 
have vans. I mean, who ended up going with the idea, hey, we got to get the brand on the vans for the trash guys? I, it, it's just too far to then have the kind of go. Oh, I, I think I have to think about this. And, you know, those, those days are gone there, Nakano. Come on. Look, get to it. Say he kind of does his thing. He does it like, you know, quick and fast, right there, like it hard. You know, he brings everything to the, and we say that too, because we, we have these things going in here because you have the, the cybers, though, even though they have PK numbers on them, like they're peacekeepers, but the, essentially it seems like robots, but they're talking like they're people sometimes. And I don't know what the police force or the magistrate is right now at this point in time. Now, with that, again, remember, I mean, at in points and one of the major things in three issues of Fear State, the main Batman, the alpha, then the two Batman deal is the idea that Simon Saint and the magistrate has such power that was given to them by Nakano that they can basically shut off everything in the city, run their infomercials, all that. But now Nakano's like, I don't know. Like, it's it seems like this meeting should have taken place months ago, and it throws it off. But we'll get into this right now. Detective Comics number 1043, written by Mariko Tamaki, art by Dan Mora, Jordi Belair, and Adida Bidikar. And I think that if we're going to end up submitting a blurb for an Eisner, Eric. You, you, I hope you I remember this, me. This. I hope you remember me when the time comes for this one, okay? Fear State hits detective, and it feels a bit like uh, Nakano's scat cat. What did I write here? I'm telling you. I don't you, know. There's I, no I'm going to have to restart it. My Eisner is gone. I, I don't even know what ends up. I ended up things had autocorrect. There's a McDonald's in here that doesn't really make sense. Here we I go. I know you're writing I'm going to start again. Boy, yeah, I right. McDonald's, and here Fear I am reading State Detective Comics Detective number. Comics, and I really, really want a double whopper with cheese. That's Burger King. I don't like McDonald's. So I'm going to go off with that. They, it autocorrected to McDonald's. Here it is. Fear State hits Detective, and it feels a bit like Scat Cat has arrived. But. Uh, only that he takes two steps back part. He doesn't go the two steps forward. It looks like Nakano might be seeing straight when it comes to the magistrate, but is he too late and will his hindsight be 10-10 by the ender? He has one eye. 10-10. That's my joke. We will have to wait on that because I <laughs> just when you thought it was safe to swim in the sewers again, Eric. You know, you like that. The Huvile Mouth Monster, eye, worm, eggs are about to hatch and then the yoke is on Gotham City. Eric, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I was so proud of that when I wrote it. It's one of those things. It's like it's almost like that drunken message you leave to like an ex-girlfriend. You're like, I really did it that time. She's going to come back. And then she ends up all of a sudden there's a restraining order. You have no idea what's going on. Here. Uh, but with this, you start out like, like, do you need to go into this and have these sanitation engineers, as they like to be called, Eric? Going with the joke that just kind of hits to the grossness of the eye worms mouth. Well, that's the thing is, like, what is the correlation between what this guy is talking about to his partner? Because we it's have gross. the magistrate sanitation it. van driving through Gotham. It seems like they have to get somewhere, but he's talking about this fungus and talk like, you know, attaches itself to ants and then eventually takes over the ants and then pilots it and makes it into a zombie where it crawls up and then it shoots its fungus outside of it. So like it pops up out of its head, causing more fungus to spread and stuff like that. And I don't know. I don't understand because I like this concept. I like the concept initially where we'd have these guys just talking about weird stuff. It looks like it's a Quentin Tarantino, like opener to a movie. But he's like, and this happened to your aunt. And like, I don't understand. Oh, be, uh, now, as soon as I said it, now I understand because he's talking about how this happens to Anne's and he said aunt. Because he's an idiot. I, I, no, no, I'm an idiot because I, I read it like Both that. Like, you are. What's Both going on? But no, I just, 
it has nothing to do with a mouth no, monster. No, it's a though. metaphor. No, it's a metaphor of what you have Simon Saint doing in the Kano. He ends up sneaking in. He ends up going. He's the puppet now. He's going to control it. Gets the but why does that mean anything when it really doesn't? Because this guy, of the way with the fungus and takes people over. I saw it more of a mouth monster no, analogy. I'm saying even that, but this guy isn't like the idea of it. Like, oh my god, this guy's well, no, he's just an idiot telling a story. In fact, it means nothing. Because this guy does not have any idea. You no. end up having Mariko Tamaki trying to play the game, but it doesn't play out that way anyway. And it's just a a waste of two, three pages with this guy. And especially when the guy says, your aunt had that happen. He's like, idiot. No, I'm talking about ants. And oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, what is the correlation here between aunt? And I, I had to say it out loud. That's all I had to do. And it all would have been clear. Now I just look like an idiot. Like Mariko Tamaki thinks that she's like, you know, Oh, almost like tipping her hand. Like, but it, it's nothing. It's two guys working for the magistrate sanitation services, just telling a story as they drive around Gotham. Even then, like I said, that the magistrate has been so in at this point. I don't know about you, but I think that it takes like a week or so to get that, you know, spray painted thing on the side, the, the stickers or whatever to have that. You actually have the city's sanitation department branded as the magistrate, but then you go into a meeting and the Connell's like, I don't know if I like what's going on here. Uh, I don't know well, that we that should do What does that even mean that. to you, the sanitation services? It's, the it's, trash. A garbage tr- it's not a garbage truck, it's a van. Yeah, I'm saying that, but it's part of that whole you know, realm of things. I think, and even if you go with that, what the hell are they doing? That's Seemingly driving around at midnight. I, I think that they are there to check in and it's going to lead into the I like sewer. to think that all the branded vans and stuff like this that we have, they came with the armored vehicles and the robots that we were just Maybe. having. Like, we're, we're stationed... We were stationed outside of the city limits just waiting for the counter and say, go ahead, Simon. Say, all right, move in, boys. No. And, and with that, it's like, Hey, man, is it me or the magistrate everywhere, which they're trying to, I don't know, is she making it like they're still surprised because it's so new? And the guy's like, again, are you an idiot? We work for the magistrate. Yeah, but not like those guys, you know, talking about ants. And I'm like, no, no, this, this is ridiculous. And and really nothing happens in this issue. I mean, when we go through this, well, it's such a strange it really thing has because nothing going on. We're tying into Fear State here. We have these two guys talking about ants and funguses. And then we go to like Gotham City Hall where we have Simon Saint like, and his people and McConnell and his people hashing out the concerns that his party has and the idea of the magistrate taking over Gotham City. Yes, we've given you leeway thus far and told you to come in. But now we're having second thoughts. But there's all this stuff that keeps happening to the point where it's like, Look, we're going to have to table this right now and come back to it because you still need the magistrate. And, like, you know, it seems like Simon Saint's going to continue to do what he needs to do to get the fear state going so that the people say that we need the magistrate. Yeah, but they already have announced that the magistrate is running Gotham at this point. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that Nakano could say, get out of my city. Well, he can, but the thing is, that's going to take some. I don't think that. I said it before. Nakano can't just come in and say, okay. Police state magistrate It ends up being so surface level Now that that's in I'm sure they have a contract I'm sure they it's not just like Hey buddy high five you're the magistrate You're in they're making this seem As if it's on a whim that if Nakano wakes up the next day and doesn't Oh man you know it's raining out let's get Rid of that magistrate it's been So surface level and not set up But the idea when Simon Saint says we got full-out contracted deal where at any time we can shut down every bit of media in Gotham, 
you've already gone a little too far of then just saying, you know what? I think he could There's do that been whether some or not missteps. he was given the leeway. No, he was given the leeway. No, you can't just do that or there'd be other agencies that would come in then. I'm saying this surface level deal, if me and you just decide to shut down you know, ABC News or whatever were arrested. He can't just do that. But what if been uh, you given know, that? everybody like in the, the, the mayoral party and stuff like that of the city that we're in, they say, we need your help to come in. And we say, this is a step we need to do. And we well, do I'm shut that this down. This has to be a contracted thing. There has to be written deal. Still, it still doesn't make sense for the mayor's office to be able to allow a, a group to shut down actually what is then private organizations and things like that. I mean, they're like, you, you can't just cut down and shut out Twitter just because a mayor says he doesn't like Twitter. Um, again, I don't want to get too into the particulars of this. What I'm saying is you've already signed over so many rights and things to the magistrate that if you do have this idea, uh, we have a, a couple concerns and stuff like that. They're making this where I think Mariko Tamaki has been told that you have to make Nakano really really to the point where he's still going to end up being the good guy at the end especially when batman even teams up with him but he isn't he signed everything over to simon saint in the deal again it's kind of goofy thinking that this is something that just the whole you know u.s government would allow or whatever but it's comics so you end up having all this going on but it just goes down to the missteps. Is that the Peacekeeper 1 being out and about running rampant? I, I they don't so. say it, though, because I don't think that this I, – I don't know when this was supposed to come out. This might have been one that was delayed, whatnot. But it's just too far into that we have cybers going around. We end up having shutting down things. People are being knocked in the head for going out to get milk. There is a curfew instituted, and he's like – I don't know. It doesn't. Well, not real good for, optics here. What's going here. on while we're dealing with this? This could only be the first and or second night that the magistrate has moved Well, that's in. why I wish it would say that because we've gone past that in the other books and now this pops up. I wish have this we, would say. Yeah. I mean, you already have had the shut. Like with this right now, you've had everything shut down. That, I think I'm it saying, feels that way because we have so many books dealing with it, but it could be going on concurrently all around, so it's not too far in the future. But even if it is, they've already then shut down all of the communications. Uh-huh. They've already had all that. Again, then to say, I don't know about this. No, you you allowed this already. This seems like one little thing happened in the condos. Like, yeah, I'm having second thoughts. We've been talking about it or whatnot. I just, I think it's way past. Well, that. he had apprehensions about doing it anyway. He got scared to the point where, you know, with Mr. Worth blowing things up, City Hall being blown up by, the, by supposedly the Unsanity Collective, he brought the mass right in. But now, you know, like he sees what it is, he's having second thoughts. What I, what I think the problem is, and what I think that, again, Tamaki's doing too, is it is kind of ridiculous to think. That a couple things that have happened had made Nakano just sign over the entire city to a private organization that ends up having, you know, Robocop. So I think, I think that they actually are using this to say, listen, he's not that much of a, an idiot or a dupe. Let's show that he had some, you know, qualms about and it. And now we have to up. assassinate him. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you have another group that comes in as if we don't have enough things going on because this does not feel in my mind, like it is anything to do well, that's with the thing Simon Satan, the magistrate, because he I, seems surprised by it. Well, we even have this thing where, like, you know, th- these people, they infiltrate the security, they go into Nakano's office, and they start, like, you know, trying to murder him. And the guy who walks in, he's like, my name is Nero Zix, or, you know, I don't know. I don't even know if it's like 19. Exactly. I, I, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, 
I don't know what we're doing here. Is that like, you know, Nero 20, like first or whatever I it is? I, I don't know how, how actually I'm looking at this. Like, yeah, maybe I don't know Roman numerals as well as I thought I had. <laughs> but like anyway, 19, right? even when I was looking at it before, I'm like, oh, that's Nero Zix or something like that. But he just like, I am a king. Blam, blam, blam. Oh, my God. The cyber's like gunfire. This is magistrate sector leader 18, whoever is in the mayor's office. You know? And then I don't even understand the progression because we have this asshole going and shooting at the mayor. And freaking somehow Nakano pulls a Batman, just completely disappears out of a window somehow without being seen, which I, I saw the layout of the room. I don't know how it's possible. And then he is chased and then somehow gets his ass inside of a sewer, which is all overflowing, but he's not swimming. He is just kind of sinking. And Batman has to come in and take out all these assholes who are dressed like, you know, Looks riot great. squad police and stuff. You say that, but I had so much trouble following along. What I'm just going when he goes, who do you work for? That was awesome, Eric. But yeah, there is there is some problems with the progression. Now, did you like, notice? Anytime there's an action scene going on, I'm like. I'm squinting and looking, and especially with the idea when we have the grenade go off that it goes inside the sewer, and Batman has to jump in and try to protect Nakano at that point, but it somehow blows open a freaking structure beneath the sewer, and they're all okay, and they get sucked down. I'm well, like, the, it's funny that the sewers are now fully flooded, so that, and it is raining, but doesn't it always? One thing before you go, like though. ocean down there, though. Did you like this guy who shows up and he, he looks a little like Archie, but wears a crown like Jughead, Eric? It's, it's kind of cool. I didn't even notice until I ended up reading this, didn't even notice that he has a freaking crown on. And then he's like, hey, tell the king we did it. And he's like, hey, what they're saying over there? It's Elvis. He's the one going. But what I'm saying, why add something else to this? You're not even deal like I think Mariko Tamaki is like. Well, we I'm going to do my. Stray. I'm going to do my own thing here. because here, you don't get any Nero. Scarecrow here. So without Scarecrow involved, he's, he's like, I got to add Nero the king. I'm like, really? And then you have the the eggs out there. There's too much going on here, and not anything actually going on. It's like the idea of you know too much just of even nothing. This, this banter that goes along now that we have Nero coming in trying to kill Nakano that somehow is seems separate than the magistrate though, even though it would make sense that you know Simon State would want to take Nakano out because he's starting to oppose as well. But I report to no man, no one is greater than me. So who is this? Any man who calls himself greater must die. Tell your men Nakano is no more. And I'm like. And then like this thing is the Kano gets out of there because of, like it's a secret like passageway. It's silly, but like it's right there. But it's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is with that, you would think that this because there is a call out. Hey, uh, Simon Sane, it's weird. Nakano doesn't want the magistrate to protect him. He has his own guys. And then those own guys end up being a dupe and this king and stuff like that. So this could be as simple as, again, Simon Saint trying to do. You know, his little maneuvers and stuff, but he seems kind of, unless he's yelling, he's like, get a, you know, where's the And this all goes with the shadow. We'll see. I love the idea that when they're talking over their comms, I don't know why, but I think this is shade when they say we have eyes on the Kano. I think that's shade through and through, Eric. They're (laughs) making fun of that iPad. Uh, But even when anybody says they're standing tall to throw in shade at you, damn right. (laughs) <laughs> that is true. You know, we're like, hey, be a bigger guy in this situation. I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. And they're like, that's what I'm talking about. You got some balls here. You got some moxie. Um, but yeah, yeah, I have this. And Batman goes through like a, 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 like he's, you know, okay, I hope I'm going to cross my fingers. Nakano, 
clips from this. It's so funny too because when you know Nakano was pulled out of, like he tries to escape the office, he gets surrounded by this like post security agents, tossed into a van. Nero just shows up somehow. Like, okay, I'm I'm driving. I'm like, I don't even know how you got out of the building, and now you're in front of the van when people are coming. You have robot men coming after you. But Batman is then on the like the scene, like his, his Batmobile, like the Batmobile, his Bat cycle looks really badass. He's chasing up this thing, and not only do we have a faux security, we have this new group who has impersonated Nakano's security, tossed his ass in a van, and at one point you realize that they even had time to personalize this van where there's a little red crown on the roof. There's a crown on the roof. I mean, everybody's <laughs> branding these days, Eric. It's all about it's branding. All about branding. Now, what we've learned, until we get to the end, we we learn already in this, and we learn one thing about Fear State, one thing that I think will stick with me. Nakano is the worst person to go out and hire anybody. He's always hired. Here's the safe program with Hugo Strange. I have this babysitter I just hired. His name's Father Valley. I think he's a priest. He's so ridiculous. Does he look into references? He ends up letting Simon Singh take whole control of the city. Then after that, he hires a group to protect him. Not, you know, not his well-known people from the GCPD. No, he's going to hire outside help. Well, maybe he did, though. And the thing is, most of them, besides Shaniro the 19th, I'm going to say 19th now because I look to see what it was, but... I don't maybe know. They're, they're all like jumping t- in that branded van. Like, well, you know, nobody's is, like, business. Everybody else is wearing masks. Maybe they took everybody else out and were just supposing as them, except for Nero, who got like, I need to tell everybody what I mean, my I'm name you, is, you, what you I'm get all about, to take my mask off. And I think that this is also the show. There you go. Batman, you know, Nakano was against the mask, all that stuff going on. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if Batman, when he ends up shooting the van, it starts flipping around. He's like, those assholes put a crown on the roof. What a bunch of jerks. Uh, but he grabs Nakano. Like you said, Nakano, he jumps into the sewers. Sewer. It's all. It's like it's an ocean down there. there. They oh throw a grenade God. in there to take Just care of the job. Just imagine that you're going to get in your mouth. It and opens stuff, up right? a lower freaking system beneath the sewer that they all get poured into. So now it's just we're in the underground sewer with Batman and Nakano teaming up. And but what's this? Oh my God! They're mouth monster eggs. So let's let's talk about this. Let's. Just think about the idea, because we saw at the end of the last issue where you had one of those little eggs pop out of the body, bounce around, and fall into a grate. Oh, yeah, whatever. A bunch of them. They they, they rolled on the ground and then went into a sewer grate right there. So how then did the mouth monster sewer eggs then get to the lower subterranean version of the sewer to freaking become something bigger here? They should have been swept out to the harbor. They should right now be on freaking – they should be on Dinosaur Island by now where they belong. I mean, really. And the idea that they're just there right where they get to. Oh, no. Crap. There's more of these things. Look at these things. Disgusting. Uh, But, yeah, and the next vile spawn. You get it there? Vile spawn, right? No, I don't. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, as and we'll go into the backup, too. But even the backup, it's just kind of like, hey, let's let's get this over to get the test for C. But this has a fear state issue. It's just now getting more convoluted. You're it's not, not solving a fear anything. State issue. It just and says it on the cover. That's fi- it. That's what I'm saying. It's barely a fear state it's issue. It's not doing anything different than I was doing before because it still sucks. Yeah, <laughs> that's about right, Eric. You're right. The backup that you end up having, Which and I, I actually have thought been all about. Yeah. And I did not care for this backup no, this well, week. It's, it's just 
basically, okay, let's get Jason Todd captured. We had let's Jason get him over Todd to and Deb State. Donovan freaking surrounded by these guys. We're making fun of the way they had these ski masks with different freaking symbols on them going after them. Jason Todd is t- like taking them out. Batman shows up like, Deb Donovan, I need to get you out of here. I told you to drop that story. And I'm like, I'm not dropping that story. I can't protect you. Well, what about Red Hood? He can, He can protect himself, but get out of here. Red Hood, we need to go. Fuck you, Batman. I'm staying here. All right, you're on your own, asshole. And then we just find out, like, we're surrounded by police this entire time, and the people who he's beating up are FBI agents who their sole purpose here was to try to contain the Red Hood, and they have now. It just seems like Batman knows everything that's going on with the Task Force Z, the FBI, Jason Todd's involvement. Everything's going on in Gotham. He should have just been more blunt with Jason about what is happening here because – he is just taken away, held hostage, and said, you're going to now lead all these zombie freaking villains. Here you go, Task Force Z. Batman comes in and is like, hey, uh, Red Hood, y- y- you shouldn't be doing this. My case? <laughs> get out of my, get off my case, toilet face. Ends up where, then Batman's like, yeah, screw you. And leaves, and I love the idea where, hey, Deb Donovan, don't put that, you know, put that headline out there. Don't do the story. Oh, well, what do you think? I'm afraid. No, no, it's not just that. It'll make everything harder to go they'll, they'll all disappear and then she puts out and i'm like work on your headlines or something it's just red hood captured and dead bodies lost i'm like what, what? And then, what is this and then story? you have a mysterious agencies like we do we need to shut down no we haven't even started yet we're all good nobody cares about deb donovan as article i'm like so you're laying a mystery on this but don't give us anything and now we have to wait for task force z to come out to think you know what is going on beyond the fbi here for what agency we have and again Beyond Argus, because if you're going to have a task force like this, you could go to Argus because that's how Task Force X works. But you have reanimated supervillains here who Red Hood is going to lead. And if they finish their missions, they eventually get to be reanimated and alive again. And I'm like, look, I'm all for this story because it's fucking weird. Once, I mean, (laughs) Frankenstein comes back. Why didn't anybody call me? I mean, really, he's on Mars with Huckleman. That's the thing is, you can't do that because Frankenstein is alive in his own right the way he is. You you can't bring him to life because this is his life. Well, he's been dying to live this whole time. Never did live uh, at the beginning. You end up also showing that he tried to live, but his smoking hot bride doesn't want anything to do with him. Nakano's the one who seemingly let them all come in and hired them to be in uh, Gotham City as well. So there you go. You continue the idea that Nakano's aware of all I don't know what's up with this Task Force Z at the end, though, because I don't care for the art in this backup, because like, I'm telling you, uh, the Arkham Knight just Arkham looks Knight like a fucked up Batman. Look like, yeah, now it looks like the like somebody said, oh, the Arkham Knight, they looked it up and used the, you know, spoilers, Jason Todd in the video game, not the Astrid Arkham Arkham Knight that's supposed to be. And I don't even know still... what that thing on the right is. Yeah, I don't either. Like, I thought, <laughs> like, well, we know who's going to be on the team. And I think this is supposed to be Mr. Bloom, but it doesn't look like Mr. Bloom. You mean the one, which one? You the, mean the, the half-ass killer croc looking guy. Okay, I, that's the creature from the Black Lagoon. Might as well be. With a shaved monkey face. And then right next to that is uh, a new character I'm yes. creating. It, it is actually called Crazy Ass Dementor Crazy well, that, Face. That is a new character. I don't remember the I, name of it right now. It but looks like, like a Dementor a little. Not but Dementor. I don't know. Like, you, know you have a zombie a Batman here and some like, you know, shrimpy killer croc looking thing on the right. Yeah, I'm telling Mr. Bloom, he, 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 that's the creature from the Black Lagoon. I mean, you look at his hands. They're webbed hands. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's, it's part of the trench, maybe. They, they interbred him with Mr. Bloom. So Who it's knows? the trench and the drench from uh, Robin? Yeah, that's what we have. It's called the Drone Trench. I look at that Jason Todd. I'm like, who's that dude? I think that the prison life has really hit him hard in this quick time. 
because he does not look well, though he looks stacked. I mean, look at him. Uh, he but looks overall, like a haunted man, though. I mean, look at him. Dark it is around his eyes. Yeah. Now, that, that's mascara. He is starting he an emo band. He does like a serial band. killer. He's starting an emo band uh, later. Oh, they're going to do uh, Smiths and Cure songs, Eric, is what they're going to well, do. I'm going to be there. In. I'd like that as well. Uh, but yeah, overall, this was this was nonsense. It it was one of those things where this Detective Comics, supposed to be the big book, Mariko Tamaki is doing exactly what she did on Wonder Woman. And what I mean is she's writing a shitty book. I mean, there's no two ifs, ands, or whatever about it. Uh, this is not the good. Butts. And the butts. <laughs> you like the big old butts? Oh, yeah. The dirty butts you over end there. up, though, that it's just... And then when you have to tie it into a fear state, you realize that nothing has gone on in this book, and they're trying, but they have nothing. So overall, I'm a 5.5 out of 10. I'm a 5.5 out of 10 as well, even though I, I think that the action scenes in the art in the main story, I had trouble following them. Beyond that, though, I think that the, the art, for the most part, is decent in Detective Comics, and I, I don't care for the, the art and the backups and the whole thing where I wasn't like all about this prologue to World War, World War Task Force C. I, it's just it kind of ended with a thud, like all right, now I just got to wait for the book, and like nothing, like nothing that we did mattered before. You were like, oh, you know, fire. Like I read this, I'm like, uh, and like you said, it's like, well, when that book comes out, I'll check it out, and hopefully, yeah. you know, it's good. But I'm not that. It didn't make so me. They, hyped they ruined at the end. my excitement for somehow. Like if they just would have come out with a new number one, I'm like, okay, I can't wait. But because you set things up to go into it, I'm like. Oh, it's going to suck. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. It's, it might not suck, but I just, it, it killed the enthusiasm I had for it. No, it is Matthew. It'd be one thing if, if it wasn't Matthew Rosenberger who's going to write that book, sure. writing that backup. He is writing it. So we'll see. We'll see, Eric. But we like him enough. But okay. here we go with the next book. And uh, probably the last time Harley Quinn will be in the first section. I was just going to say that, but it's because it's, fear state it's because it's a fear state. I'm saying once we and maybe not. I don't <laughs> know. Maybe they may be later on. Harley Quinn number seven, written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Riley Rosmo. He's back. Ivan Pacenti and D. Ron Bennett. Harley Quinn jumps in a fear state. While this issue is a bit too jokey for the event, some of the overall ideas might not be so bad. However. It feels as if Stephanie Phillips is only allowed to go so far with them. So this issue Nowhere. is padded with repeating concepts and dialogue. You repeat things over and over. It's part of the course, though, with Fear State Times so far. You know, hopefully Fear State. That changes next issue. I, I just the idea of Harley's like, yep, I thought it was Gotham that made me a piece of shit. And just three pages this, later, I thought Gotham made me we a piece of shit. We have the magistrate going and taking over Gotham, making it a police state. You have the scarecrow in the background who's doing something in order to freaking fulfill some ultimate goal of his that we hopefully will see down the line in the Batman book. And here you have the Harley Quinn fear state tie-in. Harley Quinn and her crew are out of Gotham camping and keepsakes putting together a freaking league of evil. And I'm like, where is the tie-in to Fear State? Even the idea where Gardner shows up, I'm like, okay, we're going to go find Ivy. I'm like, I know that Ivy is big and important, even the idea, but that doesn't feel like this story. It feels like the next story when you deal with Ivy and everything that's going on, unless she becomes the thing that stops the Fear State and changes the future overall. Yeah. The thing that I had an issue with is, uh, first off, I was thinking to tie this in, I thought that this camping trip was going to be in that underground deal of Queen Ivy. I thought that they were actually underground trying to make the best of things when they had, but it's not. They're just no, camping. They're camping. just camping. Others uh, mention a s'mores. I'm not going to get into it's that, Eric. But yeah, well, there they say it. I'll, I'll we'll, make sure to put that in the slack. I will tell you one thing, though. 
I actually like Riley Rossmo's art. I was so happy that Riley Rossmo was back, and I think yeah. that he made this tolerable because I thought the story just fucking petered around and nothing. And I'm like, at least I like the way this book looks. And I'm Before like, what is we wrong with the, you? The story, I, it's true. Now, with that, later on, you end up having what appears to be a Batman going around. Because Riley Rossmo draws things so fucked up, you already have the tell that that's Hugo Strange. So I'm like, I like it. I like this. We've seen this before from Riley Rossmo, even back in the whole, uh, what was that called? Where he had that crazy December deal way back in the beginning of Rebirth. December Night, uh, deal. Night of the Monster Men. Oh, remember right, the right, Monster right, Men? Yes. Well, you had Hugo Strange, I believe, running around like this as well. So it's kind of a callback. And, and I like the look. Uh, and even then, though, with that, I kept trying to figure out in a way because of how big, you know, the like the beard slash chin of Hugo Strange is drawn on this, whether or not his beard was sticking out or if he had a part of the cow that wrapped up around his chin Who right knows? there. But with I that, you end up having keepsake. That's funny. He gets this league of ridiculousness, evil deal with Blaine. You get villains because exclamation. You, but get, you gotta create new villains to take over Gotham because everybody's like done because of A Day and stuff like that. And Keepsake's gonna be the guy to get that shit going. So he's gonna have his knockoff villains like freaking Blaine, like you said, instead of having a Bane. You're gonna have uh, I'm trying to get to the thing. Was it Mister Frigid? Yeah, Mister Frigid, Sage Swan or Swine. Sage uh, Swine. I'm telling you. Oh I no, like- it's fellow Frigid. Yeah, fellow. Exclamation. Exclamation. Is funny. instead of the ventriloquist. And at the end, you just have a woman in a devil costume sword. Huh, I'm just going to call you Sword Lady. Yeah, I, I like Polyphonus, who's basically got a Muppet with a yeah, with cleaver. He's with got a knife. See, that's funny. If, and it's funny, too, because in this book, Stephanie Phillips does something that I thought thing is might too, That guy kind of looks like Frank Oz to me, who's it doing does. it. I think it is. Uh, with that, I think that Stephanie Phillips does a thing, like I just said, that I think that you would appreciate the idea that she's making Harley go through her continuity and even saying at points that when she didn't live in Gotham, that might have been in the mind. It might not have even been real or in continuity. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, that's cool with that. And you go into this, but that's the problem here. Now you are in Gotham and this is real. The shit is real right now. You are in the middle of a big, big Batman tie-in event. It's not time for the jokes. The jokes well, should have been left that. behind here. You have a big Batman tie-in event and the whole issue that we're dealing with is Kevin is upset because Harley's spreading herself too thin because of all the books she's appearing in and what she's doing throughout like the Batman books. Stuff like that. That, is that the tie-in to the fear state? Because we're not dealing with fear state. It's just like, hey, uh, Harley, I, I, you, you're doing all this for people, but we need you to be here like you say you're going to do, but you're always taking off and doing Batman stuff. With that, one of the biggest points in this issue of Harley is, oh, my God, I lost my pug waffle. I can't find waffle. Harley, who, Harley in my mind, he, she is a animal lover. You know, well, not like the, the Coney penguin Island books, not like the penguin. Right? And so with that, you know, Bud and Lou, all yeah. the continuity thrown in and whatever. She comes off like just a bitch. Like yeah, she's like, oh, odd that she is so like against the idea of helping this person who's come with her for this camping trip. whose pug is lost. Yeah, we don't got time for that. But Kevin's like, no, we're going to go find your pug. It's going to be fine. Like, how is it that I like Kevin more than Harley I know. in this well, issue? That's my point. The play on this, in my mind, and again, who am I? You know, here I am in my basement saying the how you should write an issue or whatever. You have just had Kevin set up. Listen, Harley, you're spread too thin. Listen, Harley, you got to calm down. 
Let's go. We have our group here. We're doing the therapy. And then some lady comes out and says, oh, my God, my dog, my dog. Harley being an animal lover. Oh, my God, we got to put everything down and do this. And Kevin should have been there to say, no, 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 Harley. This is what I'm saying. Some people have to solve their own problems. You can't solve everything. No, no, no. It's a dog. His name's Waffle. And even with that, you, you called your dog Waffle. That is, to me, something that for some reason makes no sense, right? But to Harley, it would. What's she'd be like, I get it, Waffle. but it, she doesn't like it. She's like, who would name their dog Waffle? She keeps saying it. And so with that, it seems so off to go with that idea that you're helping too many people, even with this support group of her trying to do. And then she's like, nah, I don't want to do that. Let's go back. We got to go camping. And Kevin's like, what? We got to do this. We got to find him. I'm like, what are you doing here? You're swirling around with this and you're making yeah, you're making, and this is another thing that kind of is a pet peeve with us. It seems like you're trying to make Kevin a better guy by making Harley worse. You don't need that. You can have them just you can go have look both for it. Be good. Yes, and and Harley in this. And I saw a certain review, Eric, by a father who may be kind of nerdy. I don't know if you wink, wink, Eric, and he's like, this. It really shows you the psychological deal of I'm like what. Because it just, it's all over the place, and that's the problem. It barely ties in to the fear state, number one. Well, it's even weird with the fear state angle, because when you do go back to Gotham and see everything else, because we have Keepsake doing this stuff, we have Hugo Strange in a safe program, but Hugo's going to Hugo out there. So during the idea that during the night you have, you should have all the magistrate stuff going on. You should have peacekeepers, you should have cybers, and all this different crazy stuff. You should have helicopters and drones and crazy fucking shit. You have people going throughout Gotham who are rioting, breaking stuff like, where are all the cybers? When Hugo Strange goes and becomes Batman, even though there's a no mask policy in Hugo, you're going to get shot in the face. There, there's just chaos going on. They're like, we've taken away the magistrate angle because of this out of nowhere. And you took the magistrate angle away in a way that I was bitching and moaning last week. We don't see the regular walk-a-day schmo. We don't see the regular guy walking through Gotham and what they think of fear state. This you see, but it's not the fear. This is just rioting because it, I don't Batman's know. Because, dead. That, because, and that's the only thing. You're only tying into the Batman. We saw in the Nightwing book that one asshole just forgot there was a curfew and wanted to have milk for his Cheerios. And he went tank. up and he's getting beat up. These guys are running around. You got tracksuit Larry. He's busting in. They're all grabbing TVs and shit. You have other guys just blowing up cars because, like you said, the play is Batman's dead. Let's go. No, the Batman's being out dead. Of a Prius with a, a rocket launcher. Yeah, I'm trying to look at that. The thing is launching in the air. There is a woman running across the street with an axe. <laughs> she wants to axe you with questions. She's going to fall and put that thing through her face. She is. And, and with that, like you said, the big point is Batman being dead in this whole. That was to make people, first off, Batman isn't going to come. You're not going to be able to rely on kind of a fear state. But in my mind, state. And, and my mind, that was also to show and, you know, demoralize the heroes as well. Look, Batman's dead, whatever. The big thing isn't that. The big thing is that the cybers and the peacekeepers, they're going to crack your head if you go out. I guess they're, they're all up in Alleytown. Uh, they're not here. I guess we've got too many boroughs in Gotham. They can't be everywhere all at once. Look at this city. <laughs> Plus, I love Riley Rossmo does draw some things wacky. I'm telling you, the tracksuit Larry, that guy is at least 65 years old running around with that. He's Are you telling me that a 65-year-old man doesn't want a TV? He might want it. I don't know. He's running around like that. Also, 
Thanks to Riley Rossimo, we now know that Gotham really does have a chin up on the competition, Eric. I mean, look at these chins of the people. Holy Everybody's crap. Bruce Campbell in his world. Yeah, everybody is. Oh, my God. Bruce Campbell and Jay Leno's everywhere. I, I was actually going to say uh, Matt Smith as well. They're just <laughs> all over there doing I got to tell you. That's my Jay Leno, Eric. But, yeah, when you see Hugo. I'm sorry. You see Hugo I'm and so you're sorry. like. That's your Jay hey, Leno. Right there. I got the cars and I'm an asshole. Uh, Hugo shows up and I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, I loved it. When I saw him, you know, it's him right away because of either chin, beard, whatever. He's nine feet tall and he has a chin to match. He shows up and says, Hey, because I'm afraid you won't like the answer about when he comes in. I'm like, the answer I want to know is what the fuck happened to that foot of yours? That look at this tiny foot there. Something deflated, Eric. I mean, he's got tiny feet. Look at that tiny, but the other one's huge. I don't know what's happening here. Do we have a Rod Blyfeld situation with Riley Rossman? Never realized it, but he ends up having a real little foot. And yeah, you know, Hugo's busting That's chops. Perspective. He's busting chops. I don't know about that. Uh, he's busting chops as Batman. And this is something that he does. This is why he works out. This is the idea where you have an athlete and they're like, oh, is the game tough? He's like, no, the game's fun. That's why I work out to get. This is the game for Hugo. He's just getting the suit on and he's going out and knocking heads. And I thought it was pretty funny. Not really fear state tie-in really as no. much as and I it wanted. It's weird with like what is Hugo's connection to Keepsake and what Keepsake's doing when it just seems that Hugo really does have his own ulterior motives. But I don't know what brought him to Keepsake or vice versa to begin with. It just is kind of there and we're going to move on. I'm going to say it right now. I don't know if this is the case. I don't think it's ever been announced. But you are going to continue in Detective Comics after Fear State where they're going to have Arkham Tower. You're going to have this rebuilding of Arkham as a tower. That's going to be the big detective thing, maybe even leading. If they get Hugo to run that, I'm going to cry bullshit left and right for the shit he's up to. But I almost think they're Ain't gonna, nobody know what he's up to. You know what? They're just going to be like, you know, that safe program really did well. We, we want did you it, to head this, really? right? That's what I'm saying. If they do that, I'm going to, oh my. I'm still trying um, to figure out what everybody was injected with. Yeah. yeah, really. And in that, you even have, you know, keepsakes like, hey, we promised you want to tell me, whatever. You know, I got to figure this nonsense. thing out, though, and hopefully well with the Gardner, like the Batman Secret Fires Gardner one shot coming out soon. But the idea that when, you know, Harley, he, she finds this pug waffle, she's running around, turns out there's a bear chasing after her and Kevin, she ends up running off of a cliff to then where, like, she's holding on to a root of something like that. And then she's magically saved by the gardener, and who we've seen previously has plant-based dogs or wolves that are with her. But it seems right now that she has the ability to almost do, like, green lantern like plant constructs. constructs out of yeah. nowhere, and that's that what the like powers are. It seems very weird. So I hope it's really spelled out what the gardener's powers are during that the would Batman be cool Secret if we Fires. Find because that out. I look at this, I'm like, yeah, I thought I knew you, but I don't know shit about you. And it's funny because you see them being saved, and I just thought, ooh, they're nuclear. It's like when Dan nuclear. Stransky, he ended up nuclear. drinking he ended up drinking that uh, ectoplasm, and it wasn't as nuclear as he remembered. And then when you see that like construct-type thing coming out of her finger, I'm like, oh, you know what? That kind of intrigues me. I, I want to see what's going the on. I'm is, with you. I want to see if that I, one I hope this isn't her. the case, though, and this is just kind of a screw up because I want it to be more like she doesn't have weird plant energy powers that create constructs. I wanted the idea that she could just bring plants to life in a weird, like, 
chimera kind of way. Maybe. I think that that gets too close to being connected to the green. I think maybe they want to distance that. I feel like this is way more connected to the green, though. When you're making plant energy constructs. I think that it's just, you know, sleight of hand. You don't realize. You see that one hand she has low. You're you're concentrating on that, Eric, and then she does her other gizmo wooba jubas on the other. She knows where Ivy is, and she's coming to get Harley to come find out where they like to how they can work together to get her back. And the thing is, which Ivy? Because we know in other books that you have the Queen Ivy. Do you know where the naive Ivy is? I is mean, what you're seriously, saying? we already had the Catwoman cliffhanger where they were showing up in Allentown with the good Ivy. Allentown? So I guess, yeah, Allentown. I guess you have to go and uh, figure that because that was that cliffhanger. Uh, again, some of these books are coming out, you know, weird ways and the timing, but. And it's yeah. always going to happen when you have the situation. Yeah. You don't know what other books are doing or you like, you know, yeah, you the don't. idea of what comes out beforehand, yep. but you always want to do your own now thing. Now there's even worse with this paper shortage and things like that. There's even worse trouble. So uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say that anything's wrong with that. Uh, but overall, I'm a six out of ten. For this. So am I. I, I like Riley Rossmo's art. I really I, do. I got a kick out of it the whole time. It was the craziest realization because you and I, we weren't fans of it. We were actually pissed off when Riley Rossmo was announced to be on this book and we started really liking the writing, but I'm like, God damn, if we just got a better artist on this book, this book could have been one of the best books that are coming out of DC Comics. And then the writing started going down a little bit and then we got Riley Rossmo off the book for an issue or two and I'm like, kind of miss Riley Rossmo's art. And now here when we realize at the end, like, there's not a lot going on in this book. It's barely tying in the fear state at all. And then all I care about is like, man, look at that crazy Riley Ross. I'm so that, glad it, he's back. It made it more exciting what to, to me. <laughs> no, I'm sitting there and I'm like, ah, oh, thank God we got Kevin and the real Gorder back. And, and even the idea when they're running away from that bear. No. Uh, with the, it's, it's great. It I don't understand really, what happened, really but. Now the bear was in I'm the st- hole, I, I still right? can't say that I'm a Riley Rossmo fan because right now I don't want to see him like regularly on any other books, but this is working here and I'm happy that he's back and I hope that this, the writing can come back to what it was so they can become this glorious marriage of art and writing again and I can say, holy Quinn's an amazing book again. Yeah, and, and I'll explain. They end up, this is like your Wednesday nights. They end up going and they're trying Blowing to boots? find this pug. They end up going into a dark cave and then get chased out by a bear. Eric. That's kind of what happens, right? And then you run all the way. Why am home. I running away from a bear? Well, it's because you already, you know, made enough money that night. You were a little tired. I don't know. But made money. I'm paying them. That. Yeah, seriously. But with all of that, yeah, six out of ten. Pretty good with that art, but the story doesn't really do anything. And, you know, Fear State. And that's all we get for whatnot. Fear State this yeah. week. Yeah, that's Fear State. It's very, very lackluster. Oh, those magistrates—they're still doing the same thing they have been doing. Yep. Fear State. Yeah. Now we're going to go to the next book, which is one of yours and a book that a lot of people are enamored with. Eric, what is it? Action Comics number one thousand thirty-five, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, with a backup by Sean Lewis, with art by Daniel Sampier, Adriana Lucas, and Dave Sharp, and the backup art by Sammy Bassery and Ulysses Ariola. After coming foul law down and promising to help the people of Warworld, Mongol pushes Superman even more over the edge when he tries to kill the refugee, which speeds up Superman's departure, where he needs to get the authority together, say goodbye to Lois, do this again in a completely different way in the Superman Son of Kal-El book, and finally make his way to Warworld. Also, a Guardian backup. Yeah, uh, Tales of Metropolis comes back, Eric, and it comes back hard. So mad. It slapped me right in the face. I think it's... I'll tell you this. We're just going to get to the backup right away because 
we have more Guardian going on than for, I don't even know when's the last time anybody had this much Guardian because you have Guardian and Checkmate where he's working with Leviathan. At least here, you have a Guardian that you can enjoy fucking reading about at least. It's such a weird idea. Like, I hate these tales of Metropolis, but thank God someone's writing Guardian well. Yeah, it was funny because I ended up reading this first and then right to Checkmate. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> how much Guardian can I take? And then after that, I read Justice Leia. How much madness can one man take? I was having some problems, Eric. but. This book, it looks good. You continue the story. You get to the idea where, you know, here's the time we've been waiting for. The mention is, you know, hey, you have another team. Batman calls them on it. You have this other team. Yes, I do. So I'm going to go get them. I'm going to go off to world with them. Um, But the whole idea of this deal with, you know, you end up having Mongol send this bunch of refugees, whatever, the you know, slaves with the mark of the House of El, and you have Thela and it all is just, it's a, it's a trap. We know this. They know it in the book. Superman knows it. Lois knows it. Batman knows it. They all know it. But it is one of those things that I like that it really does give you that Superman feel of the idea. Yeah, I know it's a trap, but people are in but trouble. But what else am I, I going to do go. here? And yeah, I have to go. <laughs> you make it seem like it's like Sunday afternoon and he's bored. He's like, the Three Stooges are on. We're Warwell. Ah, what else? Yeah. Are yeah. But no, I mean, the idea like, that... Is it Shemp or Curly? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's Shemp. So well, you then go, I'm Eric. No, no, I love no. Shemp. You, no. He's you the leave, lover. leave, then. You leave. Certainly. You end up with, you know, that deal. Like, even with the branding. And I, I like it because what I'm thinking, some of this story, I, I don't know per se, per se, Eric, that... It, it didn't change because of this tie-in with the authority. You get all these things. Going, I but wish also- it would change more because I'm telling you, the idea that we had the Superman and the Authority book, the four-issue mini that's currently going on, it hasn't ended yet, which is very it's, it's such a shame in my mind that it hasn't ended yet. But Superman you have going on in there should not be the Superman because it makes no sense. And I'm like, okay, and now we're tying it together. I'm like, you don't realize, ah. Eric, that when he leaves to go He's teleport – he he got a silver fox this shit up put on some a, short sleeves. He takes a left at Albuquerque. He got lost. Oh, right, he got the gray hair. I'm telling you, I would have just liked this. Where I even said it, I think in the Son of Kal-El, But I, I wish that at one point he ended up. He's about to leave the floor. He's hey, Lo, where's Lois? I'm gonna find her. What's going on? And she jumps out like you used to do the wrong turn and scares the shit out of him and makes his hair go gray. Oh my god, you scared me so. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. What what I'm going to say, though, is I like the idea where you set up, and Philip Kenny Johnson, this might have been the plan the whole time. It's really cool, where you start off with the branding of the House of El, you know, the symbol. Yeah, and yeah. that seemed to be the, the idea, oh, we worship you, and we wanted to get to you. And then, but well, then it, even it, when you tie in the idea that they're Philosians, distant ancestors of Kryptonians that were a breakaway civilization at some point, so they are kind of Kryptonian in nature, but also worship the House of El and know in their heart of hearts that one day this Superman guy will come and save them, but he never did. Well, and with that then, too, in this, you really get more of that exclamation point of the idea that Mongol, that is the... Like almost like the kick in the balls to Superman. He got them sent there, and they have these symbols. And now I have to and then go. He I got to see other what's people going there on. And killed them and in killed his fortress. Them. That's what I'm saying. It's home. so evil. And the idea these people had our symbol, the the house. We got to go. I like, got to go. Imagine this plan. It's like, all right, I'm going to send these. Pe- I'm going to send these people that mark themselves with the Superman brand, or actually, I think they get marked because they do. They get marked by P- Mongol and his people. Because they do think that Superman will save. So it's almost like a, hey, you think you believe in this? I'm going to fucking hurt you with this goddamn symbol until it, we can break it out of your system. But 
I'm going to send these people to go to super, kill Superman's family. And if they don't do it, I'm going to send other people to kill them and then maybe them kill Superman's family. But ultimately, we're going to get Superman pissed off enough to come to War World because there's some mystery man from the first issue who says, you don't know shit about War World. We need a Superman here. Yeah, and you, you ended up getting away from that. I wish that that was more He's still standing in the background. The He's standing there, but I wish that it was like, Okay, now can I hear about War World? Not yet. Like this guy who came it. in and murdered all of Mongo's children just to get Mongo's freaking up, like his uh his attention, so he could tell him about the Superman plot. And again, I think that what we're gonna get from this, and one over of the, the things, top of this book, yeah, I, I think that one of the things that will it'll drive me nuts, but I think oh. that one of the things of hey, we're gonna you don't really know, you think you know War World, you don't know shit about War. Well, I don't gonna, because now it's war zooms again. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what's going to happen. You're going to get part of that is going to be Philip Kennedy Johnson making the fuck up by Bendis calling, you know, Mongol a war zoom. It's going to tie in and make it that. I think that that will drive you nuts. I don't think that's the whole concept, but I think that that will be part of you think, you know, we're, 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 you don't. And the, the idea of them being set up and he was a war zoom. I think that you'll get that, but I, I'm interested in seeing what happens there. I don't know what the hell happens. With this device that has done so many crazy things in this, that glowing deal that they ended up getting there at first, and this is what Thala has. You you even have to freaking break this down even further for all the different issues of how we got, because we have people like gladiators in a cube in War World. The one guy goes and rips a device out of his chest, and then it's taken by another guy who then uses it to teleport to the forces Almost of solitude. Almost like a mother box at that Kind point. of, but it's not. And but so it's I not. don't know what it is. And it glows blue. So now we have Thala being, like, you know, electrocuted by this thing, by Mongol, until Superman grabs, which then projects his, his vision, his image, to Mongol, and then he destroys it in front of Mongol and says, I'm coming for you. The end. I'm like, what is this device? What does it do? Why is all this going on right now? At one point, it seemed to make lightning come out of her eyes. She was she was crying lightning at her. And then, the yeah, she blows up. It's almost like your eyes vomiting. And then Superman grabs it. Ah! And then all of a sudden, he's kind of a vision. Of it. it's, <laughs> it's a hologram it, projection It makes over there. no sense whatsoever. But it does get there to be like, I'm coming for you, Mongol. Oh, that's what we were counting on. All Thank right. you, Superman. I'll see you later. He tries to attack and seemingly can, but he can't. Why does Supergirl have nothing to do in this book, though? Because she is here throughout. She is fighting Thala at one point with John in the beginning. She is at the Felosians, you know, uh, funeral service that Superman is giving to the people that died that were here before. But she has nothing to do or say in this entire issue. It feels like, why are we not including her more? Yeah, and it's weird like, because this would be the book to use that where you can have them say goodbye. Well, not right? only that, because even if John's going to be Superman, we know that things get weird about, like, you know, Kara somehow believing that she's not as worthy or, like, the, the disrespected one in the group. She gets mad about her position in life. But I feel like this would be a good part for her to be a part of this authority that goes with Superman to War World because everybody else is too busy. I don't even need that. I just want him to say, like, hey, you stick here, you know, to take care of John. Take, we already had him say that to Nightwing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think, say that Kara, I think that, well, I would say to Kid's everyone, dumb. I actually am really shocked that we don't have an issue that probably I'd be like, what is this answer? But have Superman go around. Like, I'm really surprised we do not have, like, a Brian Michael Bendis back in the day uh, special. You know, so almost like a Superman heroes special. and villains different yes. specials is like Superman's and he goodbye would just special. Go goodbye and and with that go with it where he even goes to Lex, he goes to even the villains and says, Hey, listen, 
you know, I'm going to be leaving. My son's taking over. You do anything to him, I'm going, I'll be back and, and stuff. But you could have had some real feels with that. That's what I'm missing in this and the son of Kal El. gets off the totality very often. And what, are you saying like he goes and gets nudie mags or something? Maybe. No, I, I mean, mean he like, probably he gets he, off like, there. Leaves the, right? the totality very oh, often. Leaves because, it. Well, no. I'm, I'm very curious about the situation because right now everybody knows you as this apex predator version of yourself that was going to condemn all of mankind to the mother of creation. So I don't think you're the most popular person on Earth. He and may also, not be, but Eric, that is under the bridge. That also, though, I want to know what the continuity is doing since we've remade the Omniverse now of what is going on with LexCorp. Is that been dissolved? Is all the money gone? I want to know what Lex Luthor's position on Earth is. I think that what he he has a video of him getting thrown by perpetual like the angel out of heaven onto earth again and treat it like a schmuck and that's how he wants people to to, i I wasn't in there she ended up throwing me out don't you feel bad for me they're like no we don't lex remember when he just ended up there and like oh no i I done messed up but yeah (laughs) i'm sorry i'd like to see him but i really am shocked that you don't have like a special because it's a big deal getting superman off earth and off the war world for however long that we know. Not only and that, we got it going on in this book. We got it going on in action. I mean, uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El. This boy keeps leaving. We're going to have it as Superman and the Authority, I'm sure, as well. DC barely, you know, lets a opportunity to make money get away from him in these comics. They go too far with that. They, they don't have that. I thought, and I really thought we were going to have him go around, not just have the Justice League show up. I thought he was going to go around and say goodbye to some people. Uh, the one thing that worries me, though, and I think that this is off panel at one point when Lois ends up saying, listen, did you say goodbye to crypto? And and you end up having Superman say, oh, don't worry about crypto. He's going to hang out with Kara. Nothing can go wrong with him, right? Oh, he, he can't have anything go, go wrong. Right? Yeah, but it's in continuity. They've already said. So with all of this going stop down, doing that. Yeah, when they, they get a little wonky with those things. But yeah, with that, you do end up having the Justice League show up. And I'm not going to say that Philip Kennedy Johnson should be writing the Justice League because I don't know why, but it's still annoying. It still felt like Bendis dialogue. I'm like, did you call Bendis to do this? I didn't like it. But you do have that deal where everybody says goodbye very quickly. And they they kicked him out. You know, they yeah. you can't we can't have well, he, in the group. He done kind of screwed up everything by yeah. you know, overstepping his bounds. Kind of like his son's like doing just, right now. Yeah, yeah. And it, but it just ended up seeming like. When was that official deal? But yeah, we get it. Like, yeah, hey, we're, it, do you need the help and whatnot? Of course, Naomi's front and center. He's like, who are you again? Uh, but then I they don't know what's out. up with Black Adam because it looks like he's creating teleport, like boom tubes yeah, with this hand, and I don't like. understand why. Maybe as one of those, you know, devices from War World. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, it looks like he's doing yeah. like one of those swirly things from the Doctor Strange movie where he just opens up a portal that's flaming around the edges here. And I'm like, why are you using Black Adam this way? Yeah. Um. When you go, what was cute to Superman that Batman didn't leave? It, it, that that actually, I'm I'm asking you seriously because you end up them going through the portal, and then you end up Superman's like, oh, cute. Yes. What, what's cute? Just that Batman didn't go. Uh huh. That he stayed he stayed behind, which is going to really screw him over in the long run because now Batman has to find his own way home. Well, I'm saying that's cute though. It was very odd. It would be funny. He's like. He, what the hell are you gonna do now, buddy? But hey, uh, this is c- kind of need a ride right now. I came here through one of Black Adam's weird, out of nowhere teleportation holes. He, yeah, yeah, really. He ends up like, do you have like something like a supermobile that I could drive? Because I don't think you're like even he, that thing. Where we, I know that like we talk about that Clark is being like, you know, his powers are going away. 
But when we have Superman in authority where he needs the supermobile because of how significantly his powers have gone away, he is fighting Thal La at the beginning of this, though. Another Kryptonian who's going ham on him like he can ba- like, he can barely do anything, Superman and the Authority, for how exaggerated it is. The weird thing is, is Philip Kennedy Johnson tries to explain it himself by saying, like, hey, you know, when you were going between the Atlanteans and the surface world and you got in there, man, you really did some stuff. And, oh, man, yeah, yeah, I can only do that a couple of times. And I kind of I kind of didn't want him to see it. But, no, I it's said almost to you. almost feels like we're going back to Gotham and Gotham Girl of how much they can use their powers until it kills them because it's always just as much as you need until you can anymore. Yeah, and it, it's weird. The idea, like I said, you end up throwing that out there as a, a legitimate thing in these books. Then it's really to the extreme. In the Superman, the authority, but that's because of 5G. But even so, you did get away from that idea of, you know, really Superman depowered. There wasn't much in a fight or anything where he's like, oh, my God, I thought I was going to be able to do that and couldn't. He has been pretty much going ham on things, but we're going to go off and he has this team and then he's going to again. Like, did he ever do anything way. with Amanda Waller, though, where she was taking over Star Labs and opening breaches? You know, like what happened with that? And the idea that it seemed like she was trying to find a way to hurt Superman and his powers being like, this seems to be Amanda Waller's one, but we're not doing anything with that. We've just got to move past that it. I think that part got pushed aside. That was more so that John could see a father Daddy. who wasn't as strong as a kid should like. Uh, but yeah, you end up having this. We already we talked about it on the Patreon. We had the son of Kal-El where they ended up saying goodbye, farm, all that. This I like this one different. the best, though, because uh, freaking him with Lois flying together saying goodbye and stuff like that i think it's a like a really nice moment and like if we're gonna have superman leave and you have a one continuity headcanon in your mind this is it for me because i like this more than superman son of kill out yeah i don't even like this that much because of the idea where i don't know uh, you would think that superman i guess he's doing some things maybe he doesn't have you know the calendar mark i'm leaving this day but he should have had some time i would have thought that he would have spent more time with both of them, with the idea that he's leaving, but it almost seems like, up, oh, gotta go now. You end up getting Thala in a tube, looks like her chains are off, it's like a but he box says, tank. Yeah, it is. And she doesn't have the chains on. And, and you end up having John, who's gonna have to take over. And I'm not gonna join the Just League. I'm gonna tell Batman to go score. I wish that Superman would have said, when he's like, I'm gonna punch that Batman right in the face. I wish Superman would say, that might kill him. Don't yeah, do, that. Yeah, he, don't do that. that. He isn't super powered, right? And uh, he might not like that, but I don't care. I'm going to show him this. You don't have and to impress me right now, goodbye. son. It's yeah, fine. I'm telling you. He's talking about All right, calm game, down, big man. Right? And yeah, they hug. And then you go to, again, it's almost like later is like, well, I am leaving. I guess I got to go talk to the ball and chain and goes back. Hey, you want to fly a little and then knock boots? Yes. And then that's and it. And I agree. I want that goodbye. as well. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I'm going to be back because, you know, I love you so much. And it's, I, I, I like just, it. I, it, it meant nothing to me. It didn't, I had no emotions whatsoever. Didn't get well, any books choked up or whatnot. Yeah, it is. Because you just I've had no had, emotions in general. I've had three things this week that I've read, you know, not on this podcast, but actually got me emotional. This did not. It just was, okay, here we go again. Here we go. We're going to do this. And it just didn't feel, that great to me it's just hey goodbye baby let's make love and now i'm gonna leave and yeah they, he goes up to see the authority and then they teleport out which i'm guaranteeing is nothing like what happens in that superman no, the authority we'll but see it's kind of cool with the way they go because it looks like one of the new light rays powers to create yeah. that you know weird teleportation construct that shoots them through space yeah so we'll see 
how that goes. And and word I want to know more about that new OMAC. Word is is that Philip Kennedy Johnson has said that him and Grant Morrison are working on the stories that involve the authority into this action comic. So that's cool. That they're they're trying to hide. I don't know if it's real or what. Hopefully that means that we won't have any more backups because the Tales of Metropolis, even though I think this is probably probably the best Tales of Metropolis there has been, it's still not good and this book does not need it because the whole idea is that you have you have a cyber freaking demon from this weird Ouija board internet thing called the Dismemberer who is like, you know, controlling kids to go and like call him forth and it's all about the cloud and stuff like that. But we got to take this thing down. And I'm like, I saw that this isn't like for some reason when I'm reading this, I thought it was like a one and done. Now we're just going to be done with the story. But when I realized it was going to be a continuous story, I'm like a continuation. I'm like, oh, no, don't do that. We need more Jimmy Olsen and, and Guardian hunting down the freaking cyber demon uh, dismemberer. I'm like, I don't think we need that, even though this is the best Tales of Metropolis that I have read since it started in the Superman book. Yeah, yeah, uh, I don't like it. And it just, uh, Vicky Vale better watch out. If they're coming for it again, it just reminded it me of that like shit it. that Ben well, Percy ended because up doing. The people that are there, that some of them get trapped in broken glass and stuff like that. They're images of like what happened beforehand. So it does remind me of that whole, like, that, what's it called? The Black Web or the Dark Web? And the like, dark where they web story sucked Vicky Vale into an iPhone. <laughs> into an iPhone is what she ended up getting sucked into. And it was ridiculous. And we didn't like it. And, I am really. This like is this. not good, but it's this still just, the best. All of a sudden, you see Thrill Devil come flying and popping wheelies. Eric, we'll get it all there. Uh, no, with Thrill all Devil. that though. No, we don't need that. Thrill, I do Thrill Devil. Um, uh, you with, said that to him. I'm like, I'm Did I miss something? Oh no, no I know what he's saying now. And nobody needs Night Thrill Devil. Stuff. Uh, but at, at, I end up reading this. I'm like, are you just like? And like you said, if you thought of the idea. Of it being just a one shot, okay, it's the spookiest month of the year. We got a yeah, Halloween, we got a little deal going on. And then instead, I end up, I'm like, is this worm? Remember, that was I the good thing, worm. End up with, it just felt nonsense. Just felt the like, idea. They call it the cloud game where they have a digital Ouija board and then they summon the digital monster dismember and he puts their images in glass. Ooh. Oh, the worm member worm. He ended up making holograms that made it look like even if your house was a shithole, which is crap, it made it look pretty. It didn't you fix get one it, of them? Eric. It's just like I need it. That's what I called my contacts before. That was making me. I'm like, eh, too bad in here. I put these new glasses. I'm like, holy oh, no. shit! What am I doing? I'm like, a hobo would come in here and probably give me five dollars because he would feel bad for me. It is that bad. It's so bad in here. Ah, but what are you gonna do, Eric? Queen? What are you gonna do? I mean, you can't really do anything, right? I mean, I tried getting, you know, hey, where, where's Mister Clean? Where's that bald ass motherfucker? He ain't in here. Uh, you don't show he up, Eric. No, he, I, I yelled for him. Isn't that what you do? You yell for him, and he pops out of the toilet with a brush. He's like, "Hey, I'm here, mate." Is that is that Mister Clean? He's Classic like, Mister Clean. I look like a pirate. I does. And I'm like, all right, get the work. Is it because of your ring? Yeah, stop your yapping. Get the fucking work. You can get that white shirt off. I want to see you bare chested. I'm not paying you for no reason here. Start, start dancing is what I'm yelling. Mr. Clean, he's like, hey, he's doing that. He's like, all right, I thought I was a pirate, but I you're a certain type of one, too. I think you've watched too many of those pornos where it's all about, like, you know, seducing the maid. That, that is. Uh, in those, though, they rarely come out of the toilet, Eric. But some of them look well, like I'm going to come in it. Some of them look like the pirates, right? That would be good. Yeah, the, the, I ended up as a kid 
I heard oh, of things where, you know, they would say, and, you know, I couldn't get a hold of a lot of porn, Eric, but when I could, a lot of times you in just the go woods, into the woods and you find right it. In the woods, there was. I yeah. ended up at one point That's finding a big, big trash bag of porn. I only yeah. think that Some when I was, when I I was now, done but... with it, I put it down. This is almost like Leprechaun. If you're horny enough and there's woods, you may find the garbage bag of porn, and you ended up finding the same garbage bag I did. The thing is, Aaron. I swear it's a different one. Well, one of the things I saw, and this would you would know this if you did. I remember because when you're there with other guys, right? You're there and you find this. You you you, you make fun of it, right? You pretend that it's a jolly old time. Then no, they, no, then, no. then you all say, "Hey, isn't it time we get home?" You yui back there and find a glade where you can be by yourself, hoping that no satyrs show up. You there. see that? I'm rolling it up and putting, like, tucking it in my back of my well, pants and going home. The thing I can remember, the, the stash we had, it, it was, and it was a real glossy thing. It was really high quality, and there were different <laughs> stories in it, but they were like picture books. It was right online with me. The one was Reading called the, It was called the pubic picnic. It was. And it was a naked Gross. lady on a, you know, a, a towel, a towel, like a blanket. And all these guys. What are those things? things? You keep it warm in the night? All a these towel. guys are doing. I'm sitting there. I'm like, who brings cucumbers to a picnic? Oh, that's why. But it said the pubic picnic. She was glad they all didn't come too soon. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I still remember that. I, thought I, that I imagine you had no idea what that meant. No, I, I actually said, what? What is they usually not on time? Are you worried about the devil eggs going I'm too like, fast? I'm like, really? Well, when were you doing this? Usually picnics like this is at noon. What are you saying? They didn't come too soon. Holy moly. And what are they doing with that egg sound? I don't even know why we're talking about this, but I remember I don't know why finding either. that. And uh, yeah, porn. That's all I wanted to say. I forget it was something about something. This is what happens by the end of this guardian deal. It's nonsense. Porn. Ah, uh, but with all of that, what would you give this? I ended up giving it a seven out of ten. I really like this issue of action comics and seeing Superman leaving, though it's like it's it's a weird situation where I actually felt harsher, like even though it was higher on my thing because I think it's a better book overall, Superman Son of Kal El. I felt harsher about that book about be us doing that again just because I happen to read action comics where we say goodbye to Superman and then we say goodbye to Superman and for some reason because of how I read that, now it's Superman Son of Kal El's fault that we're doing it again over there. But I like this issue despite having the stupid backup, which means nothing to it. I don't know why. They, the DC, I guess, just wants to keep charging an extra dollar and move this over here, even though nobody cares about this. Or the Midnighter one that we had before, I just want to get to War World, and I like the setup that we have to do that. And now that we have all our ducks in a row, we can get there, and I think we can have a good time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 7 out of 10 as well. I hope that once this kicks in, it, it gets better and better. I remember what I was saying. The idea when you said, porn. like, I think that the porn deal and whatever, and when I was a kid, I would hear some things that they would. First off, I heard that if you decided that you like to pleasure yourself more than actually having sex, that you were maybe a serial killer. That really Fuck. worried me I love at cereal. that point. I mean, I'm really. Uh, the other thing was the idea, though, hey, you know, this porn, it ends up making people think that certain scenarios are okay to happen. I'm like, I thought, no, that's real. Then I'm watching it later as an adult. I'm like, yeah, I, I think that like every person who becomes a plumber, they're, they're trying to do something else. Like they, they really expect this shit would happen. It could cause trouble, Eric, is all I'm saying. Watch your P's and Q's when you're a plumber. You know, not everybody you likes you to lay pipe, right? 
Yeah, really. Yeah, make sure you spell it. This isn't a porno, pal. I really do have a link in my basement. He's like, oh, you just said code. All of a sudden, the zipper goes down. I really need oh, someone yeah. to clean my pipes. Yeah, really. Oh, no. You did it again, Eric. You did it again. Uh, but with all of uh, that, that's the end of this section of books. We're going to take a little break, come back with a couple more. Hey, everybody, as you know, football season is back and we're talking college and NFL football. And that means it's time to make some cash. BetDSI.com is the perfect place to make all that money because BetDSI has 10,000 plus betting options daily, plus live casino and daily fantasy options as well. With over 20 years of experience, BetDSI has the fastest payouts in all of the industry. And you know, that's what's real important, is getting your hands on the money. And if you're not into football, you can bet on the NBA, NHL, UFC, golf, even politics, reality TV, and eSports as well. Now, new members get a 100% bonus match with code DC100. So you can double your money and start winning Today, once again, go to betdsi.com and use promo code DC100 and get this limited time 100% bonus offer to make some extra cash on the sports you know and love. Use Bitcoin and get a 100% deposit bonus on your first two deposits up to $2,000. It's only a game until you bet it at BetDSI. The Wolfman. He got his first real comic, got it at a five and nine, ran it to his fingers bent, yeah, must have his life, him and some guys from school, they had a book and they tried real hard, Jake quit, Knuckles got married, got this was never gonna get far, when he looks back now. Ah, uh, yes, Eric, you read comics most of your life. Do you like the line he told her he'd marry or never? Like, hey, uh, Eric, are you going to marry me? I'll marry like you never. <laughs> you know what it makes me laugh about? It makes me laugh of the line in Just a Friend by Bismarck he, where he says he met a girl from the U.S. nation. Because he you know, the U.S. nation. He couldn't think of anything else to rhyme. Oh, my goodness. Here we are. And, yes, I just compared myself to Bismarck he. I, I shouldn't do that, Eric. But you should be dead, here. Too. Maybe. Maybe. Oh. He, he didn't take very good care of himself either. I always told you that the thing that always stuck with me. Is that in the that US video? Nation is what you is that you that told really? Me. That's my favorite thing. But the other thing, I think I told you this, is the idea that that just a friend video came on, and my one roommate in college would see this, and his name's Chip, and he starts yelling. That guy couldn't even wear a clean pair of jeans. He's got like mud and shit. That's how you know he's cool. He don't give no shits. (laughs) It made me laugh so much. I'm like, you're right. Those are pretty crappy. Maybe he walked in a puddle on the way to the set. I don't know. Ah, yes. Top 500 song, according to Rolling Stone magazine. Maybe it deserves to be there. I I think that it deserved to be there just as a tribute because the guy just died. I love Bismarck Keys. That is not a top 500 song of all time. That's a quirky little... You know, kind of a gimmick song, I would say, Eric. And that's going to be a segue into this section of books because 
with that, we're going to have two books in this section. Two books, one called Batman Superman. I don't know if you've heard of that one, Eric, and another called Robin, but we're going to start with Batman Superman. In my Superman. mind, it's the world's finest section and the Super Sun section, but because the badasses of the Get Fresh crew went and picked Superman and sent a Kal-El for the Patreon spot, we couldn't put that Superman book in this section to really round it out. That's why. And we have, uh, you know, a beginning with Detective and stuff, but with, this doesn't really tie into it does world's a little. Finest. It does a little, Super right? This, this has an A-Day mention in it. Sure does. Uh, but this is the last book. This is the finale. If you're not aware of this, Batman Superman had been canceled. This is it. Best issue and, of the run. Well, I mean, really, I'm the tallest guy in the circus, Eric, as, as they say, because the we didn't really. The tallest guy in the yeah, circus. Yep. I, I'm the stilt man. Yeah, no, I didn't want to offend people. Huh? No, I was trying you're to make the fun of myself. Guy in the circus. I got you're you. The tallest guy. With that, a there's circus re- of ants. There's re- what is this? this? There's really not a lot of circuses anymore. I, I don't know if you realize this, but we're in the middle of you know some sort of I haven't pandemic. Been to a circus in like 35 years. I was always sad at the circus. It always did look like the animals were like looking over with one tear going down their eye. They didn't seem very happy, and and. Nowadays, that was a your lot dad. Of, a lot of well, he, he was a hippo or an elephant. You can pick. Um, also, he was eating like one. And, and like, hey, why is that elephant eating the peanuts? Oh no, Shut that's up, Jim's son. dad eating a cheesesteak. Right, that so, cheese I don't know. He brought it with him. He was very resourceful when it came to eating. Uh, no, a lot of the you know Ringling bro- Ringling Brothers is that the Ringlings called? the Ringlings they um a lot of them got canceled and because they were you know kind of cruel to the animals. I used to go to the Shriners Circus and we you would go to like, school. We, we have a circus. It's apparently, I don't know how often it has been over the past couple of years, but we had an actual circus with like giraffes and shit showing yeah. up at our local farmers market. Yeah, I think that that's been canceled as well. Like, <laughs> if you're if you're worried about Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, I'm like we have. We have a shit fucking terrible freaking farmer's market over here, and you know they're not taking care of the mouse. Do you really think that that's sanctioned by anyone? I mean, the last time they you had it, about I... about the idea of being sad about these things? I'm like, I wouldn't even look at the freaking farmer's market when they had it there. I'm like, I don't want to know what's up with these animals. That and when they'd have that one wrestling. Uh, you, you don't make Didn't eye contact. That, that's a sad room. I don't want to yeah, go there. it either. is a sad room. But I, I think that one year... They ended up having that, and that circus was every year for a long time. I don't think they've had it for a while, but one of the years, the rhino got got free. Rhino. It was running down the What's street. What's a rhino Quaker Town for? It, it was a rhino. Sense. It was just going down, running down the street. I don't know, but Batman Superman, Eric, speaking of rhinos and gimmicks. Um, it's a yeah, Spider-Man villain. You end up where Gene Wenyang jumped on this book, took over for Joshua Williamson. When you ended up having Infinite Frontier, we thought that the book was just going to be canceled. All of a sudden, voila, it comes in. It was Turns always out a the weird books one. wasn't canceled, only circuses. Yeah, it was a weird one where you had Jin Wen Yang at the beginning kind of had us fooled, almost like a last ride type of thing where we're like, well, is, does this mean something? Is this bigger? You no. end up having the multiverse of film. Right? It meant- I called it the microfiche verse. Yeah, yeah, it was nothing. And um, by the end, some people really enjoyed it. It was gimmicky. It was quirky. It was, it's welcome. It was, yeah. And it was playing around with the, you know, with comics and if how it was they're four told. Issues and, and I wanted to play around two, with some gimmicks. It two. would have been fine. I would, and so you have this, and he's going with a gimmick as well. This is Mixoplex. You're going to have ten fun. times better. Well, it is number one because it's a one and done. You, you're in here. You're out. The gimmick doesn't get old. If you went and did this six issues of, oh man, look at that panel. Look and at agree, that panel. But even it this, would get really this, old. When you think about the gimmick issues that Gene Wan Young had leading, like you know, from this whole idea where 
we had this whole the micro versus film where he had film strips or the different you know universes burn holes, burn holes gonna like cigarette burns that you see on film where all the, the men holes, gather right the, the holes where the people go through the universes and go to other universes and I'm like we did this back and forth forever until it didn't make any goddamn sense anymore with this i think this is like this came to him while he was working on that this feels so thought out for the idea like yes mixel click comes in to make it work out that's not exactly all thought out but you need something to be the catalyst for this but the idea of Calendar Man is, and his obsession with the panels on the calendar that mark out the days in correlation with the panels a of a comic book. I'm like, I think, like, you know what? That is clever as hell, and I really appreciate what you're doing right now. It's okay. By the end, it is pretty much a fan service deal of, oh, man, you, you people read and you love your comics, and that's fine. That's a mix-up thing. And, and with that, it is kind of a nice little... Hey everybody, we'll see see you later, guys. See you, and then he, see you next he, time. He slams the door shut and whatnot. But uh overall it is it's a fun issue. It's see a fun one shot. Three. But again, if I went through this and you know, add a little pad and go and it's like, okay, to be continued, I don't know that I'd want to continue. This in its form, one shot in out, plays out really well. So I'm glad as the only thing finale. I could say to make it work out in my mind that I would want this to continue on and be an actual arc or even something like that or a mini arc or whatever is just how often do you get calendar man stories? Well, that is true. I'd have to check my calendar, Eric, and see. Oh, my calendar's empty, as always, just yes. like my, my little black book, Eric. I'm not, like, I'm not like Charlie Sheen. No, it's, it's non-existent. I, I'm pretty I sure up. Charlie Sheen has a cell phone. I think he's good now. He's got the big book. That was the joke. Yeah, it's a hey, film book. I'll pull it out. Yeah, really? Oh, my. No, it's just a – it's an IMDb oh, these are thing. Of, terms. It's an IMDb thing of all the porn stars in the world. But you end up with this. Batman, Superman, number Are they 22. on IMDb? Uh, yeah, they are, actually. I think I have I'm seen now. some. Yeah, you'll have to like, I feel like that would be a separate thing. I don't want to segregate porn stars from actual actresses, but you know what? I want to know. It's film, and you have those, you know, if Jean-Claude Van Damme could be for a, you know, straight-to-video, so can 21 Hump Street. Written by Gene Luan Yang, art by Paul Pelletier, Keith Champagne, Eric. That means he comes expensive, right? I've heard Champagne of beers. Champagne. Keith Champagne. Uh, Hi-Fi, who actually wanted me to tell you that it's Hi-Fi Escargot. With that, he wants to get in on it too. And Seda Tamafante, which auto quick the two. Said a Tamafant. Okay. Batman Superman ends with a little fun issue with Mixie giving Calendar Man the power to use the comic book panels. He is into his advantage. With sure, his magic bowler hat. Sure. It's, I, and I, I could almost get the idea you'd have an anthology, the bowler hat. And it's just everybody else like, Huh, what does this bowler hat do? Oh, I'm going to slice somebody in the panels. It just ends up the same thing. Sure, it's another gimmick for Yang to play with, but I uh, think these things work better as one-shots, and this felt more inspired, as you said. Overall, since Yang took over this book, it's been more of a curiosity than a must-read for me. Just like in circuses. And I'm my dad eating. Uh, they say, the I'm telling you, I'm like, look at the endless pit. I end up queuing up people. I got a hat on. Hey, um, a bowler so cap. with this, I don't think exactly. And then I look for the exit. Uh, I don't know that I'll ever go back to this. I, I don't think there'll be a time. everything that we have done in Batman Superman since this volume started, I think this is the only thing I would ever come well, back to. Well, now you're, you're saying that this is the tallest guy in the circus. It is. Because, yeah, I mean, the idea of saying, 
Well, that Thomas other stuff. Thomas Circus. Stop saying yeah. that. I just don't want to. I don't want to say the well, M word. Come up with right? another freaking okay. analogy. The, there are the tall. They're the stretchiest little mans. I see. It still doesn't work because why does it have to be men, Eric? I'm trying not to get cancer. The not idea, trying too hard. The idea of this, right, is that you know there is one or two issues since Brian Michael Bendis has come to DC. I'm sure we could find them somewhere. That were good. That doesn't mean because they're better than the other shitty ad that I'm going to go back to. Uh, I don't think I'll ever go back. At one point, I think that we'll mention, hey, remember that fun little calendar? Ba- like, calendar man will pop up somewhere in the background and you'll go, man, remember that calendar man, Jin Wen Yang? I'm like, well, that's the thing is right there, the idea that you can po- have calendar man pop up and say, hey, guys, remember this? Because one of the things is I'm pretty sure that when A Day happened, when we came back for the Infinite Frontier after Death Metal and we saw all this stuff going down, I'm pretty sure that Julian Day was one of the names that were released that were on the deceased list after A-Day. I'm like, oh, man, they killed Calendar Man. That's crazy. And now that we see that when, when A-Day was started, you know, Mixelplick went and, like, popped him out of reality, brought him to the fifth dimension, so he missed out on that. He pretty essentially kind of died. Mixie brought him back to life, gave him a magic bowler hat, and sent him back on his way. And it seems like it's almost, like, weeks later that he got sent back, too, for how, like, you know, a-Day seems to be in everybody's mind, and they know who died during A-Day, so I don't know the correlation of time that we have here, but we can go back because this is the moment where a calendar man was saved. Well, you have some timing. It has to be quick because, obviously, Superman hasn't left yet, right? And I think that well, Batman looks back. Place. When Batman looks back at this, he's this is why times. This is why he's leaving freaking Gotham at the end of all this. He's like, I get this place is nonsense. He, Calendar Man was dead. He shows up with a bowler hat. He's you were dead too, me. Superman. He's Shut punching up. me through panels. I'm saying Batman. Batman no, is leaving as well. Too. They're all leaving. Uh, and and if we find out later that Calendar Man isn't actually alive, what it won't bother me now. If you ended up having, and it shouldn't scar him because you end up having his arm, but then it's magically put back. But it'd be neat if we saw him later and he had a scar or something. But you end up where this is just a one shot. I don't know how much things are going to play with it or whatnot. still have one shot. Oh, yeah. I'm saying, though, I don't know that this actually means Calendar Man's back, isn't back. No, no. They it were totally gonna deal means the Calendar Man is alive and well. Yeah, I don't think it does. I think that if somebody ends up wanting to use anybody on that list, they're just going to use it. I don't think that people are going to stick with the list anyway, that this is the reason why. Well, that's what's going to happen. That's it's already happened. I don't know how you have any sort of, you know, loyalty to these writers that they think they're going to follow what everybody else does because they don't. Plus, it's an everything matters. This could be anything. But so the death matters then. Well, or it doesn't, because it also matters that they were alive at one point. So we'd have, to see. we'd have to see with this. Like I said, I guarantee you we could find that list, and we'll already find three people who are on that list that we've seen since, if we could find it. But you end up having Mixie come in for just this one shot. At one point he says he's going to actually look like the Everything Matters. He's showing the old costumes of Calendar Man. They're all and, in continuity. Uh, it's all good. And then he says, I'm going to get rid of your tattoo. I'm going to fix it. Nothing happens with it. He doesn't say he's going to get rid of it. He says, oh, I fixed your tattoo for you. But the thing is, I don't understand what he's talking about in this because he has the same, you know, you know, date tattoos. I mean, like, you know, month tattoos around his forehead like you've seen for a long time now. And but like before a day and after he saved that trade, they look exactly the same to me. I spent so many so much time going back and forth. I think that there might be something where they were supposed to do something with it. And then I started thinking, like, are you trying to tell me that now the monks are different? I said, like, no, the march is right in the middle of it like it always is. Yeah, I looked. I thought maybe there was some weird thing with it. But no, 
It's the same. And it's weird. I don't know. It was weird. So I don't but know. But not as weird as the reimagining of the, you know, Julian Day that we had in the New 52, where all of a sudden I think it was Batman beat the shit out of him in a bathroom for being a bad dad and forgetting his kid's birthday. And he's like, don't you ever forget the date again. I'll never forget the dates. I'll yeah, never forget the dates. That's why he was a bad guy. He was out was doing a like a, a deal. Again, that was one of those where they wanted everybody to get a new reimagining that was darker. That was darker. Batman beating the shit it's funny out of a man in a bar bathroom. You say that, and when he's sitting there thinking, like, oh man, what's up with your calendar? You give me, and it's kind of a funny way for calendar man Julian to tell you his origin. Like, okay, before I give you this power that I might give you, let me hear what you're all about. What is the man behind the calendar? And he's like, well, you know, people used to get my birthday. And, and I sat there, I'm like, Oh, okay. That's better than beating the again, like forgetting being a piece of shit then getting Batman beat up. gave him brain damage yeah, in a so men's right bathroom. There, I'll go with that. That changes. <laughs> if if anything else sticks, Don't I'm glad that we that get rid of that. Everything matters if that shit's in there. Yeah. Also, I'm telling you, when with the thing with the tattoo, it threw me off so much. And then, like an idiot, I'm telling you, this tattoo starts to play mind tricks with me. And I think it's almost like backwards word magic where I look where he throws the hat. Nixie's like, that's what I want. You're my boy. You love the little squares and we're in them. I'm going to show you this. Throws the hat and I'm like, Primusion. Oh my God. What? And I'm like, oh, I'm just April, May, June. <laughs> just not seeing it. I'm so idiotic. Uh, but he gets the bowler cap on. The magic bowler cap. And Mixie picked him because. He is obsessed with these little boxes and organization and how and things are laid that, out. But with the magic bowler cap, he, the idea that you are so obsessed with the panels on a calendar and how the, there's, they order everything in life, we are all made up of these panels. And I'm even going to help you. This magic bowler cap will not only allow you to see what's coming and going, where you've been and where you will go. I'm even going to label these. So when the one point when you first see it, when you have 16, 17, the label of the freaking panels, they look just like a calendar. I'm like, this, I'm like, he is coming in his pants right now, Calendar Man. Oh, yeah. And with that, too, it's kind of a funny I play. Did it. Even like Golden Age, where they would number the panels. Oh, yeah. Now, they were usually in the lower right yeah. hand thing. But I always thought that that was pretty fun. Uh but with that, I really thought that what this was going to lead to at some point, I thought that Calendar Man was going to save himself or maybe even Batman Superman or something where you would get one of those like, oh, here we go with the wonky pen. Like you can't follow the progression, like make fun of that idea where sometimes in comics it, and that he'd be able to boom, get some. OK, Batman Superman, we have to go here first, then down there. They don't do that. And in fact, the way that Gene Luan Yang plays this out and Paul Pelletier pretty standard you know to, to a degree I, I actually think the one page like calendar man is taking out you know firefly the monarch of menace and kite man and on the right hand side you have superman and batman at the hall of justice i actually found that a weird like a panel layout that like you know calendar man's looking in on as we're going down different panels i mean the panel layout's not that crazy only because he's looking to the next page is kind of the weird deal with it and he's like playing that's around the only with instance it, but... i thought it was kind of odd though the panel yeah, layout. but even then the panel layout legitimately without calendar man there is what a, a four it panel layout on the one side and a four on the other but yeah he jumps to it to get to there which is pretty cool but yeah you can see the panels and he ends up where mixie's like 
Yeah, you can see the future, the past. It's all we're in the comic book. This That's is the problem a weird with reality. It, he can see the future. He can see the past. He knows what's coming by looking, you know, outside the panel itself and knowing what's going to be coming down the line to the point where he even just finds out that Bruce Wayne is Batman because he gets to look down the panels and see Bruce behind the back computer in one of his micro caves, which I'm like, this is amazing. Like out of nowhere, Julian Day knows the identity now, of Bruce Wayne. He's and, know. and he's so great that the first thing he does, he runs his ass to other villains to try to tell them, but those fucking assholes won't believe him. Like, you did it, Julian, and they won't believe you. But this whole thing is like, I, I he th- while he can see to the future, though, that doesn't mean he can change the future. Because if he can see it ahead of him, it's already going to happen no matter what. Everything in comic books is going to be faded for him, and he knows when shit's going to go wrong. Yeah. And it's funny he as he tries nothing. to adjust to that. Even when he's like looking backwards, he's like, okay, is there anything back I can use? Okay, I can do that. Hey, I, I hope that I get that secret prize that was promised to me in panel, panel 11 or whatever it was where he's going on. And he does end up seeing Bruce. And it's, you know, mentioned Bruce recognizes Batman, whatever. And then, like you said, he runs over to the Iceberg Lounge. Oh, my God. I know who Batman is. He's Bruce Wayne. Right away, Firefly's like, ah, they debunked that theory already on the Internet. Nobody (laughs) believes him. They think he's insane. Also, when he shows up, I like how these villains who it should be real hot item for them of, you know, the deal. Hey. Didn't you die in that thing in that thing? I'm like, are you trying to not to like not date it as much so people can read it later? Because you mentioned it earlier, but it is kind of funny. Calendar Man's there. At least he doesn't say Calendar Man yeah. walks into a bar and there's Kite Man, Firefly, and, and Monica of Menace. And all I could think to myself was, well, so much for that second chance of Firefly in the Catwoman yeah, book. Firefly's just there. He's, eh, he's just getting it. Well, that's the thing. It's, we're not saying that he's doing anything bad. He's just going to a, like a skeezy bar, yeah. or a nice skeezy a bar with nice a bunch of low-down like, old friends that just happen to be scumbags. Yeah, being served by a bartender dressed as a penguin. Probably. Just I, I don't care how there. freaking well this bar is. Like, you know, the establishment of the Iceberg Lounge is. I'm not going to a bar and taking it seriously if there's a man behind there who has a freaking stuffed penguin suit on. Yeah, he's like, hey, get out of the Looks penguin suit. Looks like a mascot suit. at Disney World. Yeah, really, he's just there. And and the poor guy, the head is like in the neck. It's like I swear he'd bend down and that beak would poke my eye out. Yeah, it'd be the worst. No, that's how you stir the drinks. And, and so they end up in where they're all laughing. <laughs> the most demeaning job ever. Yeah, even before that, you end up getting the gimmick of the panels where – you know, yeah, Calendarman is trying to get his bearings. He ends up waking up in an alley and he looks up and there's two jokers. I mean, they, they look like yeah, guys you say from the they're Joker two jokers. Gang. To me, they looked like two members of the jury that we saw before. Yeah, I think Detective they're more Comics. jokers. Well, he calls them clowns. The deal. Yeah, so they end well, up. Do you remember you know, those people that we saw yeah. that were never named in the Detective Comics when the Penguin and Mr. Worth were putting the jury together? Those weren't the guys, the Penguins guys, though, that were going around that no, looked like Bane Leto's those. that were checking out if, if lampposts were, were freaking suspicious. Suspicious, yeah. I like, though, where he goes and, and he misses the guy with one of the worst weapons I've ever seen. That that one bit of log with That's the broken bit of wood bent some nails. nails. That shit cuts me all the time at work. Yeah, but I'm saying the idea of these nails, like, you can make it a little fancier. But he ends up missing, but then hitting the guys below in the panel. And that's pretty cool that's for him awesome. to realize, oh, my God. It's real. He I can swings do it. and a misses, but goes down through the panel and hits them for the next round. I'm like, yeah, that's great. I like that. You're omnipotent now. You can do anything. And he says, I'm invincible. All that. Not really, but we'll see. He oh. ends up, then he sees Bruce, you know, oh, and then that's what sets us all in motion and then starts fighting, you know, these guys and using that manipulation of the panels. He, he ends up legitimately getting 
a wine bottle, breaking it, and then swipes down from the lower deal. And I thought they were all blinded for one. Well, when, but- when you break a bottle and then you slash across the eyes of Kite Man, Firefly, and the Monarch of Menace, and they're like, and I swore because in my mind, the way this bottle is and how he swipes across their faces like that. I don't care if it's wine inside there because it's a wine bottle and you have, you know, red wine, purple wine, whatever. It looks like, you know, grape jelly to me, but I, they should be bleeding profusely in my mind. And when they're laying there and they have all this orange, I mean, orange, purple around them, I'm like, why is there blood purple deep stuff. purple? <laughs> I know. But I no, like the it's idea. Just wine. They're fine. I, I think that what uh, Kite Man said, what the wine is. Ah, oh, my eyes. That's his wine. There, if you get it. And he ends up where no. you have Kellerman. He was whining that his eyes were hurt. He ends up He's where. He's like, look around. The leaves up. are brown. And it's I'm like, like, I can't the, look around when you cut my eyes out. That's like the big wine. When are we going to go to Florida? That was an old joke when I was a young kid. Uh, the idea that then he gets to see through the panel. And even actually, it looks like across a full out page to make it a spread page where he jumps over to the Hall of Justice to end up seeing. Batman and Superman because he thinks that he's invincible. I mean, he thinks that he can take them on now because really, of what he, he has can a magic do. bowler cap where he can see the future, manipulate the future, and then on pa- panel seventy-seven, Mixie gives him another gift where he gets a red magic marker, a magic marker. Let's say, remember, it's a magic marker where he can X things out on the panel that then disappear and then be manipulated that way. But even with these magical items that Calendar Man now possesses, things turn bad when he goes up against the world's finest. Well, and when he first gets there, he does use the thing, and it, it really plays out like when Flash starts beating the crap out of somebody, and there's 80 Flashes going. And I just sat there, I'm like, okay, he's manipulating the panel. Yeah, but Superman is not going to be hurt whatsoever. Superman looks like he's getting the crap kicked out of him by Calendar Man. I don't care. At one point, it does look like possibly. That's, That's shock. It looks like at one point, I mean, I, I'll give Calendar Man a lot of props. It's one of the stupidest things we hate it in wrestling, both of us, is the clasp hand, like swipe punch that does nothing. And he's doing that, but it looks like it hits Superman. And also, let's, let's, let's just put this into a weird perspective of where we are right now. Superman's losing his power, so maybe a Julian Day could affect him. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. He's there. He's using the... the uh, Where's the Supermobile? Well, he... Yeah, really. Uh, he is using his uh, frost breath, Eric, his freeze breath, and uses it on himself, which is hilarious. Because while that's going on, Julian pushes his head down. He's and so he goes surprised. Through the panels, the oh, frost so breath good. goes through the panels and freezes himself on the third panel down. Now, with that, he Amazing. He doesn't necessarily go through the panel. So why does this frost breath go down there, Eric? I'm finding a little bit of a continuity problem. It's fun. And and I like that <laughs> Batman who has no idea what? what's going on. And the funny thing is, is once Superman sees Julian with that bowler, he's like, yeah, because yeah, Batman, <laughs> Batman looks in, he ends up seeing that there's a big, and even Barbara Oracle's there. magic. There was a big magic, you know, deal. Okay, I think it might be Mexi. Once they see the bowler, Which is like funny Superman. Because I'm sure it's been discussed many times. I'm, I'm sure there is a definitive answer. But whenever I think of Mixoplex or Batmite and stuff like that, I don't think of it as magic. I think of it as just fifth dimensional like powers. Fifth dimensional it's deal, but that's but you how call they're it magic. It. But it's weird to me that yeah. I don't define it that way personally. Yeah. And so it is funny where I, I still get the idea, even with Batmite. Like Mixi's a little different. And even I'm, I give Gene Luen Yang props with saying Superman. Like, oh, he doesn't have him. Oh, mix of, oh, he's annoying, whatever. He's like, oh, he's a pretty bad, you know, fifth dimensional deal. This means something, so let's go. And I think that Batman's just like, 
Boy, this Mixoplex stuff is real bullshit. Even though he knows Batmite and whatnot, this well, is like upping the ante. It's seems. the worst part of the issue for me, but I can make it work just because I had fun with the issue and I don't want to like pry into it too much. But the idea that we need to get Mixoplex involved and then because of the clever idea of the panel play, Julian Day is the perfect one for that. I think it's a very clever idea. Yeah. But to get a Superman fifth dimensional villain to Gotham to pull out a Batman villain to say, here, have this magic stuff to go so get that Batman. They both and are by involved, the way, right? if you can... Please get Superman involved because, you know, Mixel Spitlick. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of the force deal, but it's Because Batmite wouldn't do this, well, but Mixie no. would. And that's why I like the idea that Batman's like, holy crap, yours is worse than mine. But it is kind of a weird deal because of that. You would almost expect by the end Batmite to show up. And luckily he doesn't because I think that that would be the cliche and stuff like that. But you end up having Julian get the prize, the magic marker, as you said. Which is a red marker that can be used It's pretty much the editor Remember when we made the joke oh, yeah. that we were going to make the whole deal And Batman throws a batarang Julian crosses it out, it disappears Well, then he starts getting He has to pay attention This is like Jackson In Bloodsport He could have won, Eric And he ends up you know, jumping around And waving to the crowd and stuff You have to keep your eye on the prize And he ends up looking, oh man, what happened to my arm He ends up seeing something happen to his arm and Batman and Superman, he says they're kind to him, whatever, but they were. he ends up, he ends up yeah, cauterizing the wound. I don't know me looking into a future panel of Superman using his heat vision to cauterize my and stump watching of an Batman arm. Batman take his cape off to make sure he's all right and doing Even all these then, different things. I don't know that that would really say that they're being kind to me. I would think, oh my God, Superman burned off my arm and now Batman is, is taking me down and I'm going back to jail. But he does say, oh, they're being kind. Oh, my God. And he ends up getting the marker knocked out of his hand. It goes down to the panel below and just takes off his arm. And it looks like a rib I really right? thought at this point in time that we were going to have a one-armed ca- calendar man going forward. Almost like when Tom King had Amygdala's arm cut off. We haven't seen Amygdala since, but I have to assume that his arm would still be cut off unless we're dealing with, you know, the reinvention of the Omniverse, you know, yeah. remaking people, things and everything. People okay don't play. Again. People don't play much with Tom King stuff, so we'd have to see. But yeah, he ends up where he gets his arm cut off, and then Batman and Superman help him. He doesn't bleed out. He is actually, oh my God, why did you help me? I mean, I was doing this, and like, that's what we do. And Superman burns the bowler. He takes the cap off. Poor, poor Calvin. Too much power for one man to have. He takes it off and burns it. And then you end up having Mixie's all, you know, ticked off. He's pissed, and he ends up where... I like where you have Calendar Man who's sitting there like, okay, I'm, I'm missing an arm, but boy, I know a secret. Somebody's going to believe me. Batman, Bruce Wayne, and Mixie just goes in and crosses Takes it out. Marker, with marker. Crosses it out. He's like, what was I thinking about? Oh, my God, I have my arm back. Because Mixie's hey, just like, hey, I'm going to fix it. Boom. And so he does that. So all of the toys back in the toy Man, box to go on. Nice. And then Mixoplick pretty much starts berating us, the reader. It's the worst story. It's like, because I, I even said to you, how often are we going to have a calendar man story? And he's going to go back to jail after this. I don't think he's going to have time added because, you know, I, maybe no, he will. I don't because think he, so. Well, either. he's an insane, in the same asylum. He was teleported magically for by a, well, I say magically, even though I don't like it, but he was teleported magically by a fifth dimensional imp and taken away and then put back. And I'm like, I don't know how you do any of this, but. He's back now, but I know that if he just stays in his cell like he has been for the longest time now, from what he told me, how many days he's checking off, he has 11 and a half years left yeah, still. Yeah, he has 11 and a half again. years. I don't think they would add anything, too, because really, he ends up fighting some some clowns, 
I mean, could you say that he broke into the Hall of Justice, maybe? I don't think yeah. Batman and Superman are going to say anything about no. that. No, well, also, that would be the deal of, you know, you don't want things on the record anyway. So you're like, yeah, we're going to let that go. And I don't know. Do you think the villains, you know, Firefly are going to press charges? I think that they'd be even like the idea, and you know. Hunter among things. I'm not telling Plus, anybody I, the calendar I, man And that's the problem. Me. Yeah, and also second chances, Eric. You, you get them all over the place. But yeah, makes you think start- this is the point though, where like Firefly walks out of the bar. He's like, "Man, <laughs> I've been a real shit here lately. I'm yeah. gonna change things." This is Who's actually this is actually an eye opener. He's like, "I'm gonna get out of here. Let me go over to Alley Town." Uh, Mixelplick just starts yelling. It's the real oh, eye opener. He can't yeah. even have eyes anymore. Yeah, really. It's the eye closer, the eye goner. Mixelplick is like, oh, it's all your guys' fault. You've been reading these things since 1938, and you always like it. And it always How sounds do you like think this. I am, Mixie. Yeah, I mean, really, even almost all your life, that started in 43, Eric. And you end up where then he's like, you all love to see the heroes win. And I just and thought I to myself again, I thought, well, I guess Mixie has never read a Tom King book, Eric. I, I don't know, right? Well, he's luckier for it in my mind. He is. He is. But yeah, there you go. And it says the adventures of Batman Superman continue in the Batman Superman Authority special coming soon. So we'll see what that's all you about. You know what? I didn't even read that. The Batman Superman Authority special coming soon. I'm like, Sounds like nonsense, right? Well, shit. Okay. I'll, I'll take it because I have been enjoying the Superman and the Authority so far. You put in Batman in the mix. I want to know what you're doing. Yeah, I just think it's just going to be an anthology with a bunch of the characters and just thrown out there just to get a book. But uh, And also, really, I as far as we know, they're sitting on a pile of that Authority stuff with Grant Morrison, and maybe they'll just grab something out of there and make some one-shots and things. I don't know how it works, but we'll see. We'll see what the whole thing with that is. But what would you give this? Oh, I'd give this an 8 out of 10. I think the art's really yeah. good in this. I like the idea of using Mixelplick for the final lay of villain and stuff like that, because you don't get to see him except for weird over-the-top things where when Michael W. Conrad uses him really out of, out of place for his fucking Wonder Woman story. But I like this bit here. I like the cleverness of the story. It's just... The way that we get here, he seems a little forced, but by the end, I had enough fun to say, you know, it really doesn't matter. Wonder might. Uh, yeah, I'm giving no, it an no, eight Wonder as well. Yeah, I'm giving it a eight out of ten as well. I had fun with it. And oh, no, no, it just, was Wonder might yeah, because he yeah. changed it and yeah, said later on, like, oh, it's just because of Wonder Todd. I'm like, that yeah. didn't make any sense. Now it's all confusing in your your head. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought that it was a clever way to get Calendar Man in, like you said. Yeah, it's some fun. Then get out. I really actually appreciate it being a one shot. More than maybe I should, just because the gimmicky nature of this whole run so far, once we get into Infinite Frontier, it just was a bit of a slog by the end. And this doesn't overstay its welcome at all. It's real fun. And at the end, you get to have a little fan service of, you know, fourth wall breaking meta stuff of, yeah, you've been reading since 38. You like that? But it's it's nice to How have. How dare you, like, Mixie? He, he's pissed at us because we love the and heroes. I'm That's a cool thing. Yeah, so. I did like it. See you in 90 uh, days, Mixie. Yeah, I'm really. Yeah, really. He's gone. Oh, uh, what is next, then? Next up, we have Robin number six, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Gleb Melnikoff, Luis Guerrero, and Troy Pateri. The League of Lazarus's Bloodsport Death Tournament has begun, and somehow it's boring as hell since Joshua Williamson didn't get us to care about any of the characters outside of Flatline, Ravager, Connor, Hawk, and Damien, and thankfully, they keep things at, a, at least interesting as Damien continues to try to uncover what Mother Soul is up to. Yeah, uh, you know, R.I.P. Raptor. I mean, how long is it going to take for that guy to come back? Well, I, he's again, dead we like said seven that. times now. I even sit on the Patreon spotlight this week. Hopefully this means that Raptor is finally dead. But this is the thing is, you get to come back because this is only the second death out of three. 
But hopefully he keeps going and gets killed finally because he should be dead. No, I guess he doesn't continue. I, I think that they're out now. The only people like Tim who are- Seeley, who created the character, I didn't like the character. At least he wrote a decent ending for the character who finally died. And people keep using him now and taking him down even further. Like, he, he was a shitty character. You keep bringing him back for some reason. He had a good ending. Well, they keep bringing him back because he is cannon fodder in these things. Nobody cares. And Like, somehow yeah. he resurrected Deathstroke with his freaking leprosy. Yeah, he did. That's the cra- one of the craziest things I've Even ever in seen death, in my don't life. Don't touch anybody, Raptor. He just put that in the... He resurrected Deathstroke with leprosy. That is straight up. That's what happened. All right. So there you go. But in this, you end up having, you know, the semifinals, the quarterfinals, whatever. And we're going on now with our group. Is this the mainly. finals or is it just the beginning of the tournament? No, I mean, you, you already going with the idea that at that one point, it seems like they're spelling out that you only have eight left. So they have whittled down the deal. Oh, no, at this, this point, though, I'm saying here you have the to- the tournament finally begin where you have everybody fight and everybody who, like, gets killed. You're going to figure out at the end of that, like, all oh, the winners obviously move on. But if you are a loser, you're going to figure out if you're going to continue on because if you die one more time, yeah, you're dead for good. I think they're gone. I think all of them are leaving. The way that this is spelled out, they spell out the tournament. But at the point where it, they end up almost making up the, the semifinals of saying, okay, we have eight left. One of you will be a mortal fight as if everybody just bailed. And I think that, you know, Joshua Williamson's trying to play that deal where they all just chickened out and left. And it's weird because we have spent all these issues to get through the tournament. The tournament, which never really had real solid rules. We had the whole deal. Hey, everybody's got to die before we go. And we go that. But I'm saying bleeding into it, it kept getting a weird like change. Everybody has to die first. Then we go in. And then when we finally get to the fight, you don't barely, I mean, you have to pay attention to even figure out who fought who. This was supposed to be the big thing. Why did you wait till issue six and do this? Why couldn't we have had that at issue four and have a cool tournament? Have at least one issue where we go through the tournament. You just get a spread page here of people. You know what? That's the thing. As I'm looking at it now, for some reason, in my mind, like, you know, we're continuing on with the tournament. But you are right. There's only eight contestants left. And whoever wins this will become immortal through the League of Lasters and stuff like that. But... It's just such, like, the, the idea where you have all these characters, like, you know, the really spelled out one, the really spelled out ones, you know, they get to continue on, like, double XL and the drenched, you know, and respawn. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like that meta thing, like, a fourth, like, the only ones oh, we're going to go is the ones that we kind of have a backstory. Like, it's so, it, it's so generic and cliche. And when you get it, like, I wanted this, everybody said, oh, my God, Damien in a fighting tournament, that sounds awesome. Like, and people are still loving it for some reason. Like, oh, my God, this tournament's awesome. What tournament? I mean, this is almost well, like I got barely. got a spread page with a few panels on there. There's your tournament, Jim. You shut no, your mouth. I mean, Enjoy just imagine. <laughs> this is basically like I am watching the, the red zone for a football Sunday, but barely paying attention. I mean, there's there's that Damien like jumping at somebody. There's the one. There, I see feet. And then over here, I, I mean, I'm telling you, some of these look like at one point, like somebody's going and maybe asking somebody for a date at the one point. You get the twins, twin fight, and they're just staring at each other. I'm like, what? What is going on with this? You know, and, and then, then there's Robin in this first, you know, round two with Robin versus, oh, I'm sorry, round one with Robin versus Blue Shrike, you know, the brother of Shrike. And then there's round two after he takes out Shrike and he has Robin versus Tengu, you know, the yeah, Japanese goblin. But- even with that, I love that idea where 
Robin, our main character, what you get from him against Shrike is you see him Blue Shrike. Yeah, Blue Shrike. You see him leaping at a shoulder in the in the spread page, and then you go and you see him hitting him with something. <laughs> I wanna blast. think that's one of those things where he snaps his like his neck right there with one of those really quick Bruce Lee punches. And then the sun rises. Right? That's good. I mean the and people were talking in the slack, the idea where and I hadn't read it yet. And they're talking, oh, my God, the choreography of the fights. It's not that great. Awful. I'm like, was it a fight? I, at, at one point, I think half of them, they're standing in line at the grocery store. I can't even make out what's happening on some of these panels. It almost is as goofy as when we had that laugh with Batman the detective. Hey, look at that little guy. It's a newsy guy. And look at that. I'm like, looking here, I'm like, okay, <laughs> that guy's getting punched by something. Uh, the one where you have at the lower left with the uh-oh. Yeah. Well, what's going on there? And I'm I, telling I, you, I, I don't know what's going on I, because as I, I even looked at him, like, is that Eddie Fires? That's what I'm saying. I look like he's smoking it up. He, uh-oh. And uh, what is coming at him? The blob with a belt? I, I have no idea. Because you what, don't some... know any of the contestants for so, the most part. No, unless and you that's really paid problem. attention during that time they were hanging out on the one side of the island, maybe in the background yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And, and like, even when they bring up the character, the drenched, like he's one of the finals. I'm like, who the fuck is that? I, I see the snow miser here. And he's, you know, I, I, there's things where you're sitting in there. I'm like, I, I don't know what the hell is going on. I think at one point they kept catch fire to uh, mud Nightwing. And then I'm going to here and I see it, really people who wouldn't even know. I just I don't know what's going on in this. And then you end up where. You know, it's funny, round two. It does kind of look like a Lady Clayface versus Black Swan there. Doesn't it? With like a Nightwing motif? Yeah. Right? Say, I don't know what yeah. that is because I, I don't, don't know either. any of the characters. I have no idea. But it does I, say Splorch. Yeah. <laughs> Splorch. <laughs> At one point, Connor is getting attacked by Maybe possibly. Maybe that's the drench, but it doesn't look like the drench. Maybe, so I don't it doesn't, know. right? And, and that they Splorch. had to have lost, right? So and the drench can. You end this up is only round one, though. I know, but most of these people who lost, they Not bailed. The it I mean, there's only like three rounds. It's, I don't know. You end up where I'm, I'm like, oh, no. I'm double XL and his weird entourage are going to continue on because I, I want after all this is said and done because I like the little family that Damien is critting outside of the Bath family with Flatline, you know, the psychic, the Lord Deathman, Ravager, and Connor Hawk. Connor Hawk's not doing a lot right now, but I expect big things out of him because it is the grand return of the character since he's been erased since the New 52 and stuff like that. I want them to continue on and be like a weird little faction of friends because I like their interactions together. I like their dynamic, even if it's not a lot going on right now. But this weird little, you know, pseudo young love romance between Robin and Flatline, I could dig this. I don't know why. It's like just the, the the great the sidekick of the greatest villain of the like the the Jiro Kawata Batman and freaking you know the son of Batman getting together. I'm like it's a weird idea, but I can dig it. Bella, he he ends up he punches what looks like a kind of a bro version of Matches Malone. I, I, I'm sitting and I'm oh no, Connor, watch out! You're getting attacked by possibly a knee and a a, a, a chain. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in these Damn fights. Right, a knee and a chain. Hey, look at that knee chain. What are you I, talking I'm about that? Even it. during when Robin takes on Tengu for the second yeah, round, and he because that's the second kicks, round. He kicks Tengu's sword into Tengu's face, and for some reason that looks like it kills him, but the only re- way to kill Tengu was to cut his head off, so I don't even understand how this counts. Yeah, he's just pissed. He's like, I'm out of here. He's got the sword there. That would actually, in a tournament like this or whatever, 
wouldn't that be even more evil than actually killing him, just maiming Shoving him a sword through, swords and, in the head. and now he's got to deal Take with that, that. Fuck out. Yeah, he's like, oh my god, I just call me Sword Face from now on. We're gonna get that. Name. We're gonna get that like runoff steal from before. Remember Boot Face? <laughs> That was Damien. What, what so, I'm saying though, what was that? Because it was like a Batman. It was like a Batman Revenge Squad, but yeah, like a Robin like Revenge Squad. It was a Robin Revenge Squad, and the one guy was Bootface. That was like the, the first print. issue of Tomasi's Batman Robin that was, Run. I think that was awesome. I love that. Well, you one end guy up, had a battery sticking out of his head. Yeah, just out of his head. He talked weird. <laughs> <laughs> you end up where I love where. You end up round two, Robin versus Tengu. Legitimately, I, I will go through. I'm going to do the play-by-play. Uh, Tengu jumps at Robin. He swings. Robin ducks, jumps back, kicks something, and the sword ends up where it's for, horizontal for, to then go fully out and go through it. For some reason, I'm telling you, the way you started describing that, it was like the baseball. I'm like, stop right That's now. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. I got to move right I, now. I, I wanted to will do it. love me forever? Holy cow. Tengu's <laughs> coming up. He says, a kiss to remember me by. Oh, no, I don't know if Damien kicks him or he slips on his own blood. But he ends up with a sword right through the face. That's going to leave a mark. There you go. Home and, run. And then there's Robin just like, next, as he better go get a hepatitis tester. Yeah, he's he's got blood all over that. And But even that makes no sense. <laughs> like Even the progression, it's so terrible. But I guess you just sit there. And Nobody this cares is, about Tango well, whether it makes this sense This is or not. the problem. That's my big point where we have been waiting for this tournament. And then you get this reminds me again, this is from our manga podcast. And I said beforehand, we ended up having something and you'll love the name nine dragon balls parade. I, I just, you know, yeah, let yeah. that sink in. Yeah, I'd that love something a, like that, wouldn't that, I? That was a baseball manga. And all of it was like this. Hey, we got to get to this tournament. We got to gather a team. We got to get to the tournament. They got to the tournament and then you got spread pages or somebody going, man, that was a tough seven, six win. Why are we doing that here? Well, the that thing was is, because you know, that you know was going to be funny. canceled. We say this. We're making fun of the idea that we've been building up to the tournament and the tournament ain't shit. We're kind of physical. But imagine if, like, in Bloodsport, if we spent the entire movie going round from round and didn't have a montage. Damn right. That's why I love it. I mean, we, went, we had a montage just like this. And we, we love that. We spent. You know, full time. Remember that one point when you, you don't have, you have very colorful characters in Bloodsport. And oh here. my God. There's the kid who jumps up on the trees and he's hitting the coconuts, right? And then he's trying, to, him. he's trying to do it in the thing. But remember in the middle where all of a sudden you got those two martial artists that were basically face to face and they kept doing roundhouse kicks and missing each other. For and some it was reason like a in dance. my mind, that was Ken and Ryu or <laughs> Ryu for was, everybody else out there. But I'm telling you, that was bullshit. You're sitting there and like, what was the sumo guy? Was he tired at this point? Get that, get these assholes out of here. And this is what this whole thing to me is. And, in my mind, Joshua Williamson never cared about the tournament. He never get. It's all about Dane finding out about Mother's Soul and getting that book, figuring out what's going on, and in my mind, resurrecting Alfred by the end and getting the hell out. I think that this book will probably end earlier than we, we think, and I think that that's the main goal, and he is now going to, because he likes to meander. He did up until this point. And now I just think we're going to be like, okay, tournament really doesn't mean anything while we get that. You, you have it with the book at the end and who Mother's Soul is. I, I kind of wanted a little. You needed to pace this better so we can get at least what we were promised with the tournament. And even some people are thinking, like, what is Damien going to do? At some point, you may come to the point where you're going to have to kill somebody. I mean, legitimately kill them. 
Will Damien be able to do that? Will that be something that will affect him later? I've seen him I, do it I a bunch know. of times. I know, but this seems like he's, you know, trying to be better. I, I don't he? know. Well, he is. He's but never he isn't. really addressed him killing Brother Blood at all. Well, like, because <laughs> a lot of people thought that was bullshit. So I think that, remember, the whole deal with 5G. That was 5G setup. That's been said that him killing and ripping the no more Robin, boom. That was because 5G was the main villain. He was going to be this evil overlord, almost like a Batman 666 in in a little bit less time. And he was going to go do that. And then that's canceled. So he's kind of left with his cock in his hand thinking, like, what am I doing? So in this every yeah, it seems like we're back to the year of the blood. This is what that is in my mind. And also try to bring. Look, I, I don't care back. how much I didn't care for this issue. This is already ten times better than the Year of Blood Robin oh, issue many. You realize that if you go and look at that now and I know, talk people to love people, it. people love it. I know. I don't that get was, it. It wasn't great. And I'm we're just saying they like fans Goliath. at that point. Yeah, I like Goliath too. Uh, nobody, all that stuff. But uh, with that, you end up. Finally, you know, hey, screw you this a, tournament stuff. You, you also you know? get a bit of backstory on Flatline and her, like, you well, know, being sought out by the guy and giving I guidance said. to the Lord Deathman situation. It doesn't exactly work out. It's like, all my life I was drawn to death, being born with the power to absorb the skills of people. As they die, it might have had something to do with it. I'm like, here she's just a little girl where she just looks like, you know, kind of just dark looking. But, like, but my family didn't understand what I was going through. Thought I was broken. I'm like... I don't think anybody understood because you're a little girl and you say you have that you're drawn to death, but you don't know how, like out of nowhere, how do you know that your powers are, you absorb the power of people who are at the edge of death? You know, how do you know that? Where does that come in? I want to see that moment. You discover that. And Lord Deathman's all like, ooh. You, you didn't see that. Uh, I ended up uh, writing this, Eric. She was playing chess against her father and he was a, a chess master. And then when she, he won, she sliced his throat, and now she's a chess master. She realized it. That's Eric, the thing. Uh, is now that you say it like you that, he's, she's, like, she's that. like Silas from Heroes. Yeah, yeah. And remember, you were you were hoping that it was going to be more of the mind. This. Yeah, yeah. It was going to be more of the mind. And and what's funny? The funniest thing, and I will I will send you a thing later for it. But the funniest thing is she legitimately is wearing. The leather jacket that Axel Rose wore around a lot. That skeleton jacket, pretty cool, right? He's pretty and, cool. Yeah, he had one like that that I saw this Maybe week. Maybe I should give me one like I've that. I've been into the guns We'll call you Bones. <laughs> hey, Bones. So the what's ladies up? call me. Hey there, Stretch. Um, yeah. So you end up getting that little bit. It's nice enough. I mean, it, it's, it's fine. Again, it's 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 a one page freaking like you know outline of you know her her flashback origin, which isn't much at all. But I enjoy these are the parts of the book. Like I said, the element that I love about Robin so far is like I said, these characters flatline who I didn't think I'd like anymore because she you know came out and murdered Robin right away. It was interesting. At least she stole his heart. There, this she did steal his heart, and we'll see that throughout the series. And I love that idea. But Ravager, Counter Hawk, Flatline, Damien. This is the core of the book I want to see. We could be sitting down on a bleacher, not doing a goddamn thing and just bullshitting. This is the most interesting part of the book, and this is what I'm here for right now. It's fine, and you end up getting that connection. Like, hey, I, I found your manga. Here you go. I'm not really allowed to read manga because Lord Deathman has a, a thing against it. Which it's is because funny because he's he created started, in a manga. He created in a manga, and I really think That's that so it's good. like he's afraid that she'll find that and see him getting <laughs> Do not the come crap across kicked out of him. Batman. Yeah, yeah, it's like getting the crap kicked out of him and stuff like that. So that's kind of a and funny And also, deal. it's really just fun to bring back Lord Deathman somehow, some way. 
Yeah, it is. It is. And it's funny, too, because a lot of people, the Lord Deathman, they know would be the Grant Morrison deal where he ended up bringing him back because of the idea that he was so goofy yeah. in that manga. And that you could even it's one of those things that Grant Morrison sometimes eludes us with what he thinks and whatnot. But when he ended up when I found out that was the deal, I'm like, that makes complete sense. Like they, they even went with the way he talked. Remember when I would show you that when I got that joke? <laughs> it was so over the top. It's so fun, though. Uh, but, yeah, you end up having. Him, you know, get them and you realize Flatline has, you know, at least nice And they are acting a little too nice For who's going to go So at points, I think Damien is already Like the way he's looking, like, thank you Like he's wondering, is this some mind games Or whatever, and I like the idea that it might not be I like the idea that Damien Will always think it is, and he doesn't want to trust people Oh, not only that, Jim, but when When Connor Hawk and Ravager show up And interrupt the thing, it's like, when you're done with Your makeout session, we compare notes, like Damien immediately, first time, it's not a makeout And it's like, stop right there, I'm like, you are such Kids, and I love it so much Yeah, and and this, it does, it almost Like, reminds me of the DCU Version, for some reason, a little less drugs involved, but like, Daisy Confused, or something Where, they're just these kids hanging Out, I just imagine, like, do you expect Connor Hawk or Respawn to come here and start paddling kids because they're freshmen? Damn right. Bannon. You end up where no all, all, nice all of a sudden uh, Mo- Mother, Mother Soul comes out. I almost said Mother Soul again, but Mother Soul comes out and is like, hey, I have this contract here. You ain't allowed to do the drugs. I'm going to rip it up. You do that, Pink Floyd! <laughs> I like that movie. <laughs> and then all, oh, of sudden, all of a sudden, you got Raptor in the back. It's like, hey, you going to die today? No, I don't put on. Be cool if you did. Be cool if you did. And then out of nowhere, Parker Posey shows up and he, come on, bitches! And she's squirting the Parker Posey. I hate her so much. <laughs> she's squirting the, the ketchup and the mustard around. I'm like, how are they going to get that out of their clothes? Go like bacon! I want to think that there I were kids that who watched so that much. young enough that they thought that's actually what high school was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, when you start off that movie and it's the car pulling in with Sweet Emotion going, one of the best intros to well, a movie. Well, that's because I it's one of the greatest it. songs of all time. That is, and it works out the way the song goes. And with that, you know, hey, and, and like everybody in this tournament, since you might die or whatever, you always stay the same age. I, I'm just going to try to make it work here, Eric. But yeah, <laughs> you end up... Let's <laughs> just or, talk about Daisy Confusing. we could just fun. go and say it's it's Breakfast Club, which it really is more like that, but <laughs> I want it to be Daisy. I'm telling you, the way that Ravager Look, and Connor they, they, show Breakfast up... Breakfast Club is too overused at this point. Let's go Daisy Confused. I'm telling you, when, when Ravager and Connor show up they they come in like they're so too cool for school uh it just makes me laugh well, and the I, older really, kids it almost exactly that's why it remind and it really did and you said it it really reminded me of, like you could have thrown in that deal hey damien you got a sword no be cool if you did i could see <laughs> connor saying that i really could see him saying that oh my god and uh ravagers mila jovanovich uh so with that uh yes. I know how to say it, but I now like that you did guys. that, I have no idea how I'm that's gonna pronounce I'm it. Saying, I don't know. Mila Jovovich. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't even know if that's right anymore. My Stupid. favorite was when she was, on, she was on Mary with Children. Ooh la la. You end up though with, you know, them talking again, but being friendly, a little more friendly, but then Connor steps in, he's like, I ain't even supposed to be here, you jerk. Uh, but he's no, here no. anyway because he sees, you know, they're going to be friends, Jim. We'll just start with it. Yeah. And I like but that Lee's idea. But then comes and he's like, y'all making friends? You're all a bunch of jerks. I'm going to kill you all in the tournament right now. And the whole idea is like, you know, why he's no more Mr. Here. Nice Guy. He comes in, right? <laughs> Swinging his chains about. You know, we're giving each other little notes on For the idea. For some reason, style. he has the paddle that says Soul Pole. I don't know how it works in this, Eric. But yeah. 
Uh, I I even like when he comes in, and, and you know he's Mister Tough Guy. He's I don't there. I like the chains. idea of respawn just because he kids is, like chains. I hear. I'm, not, I'm saying he is a '90s you know throwback. He looks like Spawn, Deathstroke, Deadpool, mm. all of these characters all thrown together, especially with the chains and stuff. It really you oh, know, yeah. throws in that Spawn aesthetic. But like just and even the name respawn. But like oh yeah yeah, he is just such a generic knockoff yeah, looking character that I can't take him seriously no matter what because there's nothing that really makes him inspired to me to think that like this is a, like a cool original character i i got somebody you. i should be worried about now if it was red tool mm, i like now, when you go is, you say red tool i'm like that'd be an amazing call out and i think that'd work cool. really well here he would have a, a, a he seriously look, he would have died who, in that spread page he's a guy who won a contest in the future was sent back in time yeah, and now awesome. is doing another contest to get immortality get back to his own time this, this writes itself. People, I want a Red Tool book. People should check out Red Tool. It was just such a goofy concept. Because, really again, I'm going to give Respawn a bunch of shit because he's a knockoff character. There's nothing inspired about it. Like, Red Tool was just Deadpool, and I loved it him. It was, but you played it out that way, so it worked. But, yeah, he ends up he where – He was supposed it, to be goofy, though. Yeah, he was. And he's like, hey, I think that all of you are just going to chicken out. When you, get, when you get your two deaths, you're going to all chicken out. You're not going to go for it. I'm going to go for it because that's how I am. I'm cool. I'm a cool dude. I mean, basically, he just comes in and says, none of you have the balls to do this, so screw you, I will win. Uh, again, I don't think though, he will, because the first match coming I don't up think is Robin will. versus Respawn. But he does think that. He he thinks this himself, but you end up, your life's rejects when the time comes. Uh, are you willing to kill your friends? Well, Damien's like, well, I fight you, so I don't have to worry about that, jerk. Uh, but yeah, the whole thing is trying to figure Which out. Which is funny because none soul, of them have to go is. against each other for this next round yeah. of stuff. Because you have uh, Robin versus Respawn, Hawk versus Double XL, Flatline versus the Drenched, and you have Black Swan versus Ravager. So like, then it's all just going to come down to them, all friends versus friends for who we're left with at that point. Now, Unless I something love, crazy happens where Flatline, Ravager, yeah. Hawk gets killed. Yeah, I like when you see this panel and they're going through the characters that have made it. You know, right. one of you eight will get it and. And you get flat. All you see is her holding a heart. <laughs> like, okay, that's her. I got her. That's uh, my but, girl. Yeah, really. And and it's just like I just there's a lack of rules, but also a lack of like boundaries here. I don't like a tournament where you just yell out fight, Die. and then everybody. It's it's just basically. <laughs> it's just, you don't even yell out fight. I mean, you just yell, but first set of you must and just. Die and what die is, a starter. Yeah, it's like the greasers and the socias here, Eric. They're just there at the fountain beating the not crap the out of each other. No, I, maybe. But you know what I mean? They're not even going to say, okay, round one for this fight. It is just a gang pile in which there, is, and it it's just kind of feels weird. At that point, because if you do it any other way, now it's just Mortal Kombat, which I've been saying all yeah, along. Yeah, but it's a tournament. This is more of just a crazy... And again, I mean, we say crazy. it's a tournament because that's what it's supposed to be. I really think that Mother Soul and the League of Lazarus they don't give a shit what's happening as long as people die because I think well, they're just collecting they souls for the Lazarus and resurrecting and the demon. this demon out of this they book of the like, demon the League of Assassins. Yeah, so even with that, though, I don't even like when you have those twins who at some point seemingly can fight as a team, but then they're against each other. It doesn't make no sense. There's no rules, but they're just out yeah, there fighting. Yeah, why multiplexing this bitch? And when you have this, I think that this might just be set up that, yeah, I guess you could if you wanted to. Oh, my God, Connor's in trouble. You can kind of help him. Or I don't know. What happens if, like, Flatline beats who Connor's? Because they're all right next to each other just fighting. And, uh, 
you know, you end up having gaming. That. I think mother's still like, oh, you're not supposed to do that, but oh well. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, what are you going to do after the fact? It's like, man, we really have to nail down oh, these rules, sucks. people. You know, we're, we're dealing more with Lazarus and writings. We got to get this shit down. But you end up having this fight. Damien really wants to get that. And it's a cool thing. And you realize, I mean, you could tell what he's up to right? when, playing the room and it's great yeah when he ends up getting knocked up to where mother, mother soul, soul is knocks the, the, knocks the book down and i guess mother soul is so aghast that she zoinks, he gets oh, in front oh my. and uh he is reading now the other thing that i never i guess you do remember because he's reading the and then i thought are they gonna play the idea that he does then get killed by respawn and then forgets the last five minutes that he was reading? But it does say in the end. I like you. Oh my god, Mother Soul really is, but that's impossible. And then it just says next who Mother Soul really is. I'm like, all right. Well you have, you know, like, even much though the I think the tournament coming. is kind of bullshit and the only thing that I really got out of this was my characters that I enjoy sitting around and talking where we can make days and confused references. No. The tournament's not anything because I don't care about no. any of the like competitors except that for that's these. That's what four. he's telling us anyway. I'm, exactly, I think he's but really it, it saying doesn't make it doesn't a compelling matter. story overall, especially since we've been spending all this time getting to it. I am coming back for next issue, whether we're doing this podcast or not, because I want to know who Mother Soul is. You ended on a high note. And because of I like these characters, I think the art's really great. I still gave this a 6.5 out of 10, even though I thought that the tournament was complete bullshit overall. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I, I mean, the tournament now, it's weird, though, because you were pushing it so much. And then it took so long to get there just to show that it really wasn't anything. And that that's weird. But like you said. If you weren't there for it in the first place, because really, it's a tournament where we really like, oh, my God, I, I have two to one on Raptor there. And you're like, you're I really just wanted to see more of Jericho to Batman. Cause I thought it was a crazy inclusion to that. Yeah. And, and with that, they never developed the characters that most of them got killed anyway. And that's kind of a shame. But you didn't have room anyway. And you get to this. And it's just my whole point is we have six issues that could have been four. I mean, that's not much, but it's just. Let's get, if you're not concerned with the tournament, then let's do something. I did like the interactions, and I'm starting to like these new characters. Flatline. Respawn, you love them. You know, uh, and, and, but, and even Connor, like not Flatline, necessarily like a Connor new character, back. but he's back. I need more of him, though. He's not doing anything. I mean, he's really riding the, the wave of, he's we're glad to have him back. He is, he's just sitting there. Ravager's dancing around like a moron. I, I, I like Ravager, too. But for I some reason, all I need it. now is somebody just to have a picture of Ravager going, looking like she's dancing right there <laughs> for a cool. quick Doing stop the with, with Connor just leaning against, you know, quick stuff there. You're just leaning there. He is kind of like the dude there, right? Uh, but yeah, overall, I didn't hate this issue. I just... Ah, the 90s. You, um, you, you almost just... I go through this issue, and at one point, I'm like, really? Like, that's the tournament? That sucks. But then I'm like, wait a minute. I kind of like these things going on. I'm not going to say there's reviews like this is the best Danian ever in this issue or whatnot. It's, all right. it's okay. It's, it's, I want to see it's where not, it goes. I like yeah. the idea that we can like, you know, he's being haunted by the guilt of Alfred Pennyworth and being the one who caused him death, at least in Damien's mind. I like all this. You don't get a lot of it. You get one panel here, which is great, where he actually comes off looking like a psychopath where he's talking to to uh, Flatline and Alfred talks about, shut up, Pennyworth. Hey, what would you say? <laughs> Nothing. I actually, I, I actually started getting weird ideas that she can also see the dead because she goes, hey, 
You're well, a little bit well, haunted. You say that. You say that. You? That's the thing is, she's killed Damien. I, I don't know. know what like power she's absorbed from the him. The power of love. The power of grief. I mean, it's so funny. Like, yeah, really, the power of being insane. I mean, when she says that, I mean, she says, hey, you're a little bit haunted. And that is bold. I mean, I'm not saying the phrase. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying like, the word. You're telling me. <laughs> the word the word is involved. Like, is you bold. Who comes up to somebody and says, wow, you're haunted. You're getting bold there, lady. No, like, you're, you're pretty little, edgy yourself. And I like just that. <laughs> you rip people's hearts out. You're bold. No, you're bold. Okay. But no, she's, <laughs> you're a little bit haunted, aren't you? So and then he, that's when he goes, what? So brave. And then she just kind of, eh, you hurt and gets away. So I think that she sees, wow, again, that's then saying that this is legitimately a ghost and not a just figment of his imagination, though. Yeah, maybe he it does, is. He does. Or maybe pop- that's all ghosts really are to us. Seems like, you know, places aren't haunted. People are haunted, Jim. I thought it was the phantasm. He's always going in a puff of smoke and a prayer. Yeah. And then already, he's off, right? Already freaking Albert Pennyworth more- of the mind has yeah. done more than phantasm. <laughs> yeah. Albert of the mind pops in, and at least we know it's kind of supernatural. That's the deal. You're a little on. Whoa, stop being so bold, bitch. That's all I need. <laughs> so good. Uh, but I do. I, we didn't even really go. To, I really I love actually. the tournament now. This is the greatest story I've <laughs> ever been told. Best, it's the best thing ever. Get Mixie in here with that freaking magic mark. The, the thing that I did like, though, when you went through it, which is when. You you do see play. Hey, you checking out the fights? Let me go. And yeah, it's kind of a pushed way to get the. But I didn't even mind that actually. The idea. Look at that black swan always doing the dances, and you know all that. And I I kind of like that. I I, I kind of like this more than I thought I did. Me too. And I don't want to be bold, Eric, but uh, we're I'm brave. Gonna, I'm gonna go. Yes, I'm gonna go. Jeez, it's weird. I'm going to a seven. Fuck it. I almost want to go to a seven five. Is what I'm, I'm contemplating. Um, I'm gonna. Just I still because. really like the Robin book, and for the twenty five door to die pull list, if it was still like if we're doing it tonight, it would still be on my pull list. Yeah, it'd probably be on mine as well. It, it but it's like that safe book. And I just that's found this to be a down issue. Joshua Williamson, and this week we ended up doing Deathstroke Inc. on the Patreon Spotlight, and that was another one. Like, is it mailed in or is it just playing it safe? And he's he's kind of doing both. It seems like this is a What's really. The thing play is, we have two deal. kind of like lame uh, parts of these issues that Joshua. You and I are having a great time talking about him, though. Yeah, that's the weird thing. Is boy, we had fun talking about that Deathstroke Inc. And then Not this one. issue. No, we're having our own fun. Fuck we these writers. <laughs> we're both. Where's my magic marker? <laughs> I need it. Oh my goodness. Where's Mixie? Uh but yeah, I. Again, the weirdest thing to end it. I'm a seven five, but I I don't know that I ever get to the point like the big cliff. Oh my god, Mother Souls! I'm not sitting there like, oh my god, I gotta find out. Eric, I really, I, in who my do you mind, think it is? We haven't really. I, I think do we it's think Damien's it's Talia. grandmother? Oh, grandmother. Okay, I thought it was. And just again, Talia. I'm trying to think about how that war works because I don't remember the continuity about who Talia's mother is and Might what be, happened though, to her. That would be cool. I don't remember what it happened, so I'm just saying this, and I could be. Totally wrong just because I don't remember, but just because here we are, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a breakaway thing from the League of Assassins, his own thing. Like, that's Damien's grandmother. Dun, dun, dun. Maybe, and then though. that's why Raish is hanging low, like in on that island. He wants to come back all smooth. He looked pretty good, right? So you, Yeah, I, he's I, living on island time. Damn right he is. Uh, but, yeah, I... I I liked having fun with it, so that gave it up. It's nothing Joshua Williamson did. That's just our fun. But 
it was fun to talk about. But with thank all you, of Daisy that, confused. yes, you yes, did thank really. you. <laughs> thank you. Nineties pop culture references. Yeah. You're, you're usually the real heroes. Usually we go eighties, but thank God we have progressed. We've we've grown, Eric. Yeah. We've actually we're, we're grown progressing now. to a freaking movie from the nineties about the seventies. Again, right in the middle, I end up throwing in Breakfast Club as well. So we got the eighties there as well. We got okay. it all. It's all we covered. got we got the dirtiest decade, the seventies. Also mentioned Aerosmith. So we got that. Yeah, we got uh, we got it all. Day glow 80s and grungy uh, heroin. I think, I think I tried to do a Bangles reference or at least a, like Simon and Garfunkel reference with Hazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I would go with more of a we'll, – we'll make that as the uh, – the what's it called? The uh, From Lesson Zero, I believe it was. Yeah. The recap deal or the one recap, the it cover. It was funny you I talk about Lesson Zero, the idea of like – I don't even know how many people know Lesson Zero anymore. But if you were – I say that. I'm Robert Downey Jr. had I'm a lot describe of problems something in that that's, movie. That's even more like a, like obscure to that because the thing is, when in my mind, when I have enough money, all I want to do is have the weirdest thing ever because I'm going to reference Lesson Zero, a movie with Robert Downey Jr. and freaking uh, um, what the hell is that? Michael um, the guy who the fuck is the guy from uh, Weekend at Bernie's? Uh, I, I know, I, I know. Can't know think you're freaking, no. Anyway, I'm trying to stay quiet. screwed and, up right now, but yeah. anyway, in the the song that the Bengals do for that movie in the video they have a bunch of old tube TVs stacked up and all but all around them as well and they're all playing scenes from Lesson Zero I'm like when I know I've made it I can have a room with all a bunch of tube TVs stacked up playing Lesson Zero clips that's when I know I've made it yeah, I actually, I, Andrew McCarthy. That and I get to hang out with Susanna Haas. That's also yeah. when I make it. Also, Jamie Gertz, and she's like a oh billionaire now. She married a bill. Uh, yeah, Andrew McCarthy. Is Andrew McCarthy, guy. that's it. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. really got into that role, I hear. Yeah. He really sent him For down the next a bad thing. For 20 years. Also, I believe OMD had a song on that. And it's funny when I say OMD, it sounds like a, like a hardcore band, but it is orchestral maneuvers in the dark is what I'm but they ended up having a song to live and die in LA that I think might have been in that but that I love I is that kind of like that. the concrete blonde still in LA song that I love no, no, no. Uh, nonsense it had a pretty good soundtrack I'm telling you I'm looking I'm it sorry, up now. still in Hollywood it's called not LA <laughs> I love this song I don't know the name of uh you have a song called rock and pneumonia and the boogie woogie flu Eric that is done the boogie by woogie flu. that is by Aerosmith you end up having uh, Poison doing a cover of Rock and Roll All Night by Kiss, right? LL Cool J's going to California. There's some good stuff there. Oh, my goodness. And I don't think the song that I thought was in it is even in it, Eric. But well, that's public, enemies, everybody. Crazy. public enemies bring the noise. So, yeah, uh, that's that. All right. Yes. And scene. But we're going to go Thank off you, now. You did we're going to go off now to, I believe, a little Michael G talking some Ruby and Justice League number six. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this month's installment of the Crossover Corner segment here on the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I am your host, Michael. I hope you all had a great month full of comic reading, video game playing, movie and TV watching, or whatever it is you choose to spend your free time doing. Uh, I myself am currently in the middle of watching Star Wars Visions, that new uh, Star Wars anime show, which is pretty interesting. I'm not ready to say I'm loving it just yet. But it's it's definitely different, which is is pretty cool to see happen in the Star Wars universe. You know, it's a it's a nice little grab bag of, of different stories. You know, one second you're watching a black and white uh, Ronin feudal Japan set duel between uh, two Sith lords, and the next episode you have Joseph Gordon-Levitt voicing the lead singer in a Star Wars punk rock band. So you know, wildly all over the place, but it's it's if nothing else, a fun watch. 
Uh, but without further ado, let's jump into the issue we are going to be discussing, which is Ruby Justice League issue number six, the uh, the penultimate issue in this miniseries. Uh, I, I love that word, penultimate. Yeah, it's, it sounds a lot more epic than it should for what it really means. Uh, but let's jump into the credits here. So Ruby Justice League issue number six, written by Margaret Bennett, pencils by Emanuela Lupacino, inker Wade Von Graubadger, colors Hi-Fi, letterer Gabriella Downey, and editor Andrew Marino. And as always, this issue collects two of the digital chapters that were uh, previously released. So we start off with chapter 11, The War of the Wills. Now, this is probably going to be a pretty short segment uh, because this issue is basically just one big battle scene. It's the big climactic battle between our heroes and Starro. And last issue, uh, they talked about the plan that they had come up with to uh, take out Starro. And we never heard what it was, but we get to see it in action here. And it starts off with using Diana as kind of the scout to go and initiate a confrontation with Starro. And because she is an automaton, they kind of figured, okay, well, maybe Starro won't be able to kind of sense her presence there since she's not really an organic being. Uh, and she can also survive walking at the bottom of the ocean where Starro is. I guess Arthur could have done that too, but, you know, he could have been taken over by Starro. So she goes in and just whips him with her lasso of truth. Uh, Starro wakes up going, what's going on? And then spots the decoys, which are Arthur and Blake, who lead him up to the surface, uh, running atop seahorses. And once they reach the surface, all the other heroes are waiting for them to basically just pile on a big attack and you have ruby scream team ruby team uh super best friend league attack and that's what they do and we got a few more uh key characters being used for different purposes here uh namely victor who's actually you know has a point this issue he's actually doing something uh which is basically use his cyborg powers to disable all the technology of the uh the uh reinforcements that starro calls in you know he calls forth all of his brainwashed minions be it human faunus or uh, Grim to attack, and Cyborg takes out their radar, takes out all their uh, vehicles, and that basically takes care of the human slash Vonis uh, component of the reinforcements. Uh, and then you have a very weird use of Ruby and Flash's powers. Now, okay, you have the Grim that are attacking them, and they decide to go underwater and use their super speed to like swim super fast and create heat to boil the water and I guess boil the Grim alive, which that's a pretty rough end, but I guess they're monsters, so it doesn't really matter. But this brings up an interesting point about their super speed power. So, you know, obviously the Flash could do that in, in the normal comics using the speed force. You know, he could use electricity, he could, uh, you know, heat things up. But the way that the super speed semblance has been described in this comic and also in the Ruby TV show I mean, we never really see Ruby use her super speed all that much in the in the main show. And when she does, it's basically just used as like a sprint that she does to like get up close to someone and attack them. So they never really flat out say that, you know, the, the, the speed causes heat that could be used to do what they're doing here. Uh, I, I guess it would, you know, if you cause enough friction. And, and just the fact that they're using super speed underwater, it's basically speed swimming. I, I guess that would make sense, too. I, I guess it all makes sense. It just, the way it's presented, it kind of seems weird. But maybe I am just not thinking outside the box enough like Margaret Bennett is here. I, that could very, very well be the case. But anyways, they use that their powers to boil the Grim alive. And you kind of uh, go off to kind of see what's happening all across the world. Uh, you have Professor Osborne who's kind of barricading the door to, to Beacon Academy because I guess people are trying to break in. 
and you have in the finest quarter uh, Jesse Quick and Nora Allen, who are also trying to uh, fend off an attack from Starro's brainwashed minions as he calls them to help. Um, and uh, after uh, basically the all the reinforcements are taken out, this chapter ends with uh, the, the big setup for a cool battle that we've been promised this entire series when the brainwashed Team Juniper comes in uh, at last minute to attack Team Ruby. And that leads into chapter 12, The Last Stand, where we get the battle between Team Juniper and Team Ruby, which is something that is very cool. You know, if you're someone who's watched the show, um, I can't quite remember if we got that in the show. Well, we got a, a, a battle between them, but it was like kind of like a, a stylized food fight, which is actually one of the better scenes in the show. I really like that. Uh, unfortunately, this battle is short-lived. Uh, it really only lasts two pages, but very well, well-drawn pages. Uh, the art is great here as you see them uh, using their weapons and everything to attack each other. Um, but by the end, Team Juniper gets the upper hand on Team Ruby, which at this point in the continuity, I guess would make sense because, uh, you know, Ruby is still pretty new. Although, you know, she, she was always a, a good fighter, even in the beginning of the show. Um, the, the big problem here is that at this point, I guess it's around season two-ish, uh, Jean on Team Juniper, part of his whole uh, character arc in the first two seasons is that he really kind of sucked as a fighter. And it's only by training with Pyrrha that he got better. Uh, but I guess Pyrrha, you know, she's one of the best fighters in the in the universe. So she kind of off balances that. And maybe Starro is giving them some extra, extra abilities uh, by brainwashing them. So the end result is that they disarm Team Ruby and back him into a corner. But Jessica comes in for the rescue and uh, creates a, a Green Lantern construct net to drag uh, Team Juniper away. But oh no, what happens next? Starro gets his hands on Jessica and brainwashes her. Uh, which, you know, maybe they should have planned for that happening. Like, okay, how can we stop our, you know, especially our most, arguably our most powerful ally from getting brainwashed? Uh, and we get a kind of a, an explanation for that a little bit later. But okay, so you have Jessica here. She's just been brainwashed by Starro. She's super powerful, you know, as they point out, oh man, she's one of our most powerful people, her and Clark, you know, if, if they get brainwashed, it's basically game over. So what does she do? What does, what's her big idea to, to, to help Starro and get rid of the heroes? Well, it's to create Green Lantern constructs of people from their lives to kind of, I guess, momentarily uh, distract them. Uh, because you have Ruby and Yang here and she shows them images of their moms, uh, Raven Bromwin and Summer Rose. And they must know that their mothers aren't actually there, and they're glowing green. So I'm not exactly sure. I, I guess it's just a mess with their minds. But, like, I don't get what the point is. It's, it's kind of a stupid thing for her to do. And then she goes on to show a couple of other people different things. Uh, the, the one that makes sense is she shows um, Blake a, a vision of Adam Taurus, which, you know, the way that he has affected her life, you know, the trauma that he's inflicted on her, that kind of makes sense. That would kind of throw her off. Um, and Weiss, she's, she sees her dad, which again, okay, that, that, that would kind of throw her off. Uh, Victor just sees a vision of when he exploded in space. Um, and you have Flash who sees, uh, his, uh, his mother and Jessica in trouble, which is actually happening. So that actually makes sense that it's something that's, that's really happening in the world. Uh, and we get a, uh, Bruce seeing a vision of his parents dying in whatever the remnant equivalent of Crime Alley is. So, you know, of course, we had to crowbar in uh, a flashback to Bruce's origin story. Why not? 
Um, and Diana comes in to, and Diana and Clark, I guess they don't really have that, that vision. So they come in to try and stop Jessica and Bruce tears himself away from his vision and goes to Clark and says, Hey, you know, we, we always had a, a fallback plan in case you or Jessica got, uh, got brainwashed. So I guess we're going to have to, we're going to have to do that plan. So they, uh, fly off to Atlas and hijack a shipment of dust weapons from, uh, Mr. Lloyd, who was a character we met a little earlier on in the series. Uh, Bruce, uh, sorry, no, uh, Clark just takes the shipment and flies it away and Bruce uh, turns them on and the issue ends with them throwing this, I guess, this bomb at Starro and it explodes and I guess we're led to believe that that's going to do it and, and defeat him or at least knock him out, knock him around enough to uh, you know loosen his hold on Jessica and some of the others, which this is my big problem with this issue because if doing this would have damaged Starro that easily, why didn't they just do it at the beginning of the battle? As soon as Starro got out of the water, you should have had Clark there ready to throw this thing at him. You know, it would have at least done some damage, and I don't know why they didn't. I mean, maybe the explosion would have caused some collateral damage, but they're in the middle of the ocean, so I don't really see why that would have been a, a problem. And that brings up another issue with this fight, is why did they choose to fight Starro in the middle of the ocean? That's basically his home turf. He has home field advantage there. Uh, you, you should have led him to the shore or something, if, if he even could. I don't know. Uh, but this is a problem I have. I mean, it reminds me of that scene in Pacific Rim, where there's that big 20-minute long action scene between the giant robot and the monster uh, in, I think it was Tokyo. And they just destroyed the city. No, Who knows how many countless civilians died in that battle. And then at the end, uh, Charlie Hum's character just goes, well, I guess we're going to have to we're gonna have to use Plan B, the sword. And they take the sword out and just chop the monster in half very easily, like butter, and that's the end of it. So why didn't you just use that sword in the beginning of the fight? It would have saved so many lives and, and cost a lot less in property damage if you had just used the sword. I don't know why it was plan B. Uh, it's just, to me, that's just lazy action scene writing where you want to have the action scene, but at the end of it, you don't know how you're going to have your heroes destroy the bad guys, so you just have them pull something out of their ass they could have used earlier. But, oh well, we just need to have an action scene. So that really kind of left a bad taste in my mouth for this issue. Um, we'll see what happens next issue. I'm, you know, Either Starro is going to survive and, and be worse than ever, or that took him out and the last issue is just going to be kind of an epilogue and some, some cleanup. And another thing about the issue is that it doesn't really answer any of the questions we had going into it. Uh, like uh, Diana talking about the prophecy of the black, the white, and the gray. That didn't really come into effect. I don't. I still don't know what it could be referencing. I, I hope we're going to get answers to that next issue, or it, maybe it's going to lead to a, a possible sequel miniseries, which I would like. But yeah, this this the issue just left a bad taste in my mouth. It's at least the art is pretty good. I'll give it that. Emmanuel Lupacino. I mean, she had the misfortune of doing the art for uh, before this one. My other least favorite issue, the one that introduced us to Flash and Cyborg. Uh, the art's a lot better here than it was there. She's very good at doing action scenes. Um, so, you know, so that yeah, I understand why they kept her for that. Still don't know why they have three different artists on this series, but that's an issue with the whole series as a whole. But yeah, she does a lot better here than she did last time. Uh, overall, I'm gonna give it a six point five out of ten. That's what I gave it on the site in my written review. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's kind of a shame you had this whole series building up to this fight, and it ends with kind of a just a. Uh, a downer note in my opinion uh, but that'll do it for me uh, this month I will be back next month for the final issue 
Uh, I hope you enjoyed hearing me blabber on about a comic I'm pretty sure most of you listening have not read. Uh, but if you want to talk to me about this or anything else, you can catch me up on Slack. Uh, if you're a Patreon member, which I strongly suggest you be, you can also follow me on Twitter at Mike Justini. That's M-I-K-E-G-I-U-S-T-I-N-I. And you can also hear me on the movie review show I do with Jim. Uh, actually, we're going to be recording uh, next week, hopefully. We're going to do Black Widow, the new MCU movie that just got, was well, about to be released for free on Disney+. Plus. You know, that premium subscription, you know, it's 30 bucks, really. That's, that's a lot. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed. I will now throw you on back to Jim and Eric. Hey there, Bendis, why's your dialogue so shitty? I just want to turn away, because, man, really is a pity what you do. I hate to say it, but it's true I don't like you Hey there, Bendis, when you're gonna tell a story I'm still waiting for the answers But I guess you never listen to reviews Cause then you know that I am through reading you Oh, please just leave DC Ah, yes, Eric, here we are. That is a little bit of a plea there. And I, I wonder why the creators don't like us. But I told you before, at one point, when you throw shade and song, that doesn't count, right? That's what I say. Right. You yeah. know, you end up having that. Wouldn't it be great? I think that the pinnacle of everything for me would be if Bendis or somebody like that, you know, Tom King is another one, that they did a parody song direct. It would make my day so much. It would be so great. And then I'd be so sad. I'd be like, oh, my God, because I can only imagine. I also think you'd be pissed off that it sounded better than yours. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm sorry to say about that. I mean, really. Songbird of his generation, everybody. Jim Warner. Are you going to ask me if the Plain White Tees originally sung that song? Because I'm not going to tell you, Eric, because I don't want you to then throw shade at me. Uh, But we're here, and that song uh, is appropriate for this section. This is the Bendis section. It's the tough. most damned section of any section <laughs> that ever most lived. Dangerous damn section you're ever going to get involved with. You ended up saying earlier on because you had to review both of these books on the site. You ended up saying, oh, "Sucker, nobody should ever have to deal with two Bendis books in one week." And and you know it's weird because you usually don't have to do that very often. But I, I thought I'm like, look at him over there. What is he doing? Trying to get all the attention. So then I'm like. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I end up on. Yeah, well, uh, it's tough being me as well, jerk. That's what I say. All right, okay. well, like, give me some of the spotlights now. And I ended up laughing. I'm like, ooh, that is tough. That is tough. And then I sat there and thanked the Lord that I traded that Justice League before Bendis got on it. That was probably my best move ever. I'm talking, you know, getting married, having five kids. Those were the worst moves ever. I'm telling you the good moves. Uh, Don't worry. But, you can join the Unsanity Collective. It'll be all right. And that is true, Eric. But no, I'm going to fight through it. I'm not going to give up No, no. Like you're going to bitch moan and complain through it. Exactly. Stop fighting. That's, that's what I'm doing. I'm fighting with you're the bitch in the basement. You're hiding in a basement and bitching I'm, about it. I'm, I'm calling out and asking for help. I don't want them to uh, you know, blow my mind or take my mind because then I'd forget you, Eric. 
And you are America's sweetheart, so I would not want that to happen. Well, then obviously, you'll know who I am pretty quickly then after the fact. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I end up my, my heart over here. I'm, I, I end up getting conked in the head, and I, you know, just like a movie, and I wake up, and there's Tanya. Fred Flintstone. Tanya's there, and like, hey, are you okay? And I look at her, and I'm like, oh, hey, Tanya, I don't know who you are. And I'm just joking. But then I end up where I don't remember anything. Like, uh oh, better call America's sweetheart. Oh, you mean Eric Shea? I remember him because everybody does. You, you don't, you have one of those faces, Eric. It's hard to forget. So you go, into you go into this and I end up where you said that and I laughed and I, I actually I, I sat there and I'm like R.I.P. Eric Shea and then I end up going and today we're getting ready I'm reading this stuff and I start reading I read check bank then I reach I'm like he is right on this is dangerous you, you should not be able to do this they should have a hotline that you call and that they're going to say, listen, everything will be fine, Mr. Werner. You, there are other books out there. They, they might end up. And, and the, the weirdest thing about it is, as we go into this, we're going to start with Checkmate. You'll give us the blurb and all that. The weirdest thing in my mind is it's almost like I've transcended just nitpicking or transcended things that get on. It's the whole book now. It's not like I get done Checkmate and say, man. That dialogue was so bendous over the top. Or, or man, continuity. It's like everything. It just hits me right off that. Like, oh, it's a bendous book. That's all it is now. And I don't know how I'm ever going to be able to get out of that hole because he does not seem to get any better. And it just makes me miserable. I mean, he just wants to meander around the same things that he has been for like the and last yeah, that, year and a half. Maybe that's it. Maybe the problem is is the idea that he isn't doing anything. Well, what so are you going to take that's this? That's what's Bendis? annoying, take right? It. What are you talking about? We're going to stay right here and talk about the same things over I, and over again. I really think that he thinks, and his fans are fan. I, he does have fans. I have not seen many people say, oh, my God, Bendis is killing it now. They always defend it. Well, he did some of the greats. That's fine. I mean, Paul McCartney did a lot of good things with the Beatles. Uh, some of that shit he did later, a little, little, you know, sketchy, Eric. I'll admit it. So you can end up having an appointment where you so should brave. retire. Paul should have retired, Eric, is what I'm saying. Um, but with that, <sighs> just get into it because even that, I, I sit there and read. I'm like, ooh, we're gonna have fun with this. Two Bendis books, and then I read it. I'm just depressed. what are you gonna do with this? And what am I going to do with, what, these books and talk yeah. about them? I don't know. I guess bitch and moan. Well, we'll see, Eric. Let's see what we will do with it. Get into it. What are we starting with? Checkmate number four, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Alex Maleev, Dave Stewart, and Josh Reed. Even though we've been talking about the Damon Rose, Leonardo Lane for a hot minute now and a bunch of other books, we discover that the mysterious snowman's ticket that You're we amazing. keep hearing about is actually Leonardo Lane and the idea that he actually exists. Oh, my God. Holy so essentially, moan. the big reveal means nothing. And beyond that, we just have the rest of the Checkmate crew standing around and talking about nothing again. Yeah. Uh, there's problems, obviously. It, and I don't, I don't see a lot of people referencing the idea that this checkmate book is delayed by a year. This is a delayed book. It was supposed to already be out. So we've already had, like you just said, Damon Rose. We all know who it is. So when you get that reveal, you know, Leonardo. Later on, though, in the Just League, as I'm reading this, and in the Just League, like, hey, we took care of checkmate. You're welcome. I'm like, 
Okay, I guess spoiler alert. I mean, the, the whole Just idea that we took like, care of Leviathan. T- talk they about say. the idea of, you know, um, spoiler alerts and stuff like that, because we have checkmate number four right now that has assembled the greatest freaking spy masters and detectives in the world to take out okay. Mark Shaw Leviathan. And then you go to the Justice League, you know, coming out the same way. We took out that Leviathan. This guy over here, they're making a Leviathan 2.0. I'm like, how dare you just come out of nowhere? Tell me that we're going to do this again, and I'm not even fucking finished with it the but first time. But not even that. They even say, I don't think it's that. The, the worst is is the idea. Do you think this is Leviathan? They say this in Justice League, and they go, no, no, we, we took care of Leviathan. But it's They're something that's going to fill the gap but the Leviathan 2.0. You, you just spoiled this book then. They, they end up taking care of Leviathan. Well, Leviathan gets is, taken down. It's spoiled. I, I guess mean, there because you go. I, I assume that that was going to happen anyway, and nobody else is referencing Leviathan in any other books. So that's all I well, can assume is going to happen. before. I mean, this Leviathan is such a mystery until you get into this book where Brian Michael Bendis wants to put like, it on a pedestal. It's almost like Mixelplick at the end of Batman Superman this week. Tell about like, you just like to see your heroes win. Like, yeah, we, we kind of know what's going to happen. Our heroes are going to win, save the day. Yeah, sometimes with Bendis, he likes to extend things. Uh, but with this Checkmate book, you go in and it just slaps you in the face how much it is delayed, how much that it probably shouldn't even come out. I mean, this book is nonsense. Nothing happens. Where I'm running scared with Bendis, and, and this is 100% the truth and with not, when you go in and anything that he presents in his books now, whether I, if I, he has the watchtower, right? He has the, and I'll assume immediately that there's something fucked up with the continuity, even if I know it isn't. Because he always messes it up when he doesn't have to. So the watch, I'm like, oh, now I'm going and research. I just research things because I'm like, I can't trust this guy. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's okay. It's still there. It's fine. You have the satellite watchtower still orbiting Earth, even though we have the Hall of Justice. It's fine. And even the idea, if it is shut down and stuff like that, where you have Leviathan agents, Guardian, and Merlin being teleported there because they want to hack into the Hall of Justice network. And this might be like that. There's makes sense no to way. No, it doesn't to me because if they have left a open satellite in space, they're not going to leave any sort of connection that some asshole could just – this isn't, you know, me and you. Well, it's not exactly here. like, you know, me and you could get to this anyway. Well, no, I'm saying we're not the evil villains. This is a world where most of the villains can get to it. Most of the villains can teleport. Most of the villains can get in space. And you just do that? That is a really stupid thing that you would I have. I don't know if like, most villains could do that. It, right here, you just have guys teleporting. Well, we have this because we have this, you know, over the top organization that has, you know, extraterrestrial or the most advanced technology that's ever been around that can teleport. Guardian Merlin here. I'm like, normally, Guardian and Merlin couldn't get to this. Okay. Could Sinestro get there? Yes, we said Yes, Sinestro can get there. So that means that Lex can kind of get. You only need one person to make it that you shouldn't be able to do this. Could Mongol get there? I know he might I don't not know want why Mongo would want to. Well, but if somebody paid him or somebody got that, I'm saying that any villain like a Lex Luthor, or Lex could get there. You know, he'd be able to have tech to but get he's there. He's a good guy now. Well, maybe, well, we don't know her. But, you know, with all that going on, uh, it's just stupid. It's just something where Bendis is throwing it out there like, oh, I guess that they would still keep the lights on, but also have the computers going. They keep it going, even though it's shut down, to have and a again, direct it, link is, to it could be all shut of down, the important things. But, but it could be shut down, but you can have the super secret spy technology that Leviathan has be able to, you know, maybe turn it back on. Well, turn it back on. They say that they go in there like the lights are on. Mm-hmm. And then with that, though, with that. Well, we also the have our this. heroes, like, you know, waiting to make sure that nobody's going to come here. But. Um, well, they kind of seem to follow them. They seem to just be there. We don't even know. It's Checkmate, you know, figuring them out. 
what I'm saying is if you have anything even in the real life, if you have the government, and the Justice League and that would be you know similar to what we'd have there, if they have a base, and they're not just running hightailing it the fuck out and have to get out quick, they're not just going to have a base somewhere around the world and just say, well, just leave those computers there. And yeah, that connects and to the Pentagon. Uh, but I'm saying they say that they're, we think that that they have I'm something saying, though, there. We have though. Manhunter and Green Arrow here. It seems like they've been waiting for Leviathan to show up. So maybe it's all just a bait and trap. Maybe. But the idea that they get there and then, you know, Bendis is trying to play out. The, and again, you're giving Bendis credit. I am not. I think that he's just like, well, I'll say that they do this. They end up getting stopped anyway and teleported out. But there's the, hey, why are you here, Green Arrow? I, I came here to take a dump. Is that supposed to be funny? Because it's not. It, no, it's, it's not just fun. It's not good. And even the idea where I want to know what's up with Guardian because it really almost seems like the way that Green Arrow announces him and Manhunter are there and behind Merlin and Guardian is it looks like he does a spine shot on freaking Guardian with an arrow, broadhead arrow. I'm like, oh my god! Like I want to know where this is the idea that you're going to wound somebody for how he shoots him. Like, like the right at the low part of his neck. It seems like in the center. It was a weird deal because it must have been one of them boomerang arrows that went around him and then came back. I don't know. It ends up hitting him in the back when they're facing them. But you end up with these things going down. No, they where, turn around at that point. Do they? I thought that they just get hit and then the, it's just the same deal. I mean, what, do they not hear them? It's just ridiculous. But still, you end up Merlin and, and Green Arrow face to face. Hey, Merlin, why are you doing this? This isn't like you. Hey, what do you know? Then Manhunter and, uh, you know, Kate Spencer and Guardians start beating each other up. And they go and then they teleport out as if they didn't want to be teleported out. And then they say, oh, man, they weren't ready for that. And then there's blood and they start going like, oh, now here's the mystery. I'm like, no, that that's Guardian's blood. You shot well, yeah, him. I'm saying though, the mystery, though, is they take the blood, though. And the idea, though, what is scary? Like, this seems to be the big point of this whole Checkmate story that we have all of these people come together to form Checkmate. Like, we got to take down Leviathan. Why are all these people working for Mark Shaw, Leviathan? We have, you know, Guardian's blood here. There's stuff in here. This is alien technology inside here. And the idea is, oh, here we go. They are brainwashed. But what if they're not? What's scarier than being brainwashed? Or but if that's not, not how it starts. This is what I'm saying. You end up having Oliver say, but at first of all, Oliver goes, I don't mop. And then Kate's like, oh, no, no, I, I think we have ourselves an actual crime scene. Like, they're not there to get the blood. It's like, oh, and then she kind of puts it together. I guess we could take a sample and see what's going on. So it's just a weird progression when he just, I don't mop. Like, he just wants to leave. He's like, I'm not cleaning this well, shit That's how Green Arrow is in these books. Is he just does, like, these weird lines, like, I come here to take it's a jump. It's just weird. And then it's like, I don't mop. Oh my God, let's see if Leviathan is in the bloodstreams. And yeah, if there's any nanos, I'm the fuck out of here. I told you that before. And then they go and almost say, like, yeah, there's something there. Hey, I told you. (laughs) But yeah, with that though, their checkmates trying to figure some things out. You get a little king. Uh, there's a lot of people, not me, nobody's going with the idea. who that is. They're going with the idea that, like, there's something inside this blood which could lead to, like, something that Bones had rejected before when he ran the DEO, this alien experimentation that he rejected. But they're, they're splicing alien DNA into the human bloodstream, like, but is that for enhancements or is that part of the brainwashing? For we don't know. Control. And it's like, I wouldn't go with that. I'm like, holy shit, that's bad. But yeah, the idea of this is, is it the out so that when you get, say, you know, the Danvers that they're like, oh, it wasn't really bad. Like, I don't really care the people who, like a guardian. Well, you Are you worried that? that? Like, we know that Elias is working with uh, with the Leviathan, but 
Mr. Danvers, he went off to go create some kind of weird side group to take down Leviathan we haven't seen since. And what I'm saying is at the end, if you're like, oh, don't worry, Eric. You know, Eliza Danvers, she had that in her blood and she's controlled. So don't worry. She wasn't bad. You're going to be like, who cares? And so, like, is this then? else in D.C., that's for sure. And is this like, oh, my God, listen, Bendis, if you want to go and play God with Guardian and Merlin, you better make it so they have an out to not be bad. I I don't need that. Like, that's what it seems to be. Guardian is fine in that Tales from Metropolis just because nobody cares about that. It's just him and Jimmy Olsen doing weird bullshit. But when you have the idea, get this, you know, the Metropolis Guardian, Jim Harper, he's not a good guy anymore. Yeah. The hell you say? Nobody gives a shit. And then they're like, it's like Marshall is revealed. Nobody cares. It's so weird when it's like, that's the backdoor way. He's a bad guy. Nobody gives a a shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, why are you making this? He should have been dead from the few issues ago in my mind. The big mystery then, and the big, like, I think that Bendis thinks this is real clever. The idea, oh, we we think that, you know, these people, they're being controlled. Nobody would want to join Leviathan. But you're trying to elevate that Mark Shaw deal with that by saying, no, 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 he's singing their tune. They do want to be. What if they're not being controlled? I'm like, oh, my God. Why are we discussing this at this point? (laughs) Really? I mean, the freedom fighters versus the terrorists. I I would so much rather talk about this aspect in this book of whether or not these people are being brainwashed and what's scarier that or not than actually going to the Fortress of Solitude where Superman is checking out Lois Lane since she was kidnapped previously to see if she has anything in her body that Mark Shaw might have put in there to, you know, go with the brainwashing gimmick. But that's when we start talking about the snowman's ticket and that little snowman tchotchke that Lois Lane took from her father's boathouse. And you know what, Lois? I use my x-ray vision. There's something inside this little tchotchke. Oh, my God. What could it be? It's a birth certificate where all the information that you want to know about is redacted. But we know it's Leonardo Lane, my brother and my father's his father. Here's the things that, and and really, there is a lot Mother's of this. Mother's name, nope. There, no, City of there birth, nope. There is a lot of this, like, Bendis talk that drives us nuts. But one of the things that made me giggle, and I'm just sitting there thinking, Superman's there with Lois and says, listen, uh, I got to check if you're okay. She's like, okay, you look, I don't know if I'm infected. Do I have this? And so, and she's telling Superman stuff that she's really not supposed to tell outside a checkmate. But she says, you're my husband and Superman, so here you go. The hell with them. He says, there's nothing abnormal. Vitals are perfect. You look great. And she says, you have to look for something we haven't seen before, Clark. I can just imagine him say, what do you think I'm doing? When he's looking, he's like, yep, one heart, two lungs. Like, well, what do you, that's what he's looking for. And it just wastes a whole damn spread page. It doesn't even look good. And then you go off, like you said then, oh, my God. The, I love the idea that this big mystery already has been Spoiled because of the yeah. timing and the delay But well, the, the whole League idea book. was Almost like I'm t- walking around And I have a bottle of ketchup Eric and it's like it's the Heinz Ticket and the only thing I had to do Was open the fucking top and taste it the, This thing where ketchup. she has this Tchotchke and hasn't even looked at it I was expecting she'd undo the thing And it's like a whiskey bottle Hey <laughs> going down but yeah it took Superman With x-ray vision to see that The stupid ass snowman has a breath. All but again, Sam Lane had to say was, find the snowman Chachki, and but there again, is a, a thing in it. The thing is, we're, we're still over doing this because you have the snowman Chachki, which, which Lois grabbed just because she heard the term snowman's ticket. What does that mean? Well, here's a snowman. Inside the snowman is a birth certificate of a brother I never knew I had, even though a few months later it's going to seem like in the Just League book, me and him have been, you know, fucking kicking it for years. But the idea, though, how does a birth certificate inside 
oh, you know what? That's it. Now that I say it out loud, it's like the other thing where it's not snowman, it's birth certificate, but it's a snowman and he couldn't say certificate. Ticket. Yeah. But, but, but I love that he like either thinks somebody's listening or Sam Lane had a, you know, a speech impediment. We weren't. Well, he was sh- dying right of. then. Well, he was. But all he has to say is, you know, Damon Rose, your brother, look into it. It's and Lois again, Lane. Damon Rose, what are you going to get out of that? Well, she would have looked into it. I mean, there is a certificate at some point. This is Leonardo Lane, though, not the Damon Rose. So when she goes to look up, I mean, you could then go and look at, because if this is an official certificate, yeah, this one has some scribbles out, but there's going to be a record of all that other information somewhere, you would think. But maybe that's because it was wiped out. But why? I mean, even when you see, and we know more about Damon Rose, it doesn't really make any sense or really care anyway. Um. But then you go back, and this is where they go back to Checkmate Secret Headquarters. And it looks like a haunted house, Eric. I think that when this is done, whoever gets to stay the weekend gets an all church. Their, I think they get all their uncle's riches. But you end up where they're talking, and this is where the Bendis speak did get to me. When you get to the one point, and you end up having, you know, Green Arrow, I want to catch him in the act, and you sound like such a lawyer to Kate. She is. She goes, I am a lawyer. And then the question is, I might need a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Go to hell. And then even with this Oh, this then you have Talia talk, go, I don't care. He kidnapped Lois Lane. Then there's David. Mother inside voice. Yeah. And then she starts talking. Says, oh. And then you get Kate and says, I'm, and I'm sorry, Your Honor. Lois Lane wasn't kidnapped. She was brought in for questioning because of her ties to checkmate. No, no, no. That's that, how that, the, well, their lawyers would play yeah, it, though. Yeah. That That's still, you're not allowed to do that. I mean, if you end up having the British government hears this podcast and they're like, I don't know if I like what they're saying. And they come and grab me and you and then spirit us away to England. Jelly Olding, we have a problem there. They're not allowed know. to do that. You have to fill out paperwork and get yeah extra. You're still doing something illegal. And Bendis wants to make it seem like that's being pushed aside because it can be done. A country can't just go in and grab somebody from another country just because they think they're doing that. That's the reverse. It's diplomatic immunity. Look, I came to this country with my diplomatic immunity. I kidnapped one of your people, brought them back. You can't do shit. Diplomatic immunity. No, no, no. That's that's not how that works. You can go and do some things, but when you're doing kidnapping and stuff, you're you're not allowed to do that. That dude was killing people and didn't leave the weapon, too. He was fine. She's like, you know, but that's because he said they would. They sent him away then. What happens is they get caught. Okay, you go to a trial diplomatic immunity. You're never allowed in this country again. Get the fuck out. That's what happens with diplomatic immunity. And that's the it's thing. Not, it's like, fine, I'm just going to take my floating flying because, island I mean, and go above your country. Basically, what you're saying then is the idea that, I mean, even the Justice League, we can't go in, but they're not a government. But you're saying that me and you can now just go anywhere in the world and kidnap somebody. But if we bring them well, back but, to the U.S., diplomatic well, immunity. No, no, we don't have diplomatic immunity, though, because we're not the leader of a country. Yeah, but that's the thing, though, that doesn't mean that. And even so, that means, like, you, you can't, Joe Biden can't get his ass on a plane and go kidnap somebody I'm around the world. I'm not saying he can't do that. Can't, well, he can't. You can't just go into countries and kid, but they're like, yep, that's what their lawyers should say. I'm like, okay, let them say that because they're going to be in trouble. It's just because you're not going to go that route. And you have him say, like, he has to explain. He just, it's ridiculous. And so you go on with this, but again, nothing else is happening. You end up having Damien there and they're making fun of He's him. He's such a for great a detective, and- Jim. He's Robin, a master detective, and you know it. And no one in here has more passion for that than Talia. Hey, really? I mean, it's almost like you're four then, issues Jim, into this. Leviathan He's still finds trying. checkmate in their secret yeah. headquarters. Well, well, you know, you, you have this going on and everything going down and you have the Chotsky, you have all this there where they are 
they're talking all this stuff and then they realize, oh my God, you know, we've been, we've been had, we've been seen. They're trying to get away. There's a flashbang deal, which it made me laugh that the flashbang effect is just a white panel. It's just an empty panel. And now we're just going to have fights. And, and, and not really, only that, Jim, they're nothing. not here to kill them. They're here to teleport the entire freaking Checkmate, you know, abandoned church away. They had just now gotten all of Checkmate and everything they have at their hideout. Yeah, they just have it going there. And at the end, you're just like, really? Like, what happened? Here? Two more issues to it's, go. It's just so <laughs> That's, bad. I'm just counting it, down it, the days. It's so bad because it's just, it's nothing. It's nothing. And now you're Mother really revealing. Fall back. You know that's not mummy style. I am mummy. <laughs> He's like, I thought you were the mummy. fucking wolf man. The wolf man. I'm talking like okay. I'm a brick. He's a monster. <laughs> it's, I'm not the mummy. I'm a goddamn vampire. Oh, sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. I thought gonna... you knew when our name was Al Ghul. <laughs> It's so stupid. Mommy. It's like every time, like, we've even had those times where we laugh. It's like, Mommy, what are you doing, Damien? <laughs> like, oh, my God. I like, too, where they're like, yeah, remember that other stuff? They were undercover. Oh, Mommy, what are we doing today? Having the fish and chips, as we? And then, like, nope, we're as getting we? teleported. As we? <laughs> and then they're going to get, oh, my God, woodgy, woodgy out. They're going to take the whole woodgy, damn woodgy, church. Woodgy. They might only need the pew, but they're taking the damn church, Eric. It's all gone. Oh, this is terrible. So like if they teleported your house, somehow they still get the pew. Yeah, real when they open up that thing. I'm telling you, when you leave, when when you end up leaving the house is when you wipe your feet. Eric, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What'd you give this? I end up giving this issue a four point five out of ten because I'm sorry, a three point five out of ten okay. because the thing is like I, I I really am just waiting for this issue to go down. The thing is I'm not a fan of Alex Malay's art, but I think he like I think I say this like every time. He does what he does here okay. It's just everything else and I say that like, you know, the I didn't arrow like it as in much the back of one. Guardian's neck slash shoulder disappeared, kept coming back and doing different things. But he draws people standing around doing nothing pretty well. <laughs> He's so he's, little going on in this book. He but draws we people st- standing around being fucking annoying. I, Great. I'm trying to justify why I went as high as a 3.5 three. here. Because the three. thing is, it's, it's bullshit because it's, the thing was uh, the um, Snowman's ticket was already leaked because going forward with Justice League and how this book was delayed, we've already done that. That was your big thing. and Nobody gives a shit anymore because you've already dealt with it in other books. And like, at least that's out of the way. And, and like, that's my big on. thing, though. I love at the one point where you have Damien. And because and, I said it out li- loud and I understand Snowman's yeah. ticket more now. Yeah. Speaking of the whole idea of mummy, at the one mummy. point when Damien's walking towards, you know, Guardian, he does look like a vampire. He really does. And I don't know what he's exactly doing. You're expecting him to be floating outside of your bedroom well, window tapping there? Hey, somebody ended up inviting him in. Just get the oh, stereo no. ready, Eric. Who wanted the steak? Uh, I was looking at the progression because it looks like what you want to believe, and I'm trying to, maybe I'm missing something where it looks like he's supposed to be catching that batarang, like as it's already cut people, but it looks like he's just walking through a crowd with a batarang out to like extended arm. Looking like the vampires. He does. He looks like Eddie Munster right there, right? He does look like Eddie Munster in general, though. I mean, seriously, he does, actually. Um, uh, But with that, what was that line in Lost Boys? Like the Revenge of Eddie Munster, the Attack of Eddie yeah, Munster. Yeah, it was the Attack of Eddie Munster. That's what he looks like. Uh, but with all of this here, the the issue does nothing. 
the, the whole thing Dumbass is so, it, it's laughable how bad it is. It really is. I don't Wayne. like the art as much as you. One of the things, no, though, the thing is, is, I'm not a fan of it. I just think it works okay in this in this book. There are a couple times in this book where there's definite places where it's it shows that it's delayed a year. It shows like me like and you were story. talking. Yeah, well, that. But even the idea when you get to the next one we're talking about, it seemingly they spoil that Leviathan was taken down. But even in this story. So mad that Checkmate's still around. It doesn't look like anybody has even thought. I mean, I know this is crazy, but thought of maybe. Is my friend crazy? Maybe. Is my friend crazy? No, just stupid. You end up where tweak some of this. Tweak some of this to make it fucking work. You end up where these things, and it really exposes itself back to back with the Justice League, kind of like you do on the schoolyard. But when you're doing this too, mummy? where you know you're exposing yourself, you end up where oh, all this just a going real on. It just that's just like the the you know the shit topping on the shit fucking Sunday. It just piles up, and and by this point, four issues out of six, and you're like. Nothing the hell is happening here, and it's and you say anything that. I'm happens. Still counting it, it's bullshit. Nothing happened in that with this story. <sighs> the only thing that's happening is Shaw that, and the snowman's ticket is Leonardo Wayne. There's your big twist. What, what what's that? You know, medicine. Oh, this is my high blood pressure medicine. Tell me to calm down. Right. Okay, I'm getting, I think you're taking like, it wrong. It just told me. What's that? What? It's whispering. It's saying, I gotta don't, have these pills to remind me not to be. Don't <laughs> read Bendis anymore. All right. Okay, pills. I'll do that. It's weird. It says lysergic. I don't know what these are. Uh, but yeah, it's three out of 10 for me. And at the end, I mean, I'm telling you, oh my God, they took all of Checkmate and the church. I just, who the fuck cares? And then it says to be continued. Then I get depressed. How dare you threaten I need me like to that. be where it says to be the concluded. End. The end. Finn. That's what I need. Well, there goes checkmate. The end of that. Yeah, check, please. All these people and that's who the are thing, so excited time, about as checkmate. Long as we this can has build just a wall. destroyed it. As long as you can build a wall around Markovia. What are you getting, political? No, no. I'm going to build a wall around Markovia because now Ben has decided to ruin that by making Markovia the, you know, the freaking the country of Leviathan. So we can block that off. And I will say, if we never have to deal with Bendis's like storylines again, or Leviathan, Markovia is a willing sacrifice in my mind. Like I'm willing to let that go. And we never deal with Markovia again. Yeah. I'm not too, you know, smitten with Markovia myself. Um, with this though, at the end, it's going to be, I mean, maybe, but it might be one of those things that we keep getting at DC, especially with the idea of like, okay, you, you get something that some people like. You completely fuck it up. You shit on it, shit on it, shit on it. At the end, all of a sudden, Bendis is like, yep, Mark Shaw, we found out that you were doing weird things. Hey, everybody, we have all the spy organizations back. Hey, you know, the Leviathan stuff, Tal, you you get back to square one and people will be like, oh, man, you did it, Bendis. Oh, my God, this is such a waste of time. And now we have the next book, Eric. What is that? Justice League number 68, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with a JLD backup by Ram V, with art by Scott Godlewski, Gabe Altieb, and Josh Reed, with the backup art by Sumit Kumar, Nick Filardi, and Rob Lee. The Justice League have a standoff with the United Order that really goes nowhere, but I wish it would have, well, I wish it would have when we discover that this issue becomes another checkmate story where it looks like the group of Deathstrokes that are trying to take out Leonardo Lane is just the beginning of a possible Leviathan 2.0, plus a JLD backup. 
Yeah, you end up getting the United Order at the beginning. They're still pissed off. Hey, you can give me I, that there, Phantom Zone Projector Boy. And I'm telling you, I ended up putting it out on can Twitter. Not getting a lot of, you know, not getting a lot of play. But the idea of people in this Bendis book, especially this How This Just League was, even the last issue, you have people where everybody's announcing their name, what they're about. And I said, if you watch the Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, it's when the Beatles meet Dewey. In India, like, hi, I'm Paul McCartney of the Beatles. And at this one point, I got so mad when Hippolyta, out of nowhere, and why why just Hippolyta? Is this because Bendis thinks that people are going to think it's Wonder Woman because it looks like Wonder Woman, so he has to spell it out? Because it's not like Black Adam's like, hey, look at me, I'm Black Adam back there, out of I nowhere. I think maybe he should because even when there's that standoff where we have the profile shots of all our heroes and there's Black Adam looking angry like he's about to pounce on the United Order if shit goes down – it looks like the colorist doesn't realize that this is black Adam because you see red shoulders on there. Yeah, there's weird things going on, but it's Hippolyta who jumps out and goes, oh, yes, I am Queen Hippolyta of the Amazons, and I would love to know if there isn't or what with that. As everybody's going on, look at the picture as you go in, and me and you both, we're not really hip on this art. Uh, Scott Godlewski's well, okay, is, I but like I don't Scott love Godlewski's it. art, honestly. I think he's a very good artist. I like him on this book, but like... There's nothing going on for him to really draw. There's what nothing. He's, what like he's really drawing, good. you end up having the United Orders like, okay, we're gonna fight. You know, what are you doing? And and getting it wrong again. The idea of, hey, Hawk Girl, Arthanagarian's sister. No, she's not. No, but she's that's not. what he says. Maybe he's just confused. He's Aquaman, not from around here, the Hawk Slayer. Aquaman at this point either has, you know, he's got a bellyache. He's got to take a shit. He he's just squatting over, looking down he's at the ground. Tired. Right. It, it, Green, Arrow, Green Arrow looks like he's like, you know, either talking to somebody ordering a pizza or he's just like, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. He's looking the other way. He's doing that. You end up at the back where at that point, Black Adam looks like he's a damn zombie. Uh, and then, you know, looks Naomi. Like yeah, he's completely his skin is completely just gray. That's right. It's being reflected there, off oh, the no, I'm telling you, it's it's awful. And then Naomi is hovering in the air, powered up like she it's all of this is nonsense. And they're all in this weird pose. Batman, I don't even know what he's like hunched over weird. Uh, but you go with all this going on, nothing happens. I mean, you end up, hey guys, uh Well that's because uh, you have, you know, like, you know, hang loose Prince Zareb that are like, You guys, we can't be fighting like this. You know, in Tamaran, we have a saying, what would Superman do? So maybe we should just, you know, go back to the United Federation of Planets, which is to hang out for a while. You know, over there I actually think we're supposed to go back to Daxum. Superman, you're really cool. We aren't gonna bother you anymore. You keep your stuff later. That's guys. what happens. It goes from you better give us that Phantom Zone projector thing you use because that was nothing. I mean, again, we're talking about kidnapping and grabbing and putting places where you shouldn't. And they're like, you shouldn't have done that. That's the criminal we have to get. We're going to fight. We're going to fight you for it. And then you bet really, basically. Black Adam and Hippolyta are the only ones that really want to fight on the Justice League side. Yeah, yeah. And, but you end up Superman's got his fist ready and Batman has batarangs out there ready to go. And, and Black Canary's got the fists up. Aquaman's going to take a shit. Look at him. Uh, but then you end up with basically what solves the day. And this is because it is the surface level bend of shit that he he is skating by and mailing this book in, thinking that as long as he has a moment where you can say, oh, my God, that was nice. Oh, my God. This is what he did a lot with the Superman in Action Comics was, at remember, he'd have that whole issue. And then at the end, you'd have somebody say, 
I won't fight you because you're Superman. Or Superman himself would say, I'm a pretty good guy. I didn't kill anybody. And people, oh, those moments. This moment ends up being, what would Superman do? That solves everything. It'd be pretty cool, but as it's going on, I just want to know who has a mother box and opens up a boom tube here <laughs> for the United Order to leave and go back to Daxon. Well, it's probably Black Adam, Eric. He's, he Black does Adam. it all over the place. I'm saying he does it everywhere. He's just doing that all over the place here like he does in the action comics. But you He's forgot doing it for something, them. Jim. Turns out that the Naomi's parents are still in the Tower of Fate with Constantine, and Dr. Fate is all concerned that Naomi, this young girl that he's really never met before, would allow her to let Constantine in his Tower of Fate? We gotta go get them. And for some reason, Naomi's father, then, even though he's a Ronian warrior from a, you know, from another planet, he doesn't understand all of this and needs Naomi to leave the Justice League immediately because this a is weird all crazy. Thing there. This is, again, this is weird. First off, and it looks like it's Kent. You know, the, the deal that does yeah, not because he even like says, Khalid. you Dr. Fate, I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I'm saying, I don't like that either. But the thing with that is that when they go and get, you know, the parents, they come out and the dad legitimately says, we will train you at home. And it's almost hinting that, okay, he is something, but we haven't had any. Hide or hair of that up until well, that. He didn't say shit to let when he showed up to the Hall of Justice. It's he weird. Like, it's just, uh, like you know what everybody. I mean. It's just thrown in. He says, you know, you can't be here. We'll train you ourselves. And I don't know if he remember D. Well, you love the, the is, D, right? I, the I too, like Hawk Slayer here. When you know Naomi's dad was walking, and he saw freaking Hawker. I'm like. I'm not going to allow a filthy Thanagarian to train yeah, my really. daughter. I mean, yeah, because again, we keep pointing it up, but the, he is a Ronian warrior, this dad. And he, that I don't know, he got, the Ron Thanagarian war, it seems like. Yeah, yeah he got a little soft uh, over the years, it looks, but this does have well, that weird little deal. It had that weird little deal where he says that. And I really even let look, your guard down in Port Oswego. Yeah, it, it's so weird. And I thought, okay, and I thought it even messed up and maybe. The mom says, "Is you're going home, we'll start training you from scratch. He says, I'm like, that's a weird thing to just throw out, out of all of this, playing that to go, but whatever. That's you think that's in. weird? The Hall of Justice is destroyed. We're going to have all of these people that have barely dealt with the idea of the Hall of Justice and what it means. We have a new group here who are new to the Justice League. What we need to do is we need to rebuild this hall in a way that will inspire the next generation of heroes, the ones that are going to come after us. And while we're giving this rah-rah speech of what the hall means, Flash and Superman just rebuild in the background like it's nothing. Seriously. No that consequences. Is, that That is Bendis in, in a nutshell. The idea that you go through a bunch of people saying, and, and you're thinking to yourself, like, oh, how, how dare they? I mean, really, they're going to do this. What is he going to do? He's going to muck it up again. He's getting his dick prints and everything. And then they just say, oh, we brought it back the way it was. Oh, darn it. We were just, it's so even weird. The idea, like, you know, Why the waste Justice League has to be more. We have to reinvent ourselves and for the next generation and what we could be. Because, yes, while this was a symbol of hope, we could be so much more. This could be a freaking pinnacle start for us. Oh, no, okay, you guys already rebuilt it? Oh, never mind. Maybe later we'll just do some new shit. I don't know. Back to basics, everybody. Is that is that kind – can you think of that as being like Bendis ended up wanting to do that and he's trying to push this out there like, hey, I realize that we should update this to the new people and stuff like that, but I'm not allowed. So they made it do such a weird progression of nothingness to go. Then you get, again, the speak. Superman says, as Lois Lane once wrote, a building is a – and then Black Don't Canary you mean goes, your wife? And he goes, well, yeah, she's very quotable. Never finishes the quote. <laughs> I 
<laughs> like, what the hell? She what are you talking about? Anyway. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm like, you didn't finish it. So then you get that, and then you have Bendis, who is desperately, desperately trying to prove to people that he knows characters, and he has <laughs> Uncle Ben just yell out, thank the oceans. <laughs> <laughs> That's not enough, asshole. He's still running scared from getting water thrown on him to power him up. Oh my god! Even them with like, yeah, parts with, hey, I'm Detective Chip, and you call me that nonsense. All this going on, and even with that, at that point, I thought I had read thirty pages. I, I seriously, I looked at the page count, thinking, when the hell is this backup coming up? We're not even halfway through that. Oh, no, I'm telling you, this is all the Justice League stuff. Now we're finally done the Sinmar story that did absolutely nothing, but now we can go to the Damon Rose fighting against this group of Deathstrokes for some reason and find out that Checkmate has tracked Damon Rose, Leonardo Lane, to his hideout after the fact, and they're watching what he did before on a security camera on their iPad. We've really got to find out what's up with Lois Lane's little brother here and stuff like that. And then that's, that's all we do is just find out. Why is he being chased by these guys in Deathstroke costume? Could it possibly be a Leviathan 2.0? We already shut down the first one. And I'm like, God damn it. Why are you still doing checkmate stuff then? Yeah, and the weird thing. And, and weird, yeah. And, and even with that, when they're going through this and, you know, hey, I'm not going to stay long enough. And, hey, I got to do this. And, oh, my God, if you could trace me, then they could. But the, my biggest problem with this is that you, you're writing Justice League, you asshole. And you only have 10 pages. You have 10 pages of story of what is the, you know, the flagship team book. You can only give us 10 pages. And when you do, they're just standing the fuck around saying, man, I think that we should upgrade this here. I, I can just imagine it's, it's Kendra. She's like, I think that we should have a big picture of me right in the middle. What are they going to upgrade? I mean, this is a thing that's supposed to be classic. It's supposed to look like, what do they want out of this? What are they saying upgrade? What, they need better Wi-Fi? And then it doesn't happen anyway. And then you're sitting there, and the nerve of this guy then to throw you into half of his damn issue is checkmate shit. And then when the Justice League shows back up to meet with Checkmate and save them from these group of death strokes that shoot a rocket at them. So now you have Checkmate and Bendis' Justice League coming together to make a big old pile of shit next issue. I mean, you know, this whole idea, like, are you interested in the... The League of Deathstrokes in this? No, it's just no, dudes dressed like Deathstrokes. <laughs> and this is what the one thing they say. Uh, so, you know how all the spy organizations, including the one I was born and raised in, are gone? First in its place was Leviathan, and now that's gone. And then Kate says, you're welcome. So you just spoil Okay, so you just said your thing's bullshit. Yeah, maybe you could tweak these things going on. But with that idea, they even like... Uh, could it be, I felt this smelled like Leviathan 2.0. I didn't trust any of it, and I couldn't even bring myself to humor them. And then they kind of push that aside. Just, well, they talk about the idea. They're like, ah, see, I think the Deathstroke play as a prologue is to distract us from the real story while at the same time making Slade's life. Hold on, because every time we start getting to the point of a story, they break off to do something else and you never get back to it. So here's three things that this possibly could be, but we're not going to de- dive into it anymore here. It's just here. like the idea of Lois used to say, like, that, that's your wife. Yeah, and then you never get back to it. And so then you end up, like I said, oh, my God, if you could track. It's like the biggest cliche in these spots. If you track me, then they could. Oh, no, there is a missile coming at them. And Green Arrow shoots his missile shield arrow. 
please, all you need to do is shoot an arrow and blow these things up because it doesn't look like anything. Shield. He's like, I don't have another one of those. Then he's like, oh, no, we don't have enough time. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. And then Superman and the Justice League show up. And then you have the, the stupid, like, all of this going on. And then you have the nerve at the end to have these three Deathstroke yuck yucks like, Hey, what do you see there? I don't know. It's Robin Hood. Hey, what are you talking about? Hey there. Me too, boss. Me too. It's just nonsense, Eric. It drives me nuts. You end with that. Oh, no. And then the bit. All I see is a loco coming. (laughs) Shut up. They're the three stooges, these guys, and the bad versions of them. Eric, not the real good versions. So, Curly Joe's there? Yeah, Curly's. They're all Curly Joe, right? All of them. That's all it is. It's so stupid. And then we get out of that, and then we go off to what people keep saying. And I think that it's just become a catchphrase, really, with the idea, well, I I think it's still worth it because of the Ram V Just League Dark backup. It's not. I mean, and and the I'm not even saying, even if Ram V was killing it, knocking it out of the park with an up-to-the-plate home run, as you call it, Eric, it could never be good enough to buy this book because you had to deal with that shit to start with. But even then, this story with Ram V, like he, it's just meandering. At the end, you get a cool deal. Oh, yeah. Disgusting. We don't that, want it. The but... idea that you have Zatanna versus Merlin now in the depths of Atlantis while Aquaman and Etrigan take on freaking zombie pirate ghosts and shit like that. There's some fun stuff to be had here. And even the idea of just having Bobo walking through the bottom of the ocean with just like a magical but aura we, around his face. I've never seen this. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, with the con- paper, we said, man, it's cool. Constantine versus Merlin. And they kind of just looked at each other for a full deal to it. And then we get to this. It is cool with the upside down men coming out of Satana, but the story. And well, yeah, even you, the whole idea only- where you have, you know, Merlin gets what he wants out of this whole thing. But when Rory goes to, you know, the ragman goes to kill Merlin while he's distracted. It turns out that he's only just there as like a magical hologram to a degree, and he's actually not there. But the fight that they just had with, you know, Zatanna has unleashed the upside down man from her, who's bringing him back to this main world. I'm like, that's some crazy ass story right there from just a little crazy, But we kind of knew that, the, you know, the upside down man was going to come if she ended up having to do things. The thing that gets me, though, is we keep going with this, like you said, last issue. Oh man, you know, it'd be kind of cool pirate, you know, dead zombie pirates versus sharks and shark men and stuff. And then you just get past that. It seems like he, you know, throws these things out there and then just ends up, you know, getting past it. And then we don't get enough. Again, maybe it's because of the page space or whatnot. Uh, there is an annual coming out November for it. And that should actually like get everything really going and kind of maybe push to maybe possibly a book or something that would come out, whatnot. But. I need more of that. And yeah, maybe if it was a full out justly dark book, I would be more impressed. But after reading that shit that Bendis just had, I just sit there, I read it and I'm like, Oh yeah, it looks okay. It's kind of cool. And at the end you get the upside down and we'll see what that's about, but I'm not, this doesn't save anything for me. No, not at all. Just for a backup and stuff like that. It's just like, I'm not going to say that the backup of Tales of Metropolis kills action comics because action comics is still strong enough. And this is strong enough where I don't have to say like, Man, this makes the whole issue worthwhile. Even no, though the Justice it, it doesn't League is a make piece it worthwhile. Of shit. Like I said, uh, my Justice League is still is, the majority of the story, and that's what I'm going to judge most of this on. Even if I really enjoy the JLD backup, which I do, it's just the rest of it sucks so. I'm hard. bored with it, and even with the idea, you spend a bunch of times like I thought you were a good guy, Merlin, and then he's yakety yak, and there's a lot of yakety yak to get to at the end and have the cool moment, and we keep doing that, and I'm kind of getting tired of it. And it's really not my thing anyway. Uh, but seeing the upside down man at the end, 
not that I like the upside down men or give one or two shits about this one thing. I guess this lets Swamp Thing, Alec Collin, off the hook. He can get the fuck out of Mir because he was only there to keep him down. I don't know the connection there, but maybe he can get out and do what he wants to do. Uh, but with all this, nah, I mean, we saw stuff in Infinite Frontier where the Upset Out Man was something big and important. Uh, but you are affecting the world of magic, but it's only in a backup in this. And there's not really other dark books going on. So I and maybe we'll get some things with that later as well. But with all that, what did you give this? I ended up giving this a 4.5 out of 10. I like the art in both the jail, uh, the Justice League book yeah, I don't and like the JLD the backup. And it's just that the story overall did nothing for the Justice League. It just kind of made me feel like you're sitting back and making fun of the characters that I really do enjoy. And that's all you're doing while trying to uh, like elevate. Not like we've, we've elevated Naomi, Sidmar, all this. Now it's time to elevate Checkmate. And this is what the book's going to become all about because Checkmate, its own book, can't do it enough. So we got to force it down everybody's throats who's still buying Justice League. For the JLD and that's backup, what the which weird I am part of. The weird part is, is that Checkmate is not selling. If you have looked at the numbers, it's, it's selling a very, very poorly. And so with that, you could go one of two ways. Either read the room and, and leave that there and get the fuck done and go and give us a Just League book. Or he must think that if he throws this Checkmate shit, that's just not much anyway, that people will go off and read Checkmate. But you actually just spoiled the ending of Checkmate kind of in this. So it's very odd. The way that it plays out but with that yeah you have naomi then sinmar these are all again things naomi popular United federation of plants you know, yeah naomi was popular i wasn't as i liked the character i wasn't as down with that six issue mini and we're gonna pretty much stall in my mind until that tv thing comes to get the season two of that and i think that he has done more harm with her in this book and the other thing she's you know jumped into young justice the action comics and superman before then actually did good. I think that he, in a weird way, oversaturated her and elevated her too much to get people pissed off. But coming up, it seems like he's then going to throw in the the Legion. All he's doing is crapping the shit that failed and trying to throw it into this book. That's not what a Justice League book is for. A Justice League book isn't the fucking garbage man. I'm the trash man, Eric, that they're going to get the, the trash and You're try to sculpt person. it into some fucking thing. It's like that asshole that we have to always see down the road from us that he gets these big girders and, and bends them and then says it's art. It's not. It's shit. It's still so stupid. He makes That's so much more is. money than all of us. I know, and it's bullshit. So does Bendis. You I mean, can go and you, bend some stuff, can't you? No. What am I, a bender? <laughs> I'm more of a crusher. I just, it doesn't. If something was not selling or people didn't like it, that it's not going to make people like it more. In a Justice League book, you're going to anger people. And the Justice League isn't selling like it should either. And, and you can only think it's going down because this guy, he just thinks that his stuff is so good that it can't be that he got kicked off a book or people aren't buying it. It's just, it'd be like somebody who's sitting there and, you know, here I am, I'm making a podcast right there. I'm going to go with the idea. There's that, you know, Netflix or Hulu show, The Only Murders in the Building. This is called Only Asshole on the Podcast. It's me. I think it's the greatest thing. It, it's not just because people, it, it's, it fails. And, and I think it's not because I'm an asshole and I'm terrible. It's, it's something else wrong. People didn't see. Bendis thinks that his stuff was great. It just didn't get the exposure that it needed. And if he throws Simar, it, 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 that doesn't work that way. He's terrible, and everything that he's done at DC is just garbage, and I just want him to go. I want him to go. There's talk that he could be on Batman. 
Uh, seriously, you, you think that people jumped off at the new 52 because they, I think everybody's done them. We're, we're pack it up, Eric. But I'm a three, three out of ten for this. Like I said, the backup didn't really do anything for me. I'm like, oh, I get to the. It's almost like I could just go and get to the cliffhangers anymore and go, okay, upside down, man, and we'll deal with that. Uh, but what is your? I don't. What is your book of the week? My book of the week is Batman Superman. Was it number twenty two this week? I think it was twenty two, Eric. Um, I guess maybe that might be mine as well. Okay. I don't know because I didn't like anything. It seemed I'm a miserable jerk. But I, I think talk that about every week. I think that we were talking about it. So are you though? So there you go. Uh, but you get mad when I like things. Yeah, but you never. I mean, really, you liking things is what was it? A seven out of ten for that? Eight. That's your. Was it an eight? I think yeah. I was a little lower, but I I wasn't as high. Uh well, just you know the idea that you're a miserable prick, just like me. But yeah, I think that's mine. As well, but we'll go on from this. And that's what people on the street tell me. They ask me <laughs> why, why is Eric on the so miserable, and they're like, "Man, that guy, he hates anything fun." Here's what we're going to talk about next week. Two of these books will be on the Patreon spotlight picked by the badasses. that get fresh crew. If you want to go and listen to that beep boop, you end up going to Patreon.com/slash Weird Science, where every Thursday, me and Eric talk about those two books. It's usually about hour to an hour and a half long. It's a, it's a meaty deal right there. And some weird books next week. I ended up finding out what was coming out next week, and I even messaged you a couple weeks ago. I'm like, I don't know about these books coming out. Some weird, weird collection of stuff. You have Are You Afraid of Dark Side? Yes. Question mark number one. You know one. why, Jim? Why? Because Dark Side is. That is true. He is an asshole. You end up, then we have Arkham City, the Order of the World, number one. Eric, all right? Let's no idea going. what that is. Nope. Batman, number 114. I know Fear what that State. is. Fear State. Uh, we also have Crush and Lobo, number five. I know what that is. <laughs> I actually look forward to that. that. I don't like that book, but I think I I enjoy seeing stuff with Crush and Lobo, like not exactly together. I just like those I characters. Hope you don't and like I think the together. book looks, well, I didn't mean like that, but mm. like I think the book looks good as well. Yeah, I hate it. I can't stand it, but I we have fun talking about it. I think it's one of the most garbage books we've had. Uh, also, then I've got to go all the way down. We got the Swamp Thing number eight. Right? I look forward to that, that too. That is, continues the stuff with the Suicide Squad. You you like that old Swamp Thing? And we're going to get another series after that. Ramvi already said that there's going to be a season two. So God who knows how that's going to be? Season stuff. Well, you like it. Wonder Woman like 80th it. anniversary, 100-page super spectacular. I don't. That Swamp Thing book is boring as shit to me. I, I don't mind the stuff that we had with the suicide. I think it continues on to the next issue as well, which is very odd to have a series like that to be pretty much commandeered by the Suicide Squad. But yeah, Wonder Woman 80th anniversary, 100-page super spectacular number one as well because October 2021 20, is the anniversary of Wonder Woman, the 80th well, anniversary. So they have a bunch of things coming out, including her being inducted into the Comic-Con Hall of Fame. Eric, Who's so in the Comic-Con Hall of Fame already? Who knows? I don't know. They they wait for these didn't things. realize there was a Comic-Con all, Hall of Fame. Yeah. And which Comic-Con are we talking about? Uh, you know, just San, San Diego. Diego? And is that all you can do? Is it right there? And that's the Hall of Fame? Because I want to know who's already inducted in this. It's virtual. It's not even a real place, I think. They ended up saying this is a whole virtual thing. Also, I mean... I learned today, if you would have listened to the news program of today, you'll get to it eventually. Eric, 
there you collecting those nfts i don't even know what nfts those are really. non-fungible tokens that are things like covers and statues and things like that i don't know how it works i Basically, saw that it seems I to me last wrestlemania i'm like i don't know what that is it seems like they're like when you play a game and you'd get like a collectible trophy in the game that's all it is but it's numbered and unique so you can collect it as like a collectible i like having deal. real things I said in the thing, fungible sounds like something like you would do if you played a sport because you're so bad you don't just fumble. They have to make another word. Oh, my God, he fungled. <laughs> and then you have a, like a, a pull up your ass is what it ends up with. But oh, that with all of that, <laughs> listen, I don't know what goes on in your head. I'm not here to judge, Eric. It just happens. Uh, but with all of that, yeah, those will be on there. So two of those. Great books there will be on the Patreon, and then the rest will be on the regular show. So, yeah, check out the Patreon, all that. Check out our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, where you can get reviews of those, and also go to our Twitter, Weird Science DC, where you can get some of those looks and likes and things for my tweets, Eric, right? So we can get you more don't even of that. know what we got going on yeah, over here. You don't even know. You, you got to go. I'm hiding things. And every tweet is a secret message out to everybody. Sometimes I do put hashtags that, that end up kind of being like little jokes and nobody ever says anything or gets them. How often it, do you always, look at the individual hashtags that people up, have? I always look at the hashtags. I sit there and look because that's where you throw the shade. Like you put hashtag Bendis should be gone. Like right there. Ooh, shade. What are you doing there? That's a sick burn. <laughs> I put some weird things in them. Sometimes nobody ever, ever responds to it. So, I don't think they should. Oh, well. Oh, well. But that's it. Uh, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, uh, Michael G., for joining in as well. And we'll be back next week. But, Eric, what do we say at the end of the podcast? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven.
closing time. That's it for the podcast, so I guess it's time to go home. Closing time. You've heard the party's over, so turn off your iPod or phone. Closing time. Nine hours you just wasted. Now it's time to get back to work. Closing time. Pretend you're still listening, cause your coworker's a fucking jerk. Eric's got to go play with his toys. Eric's got to go play with his toys. Eric's got to go play with his toys. Play with his toys.